This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm Jay Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're after women still, as we began <laughs> watching and continued actually watching Spine 342 in the Criterion Collection, Six Moral Tales by Eric Romer. How, how's that? Oh. How's, how's that pronounced, RJ? Romer. Oh. Well, I think we have an expert, but uh, we can get to oh, that. Oh, wow. I believe it's Romy. Oh. Beautiful. You know what I mean? Uh, and we'll be, yeah, continuing on with that box set with the third and fourth film in there. My Night at Mods from 1969. And, boy, The Collectionist from 1967. Mm. But first, RJ. Mm-hmm. Is that? Could it be? It can't. No. It, no way. It's... I can't believe it. Oh my god. I'm like in the criterion zone. It's Sam Loveland. The love machine. What's going on, Sam? Oh uh oh not much. How, how are you guys doing? Beautiful. Better now that you're here. Well I feel oh. I, I feel better that I see that uh twenty dollars has deposited itself into our Patreon coffers. Yeah, you guys got rid of the fifty dollar <laughs> one, so you know, I I could have I could have done the right thing and changed the adult customer to fifty, but uh, I didn't do that. You know, Man. RJ, what, what are we gonna do with those fuck bucks? <laughs> uh, I believe the custom is to uh, spend them at uh, Les Arby's. Uh, some Les sometime Les Arby's. Yeah. Beef. But the uh, the beef. Yeah, so Jarrett went away for uh, a week and uh, he brought back Sam, uh, the love machine. Love I, found, I found him. You found yeah. him. So, so it's pretty, Sam, it's pretty fucking hot out in the desert, Sam. It is. Is it hot it's, where you are? Yeah, it's. Um, I actually before I knew I literally have Fahrenheit to Celsius pulled up as one of the tabs because oh. I was like, oh no, we're gonna talk about weather. Absolutely. I need to be prepared. It oh, is yeah. currently twenty nine point four degrees Celsius where I am. Um, it's pretty toasty. It's not bad. It gets. It, it was a lot hotter. Uh, you know, mm. it, it, it'll get a lot hotter. Um, there's a the New York Times actually published a um, a uh, a piece about uh, I live in Salt Lake City, the Salt Lake Valley, and the Great Salt Lake is drying up. And uh, once it dries up, um, it's going to be a lot hotter, and we'll actually have poison air because of arsenic in the soil <laughs> in the lake. So uh, weather, you know, I'm glad to have the weather we're having now, and not the weather we're going to have in 20 years. You know, they call that eutrophication. Just so you guys know, when a lake yeah. dries up, nice. Just uh, in case any of you uh, lake uh, lakeheads out there were uh, mm-hmm. were uh, chomping at the bit, you're like they're talking about u- eutrophic lakes. Just yeah, so there know. was um, someone was angrily tight. They already had an email drafted and sent. Oh yeah, I was gonna be like actually, it's called um, whatever RJ just said, but yes. uh, I think yeah, <laughs> those words. Yeah, so uh, you don't want you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to mess with that. But it, fortunately. Sam is calling from what looks like the basement of Pulp Fiction, and uh, it must be nice and cool down there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's pretty sweaty, all the leather, you know? Yeah. Where, you know, I'm I'm wearing a gimp suit. You can listen to me from the Sam, the are, neck, you, are you an anti-villain? Guy. Yeah, I'm an, I am an anti-villain. I'm a cool, um, you know, but you've never seen a movie like this before, with characters like this. <laughs> not, not, ever. not ever. Not ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, and other than that, it's it's nice and cool, you know, it's or cooler than it than it than it uh, you know would be, except for That's all this good. leather, you know. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, That's a choice. Basement. 
<laughs> so uh, tell tell the eager uh, eager beavers out there, what have you been doing since last time? Have you been preparing? Have you been just, you know, waiting for your next appearance? Or have you been living life, uh, you know, not worried about it? Um, well, you know, of course, I, I'd always, you know, I, I had a good time last time I was on. So, of course, mm-hmm. you know, I was uh, champing at the at the bit to use RJ's Ooh. phrase to, um, you know, to appear again on this podcast uh-huh. jared invited me actually uh for the young mr lincoln episode mm. but i you know I, I didn't think it'd be you know fair if i you know just right right after which maybe it's dumb i don't know maybe that was dumb of me but anyways yeah, that's yeah, pretty dumb now. sam i gotta tell you um actually so jared come on don't say it come on <laughs> <laughs> i mean you could have had I'll leave. I don't have to be on this podcast right now. I we, well, we, we got. If I'm gonna come it, on here and be insulted, you know, I don't need. I don't need to be come on here and be insulted. Well, you can stay on for the next 21 days till the check clears. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So show some respect, okay? Well, you. Uh, is, we got. We got a star on our hands. It's really yeah, gone. It's yeah. really gone to his head. <laughs> yeah, I'm Ooh, a real, right. um, I'm a real Marlon Brando mm-hmm. type, you know. Which um, which Brando? Marlon. Yeah, but from which movie? Wh- wh- like which, which which era? Well, after it was out. I mean, his breakout was what uh, on the waterfront. So I guess after that was when he was like making people. But to last tango in Paris. To answer your question. Oh, your your last <laughs> tango in Paris. Tango. Yeah, it suits yeah, the I'm, basement. I'm having. Yeah, RJ is. I, actually, I don't have line. I have lines. I, this is this is all prescripted. And RJ is is mm-hmm. writing. They're written around the room because I don't want to memorize them. Yeah. Um that's a that's a movie. That's a real movie joke for you know, only real movie fans will get that one. Um anyways, no, but uh Jarrett, you went to America. Well I in the in the months I've been gone went to uh Canada. We've had a cultural exchange. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, we did have a cultural exchange. I uh I was supposed to go in uh December, but then um they you know, that was when like another whatever wave of COVID that was uh there was like a big case and spike because of the delta and stuff was getting shut down uh, um and i think all over canada especially in montreal where i visited so um you know if i had gone all, all i would have done was just like hang out in my friend's apartment for a week and not go anywhere and also my friend and his roommate were kind of you know nervous about uh me being there which is understandable but uh yeah i went in uh in march over um spring break uh it didn't really feel like spring when i was out there it was a little chilly uh as it gets there it, around early march it wasn't that bad it was like zero it was between, it was between like zero and five ten degrees celsius every day so like that's like it was between like 32 and 55 fahrenheit every day so it wasn't too bad mm. um and it, there was a couple of days where it was warm uh yeah you know i uh you know i um ate some maple syrup ate some poutine Ooh. you know uh went to a hockey game you know, got the whole, the whole Canadian. You know, I breathed your, 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 your clean, um, you know, mountain, uh, foresty air, and uh, you know, handled handled your your funny paper money, your plat your plat or sorry plastic money. We have paper money. Your plastic monopoly money. You know, it's waterproof. Do you know that? I did not know that. You can put it through the washing machine and it'll come out on the other end. Okay. Oh, really? You can It'll play, be just fine. You can play with That's it cool. in the shower. Yeah, and you, oh, you can't yeah. tear it either, so it's uh, unterrible. <laughs> oh, so I guess it's better. Um, well, you know, I mean, it lasts guys, longer. Right. 
It's it's also I mean I know this is like a hack joke to make or whatever like I'm not like an American we're we're not above that here on the Criterion <laughs> right, Group's podcast I'm no like an American chauvinist or anything but it is really fun you guys have the Queen on your money that's well, pretty part of the monarchy man the, uh, yeah the Commonwealth the oh Commonwealth. that reminds me uh, happy belated jubilee no. you too oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks. Of Her Queen the Queen. Yeah. We're still we're still recovering from it. We're still real, but... we're still reeling from the ramifications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Any any food highlights from your trip? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I went to uh, the first night. Actually, the first night I went there, it was very funny. I uh, I had like a very kind of Canadian. It was like a great introduction. So I got there. I got to the airport, and I went to my you know friend's apartment. We went to this place, Chez Claudette, which is just like a Quebecois like just greasy spoon diner place and i had uh, a big bowl of poutine and then we went to this uh we went to this like cafe um kind of in that area and uh and there's the habs were playing there's a hockey game on Mm -hmm. so we just went to the uh we went to this cafe and like all these hosers uh no offense were uh Mm -hmm. we're just watching this you know going wild at this hockey game um and they won the habs won so you know the the went, went crazy. Uh no, but see that was good. I ate some pretty good uh pho in Chinatown, which Montreal's Chinatown is like three blocks. <laughs> and yeah. there's like a one of those cheesy dragon gates there. Yeah. That's well, about well, it. That, and that's either... three times the size of Creepsville's Chinatown. Oh oh yeah. yeah. You guys have a Chinatown? We're, it's up we're it's single block. At, at a block. It's this and it, it's like I think at this point, is it just the side of a street? It's the side of one street, and on that same street, two of the buildings are foreclosed on. So oh. out of the five buildings that are there, or they're not foreclosed there, two of the five buildings are just shut down permanently. So, uh, yeah, our Chinatown is three and, and stores. You can still get some uh, Indian buffet there. Oh, yep. nice. That's you know, just, like, just like China. Yep. Just like China. The yeah, other building uh, in between is a Hungarian old-timers society, ooh. so that's also in our Chinatown. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes that is very authentic, you know very authentic china you know it's like you're transported to the streets of shanghai the Hungarian old people club yeah um just like it yeah there's actually there's a place like that so we well first of all we have like a fake chinatown in salt lake too that's like and the reason i say fake chinatown because it's like it's like an old lot that opened and they they, it, they opened the chinatown in like 2015 mm-hmm. and it was just like it was just, just like a lot in 2015 or yeah, like a couple of years, like in like 2013 maybe. So and oh, it's basically it's like that makes a there's like a, so there's like yeah yeah yeah. So there's a giant like like Dragon Gate, and then there's like a Chinese grocery store, and there's a couple like not even Chinese, just like generally like Asian, quote unquote like businesses. Like there's like a Japanese like there's a sushi restaurant. There's like a nail salon. There's like a couple there's a couple just like Chinese you know that sell like Chinese wares. And then there's like a sushi place there, and there's like a Korean restaurant like inside the big building. Um, so we have that, you know. And mm. that, I mean that 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 grocery store is cool. I bought a rice cooker there, you know. Ooh. They have pretty good dumplings there. Um, no, but uh, actually, there's a kind of a place. Uh, speaking of, there's like an okay in Montreal. There's like an Italian like old dish of like. Uh, veterans like World War II Italian veterans, so people who fought like for Mussolini, <laughs> and I guess they used to have this like uh, they used to do this march every year uh, on like I forget which day it was, unless some like Italian holiday where they would like 
they would just like march around these like ex like fascist um uh like like soldiers they just like march around the city and they would do like roman salutes and stuff like pretty bad and then uh eventually they all die but there's like this church there there was like this italian church and uh they i think maybe so what's currently there is there's like a statue um like some kind of memorial statue and i think it used to be dedicated to the veterans of uh like italian world war ii veterans but people were like come on you can't do that so then they changed it to uh it's dedicated to all the veterans of all wars all the veterans all the wars um okay no sorry but i'm getting sidetracked yeah so i you know not I had, at all uh, I had some good pho. I had, um, um, what else did I eat? I ate a lot of food. Why can't I cannot remember anything? Oh, I had really good Ethiopian food. Was like this really oh, good Ethiopian restaurant that is what to. Canadian is, uh, Canada is known for. Is our really? Ethiopian food. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's that uh, countries, maybe. Uh, Crucial used to have one. Did you ever go to that? I did. I, I did. Was it good? It wasn't I bad. never went to it. It's like you're eating with your hands. You get your little pancake yeah. uh, that you eat with, and you load did up you, with... Yeah. Did you wash your hands first, though, Jarrett? I hope so. I hope no, so, too. Jarrett's not a hand washer, for sure. <laughs> he doesn't look like it, hey? No. Yeah. And that's, no. Not, a, that's not like a, a diss. It's just you just don't look you like just... you wash your hands. Mm-hmm. At, at work, the amount of my coworkers I see who don't wash their hands... It's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's astounding. I, I might, if I, when I, if I quit there, if I, whenever I end up leaving there, I'm going to like write a, like a document and post it on the fridge of like, this is everyone who did not, who does not wash their hands. The non-hand washers. You should do that for sure. I, I might, I might, yeah, I might do that. For sure. Um, anyways, uh, but yeah, I had a good time up North, you know, got to, got to use my French a little bit. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Although people were like, well, what do you mean what kind? I don't know. I, I, I wanted a sample is what I mean. Uh, okay. Um, uh, no. <laughs> um, bonjour. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Because yeah. what happened is like people would, uh, you know, you walk in and people like greet you in French. And then you, you say, you greet them back in French. And then clock immediately that you're not. Yeah. Like that you're like American or you're like an Anglo speaker, so they'll just be like, okay, and they'll just talk to you mm-hmm. in English. So even if you try to talk to them in French, people will just talk to you in English. Yeah. Yeah. There's one time where I like str- I kind of strong armed my way through speaking French at like uh I went to the uh Point Nacaille Museum, um which is like a museum. I think that's RJ's like, favorite. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, yeah. So I don't want to just like turn this into Sam travelogue, but uh. No, but I went to the, I like but it's just like just like some museum in like the old city or whatever, and uh, um, you know I like bought a ticket in French and so like I could tell the lady was like trying to talk to me in English like after the first couple words but I I just kept I just said no lady I'm gonna keep speaking French and I did and I I I got along okay there's like a one sense there's a couple sentences where you know i didn't i had no idea just like uh-huh uh-huh i said no idea was no idea what she was saying but uh, i got the gist of it you know mm-hmm. um but yeah so yeah i i uh you know the great white north is it so great it's eh. okay yeah yeah it's okay it's okay that's your review yeah it's my review of canada yeah it's, um it's fine of clan canada as people in my milieu call it what, what does that insinuate 
Oh, I don't, I don't know. Just whatever you wanted to. Okay. Okay. Or just, Canada just with three Ks too. That's oh. good too. Uh, anyways, uh, but Jarrett, Yo. you reciprocated my. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I guess Month, in a way m- months apart. Months apart. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a, that, I, my, my, my own taste of America. Well, um, so I went to Las Vegas. I saw. <laughs> And RJ has was I think wow. quite taken aback in general about like why I'd go there, and I'm a little taken aback too. Doesn't it seem like it'd be the last place Jarrett would enjoy? Yeah, I mean I don't know Jarrett, you're kind of into you know sleazy movies, so I don't know maybe you might. Yeah, I mean it's one thing watching a movie about it though, but then like I don't want to live in those movies uh, exactly. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have a nice little, I have a place for it. You can hang out. It's called the Strip, Ooh. Um, which is not actually. I don't think it's technically in, in Las Vegas. I think it's technically in like a different city, like Paris. I don't know. It's it has uh, like I don't know. It's. I mean, I never quite figured out the lay of the land because um, the the Strip, as it's kind of constructed, is kind of made to like keep you in itself. Um, because I find that when you're there you are living in a simulation of existence. Uh, but then you can like, you step like a couple blocks off and you see all these parking lots. And you're like, Oh, this is where all the people who work here, how this is where they park. And then they go right. home and then they go to like, just I'm thinking based on the maps I've looked at uh, West of the strip. And that's kind of like where people actually do their like probably food is reasonably priced and there's probably reasonable restaurants and but the people live there yeah like that's where everyone actually lives and then then there's this like nightmare land kind of right in the middle of it that you probably just avoid unless you have friends visiting or like oh i really want to get the vegas experience buddy and then they're like oh god why do i live here um flying in i was struck by how flat it was because people talk about flat Creepsville is, but let me tell you, Las Vegas is real flat. Well, it's just mm-hmm. like in the desert, like in the middle it, of the desert. It is. Right? It is yeah. the desert. I've never been to the desert. I've like, I guess I have like a sort of a, a romantic view of the desert. Um, so that was kind of neat to see, kind of fly over top of it, I guess. But uh-huh. uh, but you don't really get to, like you'd have to like leave the city to get near that, which I uh, unfortunately did not get to do. Uh, this trip out, but uh, I did get to stay pretty well right in the middle of like the Las Vegas metropolitan area, whatever it is, uh, at the Flamingo, um, a very oh, yeah. very pink pink place. Is um, that a famous Las Vegas place? Yeah, it's one of the. I'm not sure if it's one of the originals, but it's definitely been around for a really long time. But it gets renovated every mm-hmm. like four years. But I, I, I had not been prepared for the experience of walking into a hotel. I mean, I used to work at a front desk of a hotel. Uh, this is a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Where you walk in, right. and it's just like, oh, it's a, it's a mall, and it's and it continues into being a mall and a mall, and, and there's people trying to sell you stuff as you're entering. <laughs> you're trying to like uh-huh. find the check-in, um, and then and then you see this like massive like line of people all checking in you know like 70 people and you go what the fuck (laughs) what what is this (laughs) and like this is this isn't right i mean i remember again when i worked at a front desk i remember people getting mad when you like you 
two or three people in line and it's like this mm -hmm. like my god but now they've like everything's kind of online so you can like check in online and then you have to go to a secondary kiosk uh to continue on from there um i got to go kind of on the currently what seems like the tail end of covid so um i only really had to wear a mask going to vegas like on, wow. the, on the actual plane itself and on the Canadian side airport, you're kind of asked, but it's not like enforced to wear a mask while you're in the airport. Uh, and then you definitely have to wear it on the plane. But once you get stateside, boy, oh boy. It's, well, the thing uh, is COVID, you say like, it seemed like it was at the time of COVID. That is it. It would have been like that even if it was in the middle mm. of a spike, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, where I live, Utah one state to the to the east of nevada COVID has been like quote-unquote over as in people acting like it's over since like april of last year you know like right yes, <laughs> that's I... kind of what was cra crazy going to, to canada where it's like you have to wear a mask everywhere still and like here you just people don't it's like people it's like they've never even heard of COVID. you know <laughs> yeah so it's starting to fade up here too starting to well, I mean, like, yeah, in, in Vegas, uh, RJ, I would say mm -hmm. that about one in 200 people probably were wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. those numbers are a little bit off from here. But, yeah, we're, I, as I go out, the numbers are, I'd oh. say one in 20. Yeah, I was going to say, it's about one in 20. One in 20. That's, so. that's probably, that's probably what about, uh, about what it is in Salt Lake as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vegas is just such an extreme because you're just like walking toward people. It's just like, I don't know. We're all outside and people are just milling about. And you're like, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to think about it still. But, um, so yeah, I was, I was going there to go see some, some wrestling at the mm -hmm. T-Mobile oh, Arena. Nice. Yeah. So I got to see some, some, some man slamming, some lady grappling. Um, Ooh. Ooh. yeah, it, everything. It was a, uh, it's a pretty good show, RJ. Uh, what was the highlight of uh, the single highlight of the wrestling? Like actual in ring? Uh, no, just in the experience as a whole. Hmm. Well, I guess it was pretty cool that Amir, like, I don't know, eight feet, ten feet away from me, one Brian Danielson was making his mm -hmm. entrance down the, I don't know, the crowd steps. And like, because at the time, another one of the guys, John Moxley, old Dean Ambrose, he was coming down to the other side and that's where everyone was focused. And then I started noticing other people were turning around near me and I was like, what's going on? I looked and went, holy shit. He's like, he's right there. And then they proceeded like in to have... the, like where the people were sitting, not yeah. in like a fancy. Yeah. No. Okay. He, he yeah. Just, real man of the people. Real man of the people. That's kind of like their whole thing. And coming down to wild thing. So was this, um, I don't know anything about wrestling. Was so this, this uh, WWE? This was AEW. Who's the, okay. the rival company. The, the right. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty like, they're still like a fraction of the size of like WWE, but, uh, I don't know. They're doing pretty good. Uh, they're, they're backed also by a billionaire, a young billionaire who likes wrestling. And, uh, right. he's basically, yeah, he's picking up uh, everybody he likes <laughs> that. Mm -hmm. And so he's putting together oh, a pretty, uh, uh, compelling product is something that I've read people saying in reference to wrestling for the last three days, referring to matches as compelling, which I find. I love that. I love a compelling <laughs> wrestling match. See, yeah, what? it's very compelling. What?
the what's the like uh what's like the pitch of AEW like versus mm. uh WWE? Like what's the like why? Good question. Well, know? so okay. So WWE it kind of is the it's a it's a multi billion dollar company at this point. Um, so they're kind of the the McDonald's right. of wrestling. They had mm. they, they had no real competition at all for almost twenty years after uh, WCW went out of business and they actually got bought by WWF at the time and then be, they got the F out and became WWE. Um, oh, ao! <laughs> that was the marketing. Um, and so they 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 could have just like they they rested on their laurels and they just kind of existed for a, a long long time, and then uh, the the taste of their audience like I don't know I'd say people my age that were kind of long ago wrestling fans a few guys came up through the indies that were getting hired all of a sudden and they started becoming they they were just far more interesting than what they would usually do but the company had no real interest in them this is kind of this kind of generated a bit of a backlash i guess to the company in terms of like not giving people at all what they wanted even though they have all the resources in the world to do just that but they're just kind of there to keep doing what they've always done uh, right. and then a few of those people started to leave and come and go. And then, uh, an, a real alternative came up and on the indie side, you had um, a group of wrestlers that kind of essentially con- were able to convince this billionaire to like, Hey, let's do a wrestling fed and do it right this time. Cause other, other companies have existed and come along, but it just, no one had the money or backing to really do it or realize that they, at the end of the day, it's a business. Um, and so the, the guy, uh, his dad, I can't remember his, the one of the Papa Con. He uh, owns like you know teams, like soccer teams and league. I don't know leagues or whatever they are. Um, and so he's just like got money to spend, um, and he's like kind of been. He reads the uh, I don't know what you would call it what Dave Meltzer is the uh, the journalist, the eminent journalist of wrestling. Uh, he kind of has been reading his like newsletter for you know 30 years so he kind of understood the business i guess in terms of like what things should be and he's kind of been following that pretty successfully and yeah i mean they're kind of doing it's it's an actual emphasis on wrestling and it's kind of simple stories but i mean it works uh to a degree um waiting in line at the t-mobile arena i was like looking around and it's pretty clear like the demographics it kind of it felt like we were at a punk show uh, in a lot of ways, but it's like a lot, a lot of like 25 to 45 year old guys. Um, probably I'd say, I don't know, felt like about 80% men, 20% women. Right. And, uh, but yeah, like it was curious. Cause like all these guys is like, I'm like looking around. I'm like, yeah, I mean, these are just people that like come to the comic book store for the most part. It's the same demographic. <laughs> um, like there's like, but again, like, Everyone sort of was there, and they, it seemed like the fans were like pretty positive about it. Whereas I feel like the WWE fan base, there's like crazy people, kind of like, kind of like you know Marvel Studios people who just love everything they do. And if you say anything bad yeah, about love, it, they'll, they love they'll, the slop. They'll cut, and if you say anything bad about it, they'll cut you a little bit. Yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll, hmm. and, and so there's like that type. But I mean, it's a comical the the adversarial nature of these these groups online. It's just stupid. It's like I would love I'd love WWE to be good, and like it'd be really mm-hmm. easy to like get into it. But they they, uh, they they have a, they have they're run by like you know a 76 year old man who 
they it's, it's basically unchallenged. Uh, Vince McMahon, he can do whatever he wants, and he gets final say on everything, and he's the guy who guides everything. So it, it, there's always the comments like, oh, "It feels a little out of touch," but I mean, right now it seems like they're, they're they've been doing a few improvements because it turns out having, having competition is a good thing because it encourages uh, the other side to like actually have to work for it. But this company, like, they're making so much like. WWE makes billions of dollars now, like because it's all about television rights. And one of the things that television, uh, like these massive companies, are paying for is live sports. And WWE kind of walks this weird line where it's live, um, and they can like bamboozle people who are like, "Wait a minute, this isn't this is like fake. It's not the the the, yeah. the, the outcomes are predetermined." <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so but like, oh, we're live. People tune in, it's which is exactly... true. But it's not exactly live though, because like they know yeah. oh, the outcome more or less, you know. Yeah, so I mean, like you know, it's like well, this isn't. There's no real stakes in the matter, but there is like this sort of uh, compelling storylines. If they're if they're mm, if they're doing it, if they're doing it right, uh, then it can get, it can get people and and get people talking about it, and that's all these like advertisers want is the chance to maybe maybe tap in a little bit into the people tuning in because uh, there's always like the, the the comical thing i think i've said on the show before uh that old wwe is about is this idea of cracking into like the the indian market or the chinese market where it's like well you know mm. they, they got a billion people over there that's a, that's a lot of customers <laughs> and like then but it's like well it doesn't just it doesn't work like that it's like it's actually something that people will like want rather than oh it's something that exists i want it it's like no it's not it's is WWE like popular in those countries in those markets? Uh, they're, they're, well, on YouTube it is, but this is oh, but this okay. is the this is where the trickery comes, where the, like they uh-huh. they try to trick advertisers, like, well, we're getting we have so many we have the social media interaction, and you're like, right. well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the, like I, I'll watch free stuff all all day long too. Yeah, and it's free. You know, it's free. But if I start paying I love a, free a, stuff, yeah, if I start paying for it, it's like. Eh. Never mind. And then that's the end right, of it. Right. And it's like, well, I don't know if they really ever want to find out the answer to that question. Um, but so to get back to uh, before Sam's good question about the difference between these two companies. So the highlight mm-hmm. for me, I guess, was the uh, seeing Brian Danielson uh, just like right there. That was pretty neat. Um, but there was a an awesome, awesome six man match between. Uh, this one group called the House House of Black versus mm. I think they go by like the Triangle of Death. <laughs> this nice. the match Ooh, cool. this match was awesome because it had two of my favorite like probably in ring wrestlers uh, their brothers um, Ray Phoenix and uh, Penta Zero I think he's going by these days. Those are good names. Do they but do like uh, they're, they're like other bits? Oh yeah, they're they're take team wrestlers and yeah. they are so good. Like they're they're so talented, particularly um Ray Phoenix. That guy is just like mm-hmm. you see you watch him, you're like, well, man, like he's pretty immaculate in his like movesets and stuff like that. Um he's the one who really fucked his arm up and uh, I believe uh I think we talked I think I sent it to RJ live on the air like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. But he was back and uh still still moving around pretty good. So that was like, a nice thing. And yeah, like it was just like a Big big burly bastards, the house uh, house of black, uh, big tattoo dudes, uh, just 
hitting hard, doing crazy things, jumping out of the ring, almost necking themselves. I saw way more botches than I was expecting. It's like where the wrestlers fail to do things. That's awesome. But but yeah. they but they didn't die. So that's, that's good. good. If and no one dies, you know, it's all fun. Right. It's all fun. And of course, uh, I guess like the cool surprise was uh, going to the show and getting to see. One of my favorite wrestlers, CM Punk, win the mm-hmm. AEW World Title because um, he, he went on a retirement, kind of quit the business for about seven years because of his like being fed up with WWE, and it looked like he was never going to come back. But they negotiated a deal. He came back to AEW. I got to see his uh, his title win, and uh, so that was like that was cool. And it's like, yeah, uh, that part that was fun. And then as far as Vegas goes, uh, my snapshot. I'm not sure if this is like I don't know if it was me, but I found that like on the strip, this feeling, and also out front of the uh, the AEW show waiting to get in, people just seemed really angry in this like low key way that I was like a little disturbed by, and I don't know Did if you I just feel unsafe. Uh, there's a little bit of times where I was like, I feel like I really have to be like aware of my surroundings at all times. Right. Um, well, I mean, recent that makes sense with recent, you know news in america but you know you know it wasn't even the news though of like oh man there's been like you know uh you know, gun violence and stuff like that it was just like right you, you just look over at people sometimes you go man like people just seem like on edge and like mm-hmm. mad mm-hmm. but i but when i uh, uh when we left the strip at times like going to like the pinball hall of fame wonderful oh, that's cool. it was yeah aw- it was so awesome there's no like there was no drinking no smoking uh, you know, it's not gambling, right? You're just putting your quarters right. in, you, and they're mm-hmm. lost, and you get to play some balls. Family yeah. friendly. So, but like, and the, even the people working there, they're so nice, and everybody there was mm-hmm. just like so nice, so nice. Like everything was great there. That's like such a cool place. It's gigantic. You get to play vintage pinball, um, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even like Fremont Street, uh, that place just seemed like way more relaxed and fun. The people who and greasier. Not, not see. I didn't think it was that greasy not as at much. all. Not not one bit. Yeah. It didn't seem re- weird at all. I mean, no, I, yeah. I think the I think the strips are like way like grosser. Greasier. Yeah, Fremont's well, not I, bad. I mean, the strip though in general, that's just like an evil place. So I think you're just in a particularly evil place. That's why people <laughs> seem hostile. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the uh, but and it's also because uh, there's like police kind of like everywhere and their lights are on and they're dealing with yeah, something but it always feels yeah. like you're there for the aftermath of something that where they had to be called in and, right, that, and but right. everyone everyone's just like oblivious to this because they're like well mm-hmm. if, if i even look over it might ruin my good time so i'm just gonna keep on moving yeah, um yeah. which i'm like fair i'm like i'm like i'm certainly not going to uh do anything to get involved with uh, law enforcement in the great united states um yeah but really great, police. great, wonderful, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I so yeah, it was curious. I, I'm not in any real hurry to ever go back uh, there per se, but uh, mm-hmm. it was worthwhile. I think mm-hmm. expensive what was the as worst hell. Thing you saw? Oh yeah, yeah. What was the worst thing where you were just like, whoa? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So on this was like around, I don't know maybe 10 30 at night you know there's the, the street performer people the like oh, the, yeah. the, yeah. the the costumed uh yeah. buskers and stuff so there was yeah. a there there was a heath ledger joker uh man oh well let's go let's go Uh-oh. you don't see a lot of those guys nowadays uh, yeah. you know everyone's oh. all everyone's all uh, um leto you everyone's either leto or phoenix bro 
Yeah. Well, this guy is still living in 2008, and yeah. uh, he was uh, year he, he was a he, he was aggressive right before it all fell apart. Yeah. He was weirdly aggressive. <laughs> to, well, like he towards people. To uh, yeah, that, that was to Bobby actually. He like kept like talking at him, <laughs> and I'm like. What the fuck? Like, because most of them are like, so the annoying thing is like, if you're just even standing out there, there's these like, these, these women come by and they, they're, they're in pairs. Um, mm-hmm. And they just like sometimes grab at you. Oh, that sucks. They, they like grab at your yeah. wrist or whatever. Cause That's they're, terrible. They're, Cause they're trying to stop you. So you take a photo with them. Uh-huh, and mm-hmm. and they'll charge you the opportunity of twenty dollars to like get a photograph, which to me is just like well, that's just like the saddest shit in the world. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, like stay well, away. how does that work? Is it like they 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 make you take a like how do they make you pay? Well, I don't know. I think that they would discuss it. You know, uh, like between two adults, they say, but they they, they they try to engage you, I guess. And I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't get to experience that next step beyond the like the weird wrist grab and they just start smiling at you and they go like they're like you're under arrest or something like that and you're like is that what they said that's what one of them said and well you like, as a Canadian you probably thought you know you you probably, you probably thought they were real that that, that, that you're really under arrest because you don't yeah. you know <laughs> these are the uh-huh. sexy police these are the, the police yeah yeah the horny police the horny yeah. police well. So yeah, that yeah, that's really tiresome. And then just like yeah, the the whole the 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 stereotype of like the guys like I, I got strippers, I got steaks, steaks and strippers, strippers and steaks. And he's like, oh, oh nice. Boy. Did you go? No. The two S's. Yeah, and he's just got cards. I'm like, don't I, I don't want your cards. The flapper cards. Don't, don't give me your. <laughs> don't, don't don't give me the card. I don't want your card. And it's like there's hand no, in the mouth. Not even oh. one. No. You didn't even not take even one. No. No. That's to put up rude. on your garage fridge. Yeah. To put. <laughs> I I actually went to a person's house to where their oh. garage fridge was completely covered with those from Vegas. That's really funny. Yeah, and it was um they 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 weren't like a huge pervert. They they were just like I don't know, I thought it was funny, so I got a bunch and put them up on the fridge, and I was like, cool. Well, my friend actually, okay, this is a funny story. My friend, he's from San Francisco. It's not really a story, but it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend's from San Francisco. Uh, he's from San Francisco, and he uh, I guess there was some um, some shop that was closing down. I guess there was like a it was like a bookshop or something, but they also sold a lot of uh, and like print shop. They sold like art and books and stuff and like zines, but they also had a lot of uh, erotica, I guess, especially specifically Ooh. a lot of uh, sort of Tom of Finland style, oh, yeah. like gay leather erotica. So he has um, he lives in Los Angeles. I visited him, visited him a few months ago and he has just hanging up in his closet because he bought it because they were clo- he bought. So he bought a print from there that was closing down. of just like a. So I, I I basically I went into his apartment and I like I was like you know there and like I went into his closet and he just has hang had hanging up in his closet this like giant like lewd like Tom Finley saw a print of this guy like leather guy with like a huge dick <laughs> that like someone else is like I want to describe it but it was a very graphic um very graphic like piece of uh you know I guess pornography. Or whatever, like draw, like hand drawn, like Tom Finland style pornography. And I said, I said, like, why do you have that? And he said, he just said, because it's funny. I mean, it is kind of funny. Is he that the same art that's behind you right now? 
Yeah, hey, don't shh, don't come on, don't out me like that. <laughs> don't, it's a, I don't, I don't want people to know that I have, uh, you know, that kind of stuff in yeah. my house. Yeah, it's like yeah. sure you like to hang out in basements all in leather, but yeah, don't talk, don't talk about <laughs> yeah, what's on my walls, please. Don't talk about what's on my walls. Um, I understand. I understand. Yeah, but but yeah, his his he just thinks it's funny to have in his closet, and you know what? He's right. It is he funny. Is right. it, it did make me chuckle when I saw that. Yeah. You, you should um, see what's in Jarrett's walls. Oh, I don't. I can see a little bit of it, you know, just <laughs> you from the angle, things? and I don't even. No, Jarrett, don't move. No, oh. I don't. Don't move. I don't. I don't need to see that stuff. Yeah, troubling. Uh, uh, well, I was gonna say, uh, I all um, we also went to the Museum of Atomic Science. Ooh, Uh-oh. did you see an atomic bomb? I uh, I saw a video. I saw a video of it. Um, That's nice. And this guy named Al O'Donnell, he he was really like talking about, you know, them the protesters, you know, they they they're complaining about the nuclear bombs, but you know what? They wouldn't even have the freedom to to protest if it weren't for them. That's true. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I like that he's like caught up in like a cultural culture war issue from like the from like the fifties. <laughs> like it's not even like. <laughs> Like it's not something people even argue about anymore, you know. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he's still complaining. It, it's a pick. Yeah, it is a some real um, state propaganda that. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, I'm sure. It's bizarre because you think yeah. like, oh, like there's like a little bit of like, oh yeah, hey, we dropped those uh, bombs on Japan, huh? Sure, sure did. Their big red was like, you know what though? Uh, the, the the sad thing is like, well, we didn't even know that this might kill people in terms of like the, the people <laughs> testing the weapons, the dangers that were, you know, the nuclear fault. We didn't understand it, but you know, I wouldn't change a thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh yeah. Let let uh, let do. let uh, John Wayne uh, know. <laughs> oh, and well, then and, and there's yeah. this like one infographic of like where they were doing the testing. It's like. Right in the middle of like these two like uh, territories, the things like uh-huh. things like native lands. <laughs> oh, nice! But it's like it's just like him. Mm. It's like yeah, yeah, you know where. Yeah, that whatever. Is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, curious. That's place. awesome. That's really yeah. They, they just well because that's like you know, everyone who goes there is like, come on, like what are they going to say about N- Nagasaki and Hiroshima? <laughs> you know that you know that's mm-hmm. that's. Cool. Here's a zany Superboy comic with like where he's like, oh look, he's like has an atomic bomb exploding on his like head or something like that. In Zack Snyder's uh, Batman v Superman, that saves Superman is the atomic bomb. Wait, is that saying that the atomic bomb saved America? You guys know about metaphors? Wow, no, that's that's kind of crazy. That's wild. I know Has that in. Ever uh, said that before? I don't know. I haven't seen this movie, but it, I've heard there's a scene in the movie uh, The Eternals or that superhero movie yeah. where, like, like Chloe Zhao one, where like, uh, does, doesn't like a character go through the ruins of like Hiroshima and it's like, oh, what? How? Why did? What? What is this? I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty. Oh. Have you guys heard about that? I no. haven't, but that sounds wild. Oh yeah, there's like a scene in that movie where it's like after. I guess like I don't know. I have never seen this movie, but I guess there's like a character who. I think what happened is there's a character who like was involved in the show, who or in the movie, who's like involved with the creation of the atomic bomb, and then like walks. There's a sequence of them like walking through the ruins of like Hiroshima, and they're just like, oh, this is so. You know, I I'm so sad, but it's like. Mm-hmm. about like something else too like i think it's like he, he has like some kind of emotional 
problem. And he's like, he's just like walking through where, you know, 300,000 people died. And he's just talking about how sad he is, which is like, that's like the most offensive. That's like one of the most offensive things Vinted like you could Marvel. put in a movie, you know? What What about Jesus with a bottle of water in World Trade Center? Oh, does that happen in that movie? Yeah. It, it, uh, doesn't he kind of like shake it like, ooh. Well, I, he's like, come and get it. I, I don't dare play a video uh, while recording anymore. But oh, there it there, is. There, there, there's a, a still. Yeah. What's, see, what's the context of this picture? Of World Trade Center? It's from the yeah. movie World Trade I know Center. The, but like, what? When is that scene in the movie? Like, when uh, is that shown? I don't know. I think it's for one of the firemen. Yeah. Or something. And they're... Oh, that's funny. That's really sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we all laughed. Everyone that's had a good laugh. America, yeah. Okay. America, well. Okay. America, what? America smiled. What? Sorry. What? You couldn't. Sorry. One more thing I wanted to get in though that I was reminded of about Canada because you said AEW. Yeah. And I thought and W. Oh. And the, there's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so I got the Papa Burger with cheese. Is see in America, mm. you you don't have the Burger family, do you? That's a Canadian uh, thing, right? Like Papa Burger, Teen Burger, no, Mama Burger. No, 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 no. We and we have A and W, but it's usually in a KFC, and no one ever gets. Yeah. I never get food from it. Did you try the Teen Burger when you were up here? Because that's the staple. That's what everyone eats. Made from, I, I made just from got... real teens. Really? Yeah, real teens. I think I just got the. Well, I don't want to. You know, you got to be careful these days eating a teen burger it's a little sus it is it is you know people really mad at you for stuff like that so i uh i i want to follow up on this i want to ask jared about food from vegas but before we get there just because you brought up a and w where do you boys sit on the root beer side of history are you guys a and w root beers are you guys mug blood are you a mug blooded american sam where you only drink mug or are uh, you a barks bitch where where do you fall on the oh, root, root beer that, i don't know scale? that that really Actually, that that's like i mean that seems like it's begging the question yeah i don't really i don't really drink a lot of root beer so i don't know i think i don't like barks as much because mm-hmm, i guess bite? I'd, I'd probably yeah yeah because i'm scared it when i drink it uh-huh. i'm not like ah this is ow yes, it's got bite <laughs> yeah yeah it's got a little yeah yeah ow Ooh, ow yeah. uh no but uh i don't know probably i mean i have to do a taste test I, this sounds like a cop-out answer but i don't i legitimately don't know i don't yeah, know I'm, i'll ask jared too and then i'll tell you why i brought it up it, it'll be okay. brief but a, where, uh, where do you fall jared a and w but a and w but it's that yeah, might be where i fall you too. gotta have ice uh, a and A and W yeah. wants to like fuck around with this, like, oh no, it's actually best served at this temperature without, without ice. ice. And I go, no, and, but they all, they also have embraced the paper straw, to which yeah. I, I say, get the Ugh. fuck out of here. It's I, I yeah, I, that's stuck. That sucks. Put hate. the sippy cup on the cup. I would prefer that over the paper straw. Just put the I, sippy thing. Coffee has that'd be way better, way easier. I like the big mug you get, you know? Oh, yeah. That's big mug. Big cold mug. Mm, my grandpa... you are a mug-blooded American. My grandpa, he... Uh, what he'll do is... He just drinks lots of milk. Mm-hmm. So what he'll do is he'll just get a, he'll just get a big milk <laughs> mug. He'll... Glass mug. He'll have it, keep it in the freezer. And then he'll, like... When he retires Ooh. to bed, he'll fill it with milk. And <laughs> <At laughs> just take a... Yeah, around bedtime, just take a big, cold, you know, mug of milk and just... Sit in his room in his underwear, like playing like solitaire. <laughs> I, I got I to tell you, Sam, that was my life from that, the that, that actually ages sounds like, of like 16 to I'm 22. Like, I think your grandpa's RJ. 
Yeah, yeah cause I was a heavy milk drinker for a lot of years. Heavy. But RG was just thirsty, as it turns out. Yeah, I was just dehydrated because I wasn't. I didn't drink water, and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm just thirsty, so I just kept drinking more and more milk. That the vicious cycle. Big big yeah. dairy Anyways, got Jared, in your head. Yeah. Big, back to your trip. Sorry for that little yeah. detour. Um, so, Jared, what what was your best food? Yeah. Tell well, us about the food. I, I I got to to witness. Uh, um, one of, one of my fellow travelers drop a, a sizable amount of money uh, on a on a meal for uh, the four of us. Uh, are you familiar with the celebrity chef Bobby Flay? Ooh, uh, I am. Bobby Flay. Uh, yeah. uh, Bad stuff. He's got a restaurant in uh, Caesars. Sure, he does. A, a sure Mal- he does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. like it's kind of like Italian seafood. We we were actually we're planning on going to the. Uh, the buffet there, but I think mm-hmm. the the wait time was like uh, like infinite. It was just like oh, mm-hmm. it's we're we're two hundred and eighty second in line, and then like two hours nice. later we're two hundred and eighty second in line, and you go, yeah. uh, I guess this isn't happening. So Amalfi it was, um, with such things as uh, polenta, uh, some like some mushroom mm. in there, but okay. So uh, it was kind of like. A free for all is like in terms of like I'll just try a little. I'll try a little bit of different things. Uh, one of the strange highlights, I guess, was charred octopus. Mm, no, 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 I'm be, not a fan. I'm not you, a fan. You, you, you would have liked this because all it was, and it was like kind of both a presentation. It was like a giant tentacle, and it was just kind of like mm-hmm. like an S on the plate with this like burnt orange sauce kind of uh, drizzled on it. And okay. I mean, it basically just tasted like chicken. Like in the classic cliche of like it just yeah. tasted like nothing. Yeah. Uh, but the sauce was really good, and it was like this is actually not bad. It had that char to it, mm. so it crisped up real good. Um, mm. I'm trying to think, but um, uh, Bobby, not Bobby Flay himself, but yeah. uh, uh, he had himself a whatever it was like one of these like seventy dollar filet mignons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I, nice. a, I had a piece a piece of it and uh, it was indeed uh, succulent and probably one of the mm. be- one of the best pieces of steak I've ever had. So I'm like, well, Ooh. I guess he knows what he's doing. And it was seventy dollars for the filet mignon yep. just by itself. Just that, oh, and that God. that is it. Yeah, <laughs> there's no like, oh, you get a little bit of mashed potatoes, a little bit of asparagus, right? No, 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 no. That's you, crazy. You, you want green beans? Mm. That's gonna cost you nineteen bucks, bud. <laughs> Yeah, people love spending mm-hmm. an exorbitant amount of money on food they could, you know, eat for ten dollars. Well, yeah, know? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I will say definitely uh, that's one of my complaints, especially when it comes to things like steak. Where I'm like, I can, I can cook steak. I can cook. You can like, make a steak greens and stuff like. Yeah, you can make a steak at home on a cast iron for fifteen dollars, and it tastes better. It, it wouldn't taste well. It wouldn't taste better than Bobby Flay's. I will. Okay. I will. Well, I, I, will I, I, I will. That that's about it. But I'm like, yeah, like basically no this. Mr. Flay. <laughs> but yeah, we, but the, the when your option here is like, well, fifteen dollars steak or half a month's rent for a meal, and you know, I think I'll take, I'll, I'll be, I'll be good at the fifteen, I'll be good at that fifteen dollars steak. But um, well, that's you know, that's why you're the podcasting genius. <laughs> that's why right. you're the boss. That's right. The professionals. Yeah. 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 You know about money. <laughs> oh, we know the dollar bills. Yeah, we're, we're very, um, very generous friends that are. Anyways, who are businessmen? Other, any other uh, notable experiences in the mm-hmm. the great United States? Jeez, in in, in these a, United in, States in America, man. Yeah. Um, my experience. The United the, States. My experience at the TSA wasn't too bad. 
Uh, it was okay. actually pr- pretty mm-hmm. effortless, though there was a this very eccentric old lady with her two, I think, like Siamese cats. <laughs> she was mm-hmm. traveling. She was just like hanging on to them because I guess they had to take them out of the carriers because the carriers had to be checked. And so mm-hmm. she was like, "Holy, oh my god, that was some that was some stress." Just watching this, yeah. Because she's like, "I'm just gonna help me with these cats. <laughs> if I put them down, they'll just take off." I'm like, "Oh my god, do not." Well, also, <laughs> Siamese cats—they're so—they're like the most annoying breed of cat because they're so loud. Yeah. They, well, they meow they, like constantly. Okay, it's not. Oh, so it's not Siamese, Burmese. Oh. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, Burmese. Nope, not. I got Burmese? A, not, Persian not, cats. Not Himalayan? Burmese. Persian. You talking about Persian cats, dude? Is it a Himalayan? A Himalayan? For, they're like Persian. Yeah, this is more of like yeah. These were like more. Like. These were like more Persian cats, I should say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, but they're just like are... I don't know. I, I assume these cats were medicated or something, or been, <laughs> like had been given a sedative. Because I'm like, that's not how any cat I know has ever behaved. It's like yeah. it's like it's in an airport and doesn't and it's, she's just bellowing. Ah, oh, someone's got the carrier and get my bags. Is anybody coming here? And it's just like, oh my god, someone get her. The fucking carriers put the cats in the fucking thing. Like, leave, 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 leave the poor cat alone. And this one just yeah. kept going on and on. Oh, yeah. So that was something. That has nothing really to do with America per se. Just well, an individual. But right. I mean, uh, see, yeah, I'll go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm, I feel like uh, something will come to me out of the blue. But uh, yeah, you had a good time. How long? How many days were you there? Uh basically four but like two of those days were like travel days so right right so you were there for two days basically yeah two full days i so when are you going back yeah when when are you coming back to to, to (laughs) vegas yeah uh no not anytime soon but uh there Mm. in a in less than a month i will be uh dropping in on idaho Oh, that's nearby. That is also nearby. I, I was, you should go visit him, yeah, Sam. It's, it's, it's north. Yeah, it's, uh, Sag, Sagal, I believe, is the name it, of the no, middle of nowhere that uh, we'll be staying at. Yeah, Idaho is like uh, it's like Utah, but more racist. Yeah. Like, this is uh, it's, it's, part, it's part of the peanut. <laughs> there's yeah. A, there's yeah. A, yeah. Peanut of racism? Yep. Peanut and and let me, let me tell you, RJ, it extends all the way up to Red Deer. Oh yeah, but Red Deer's got the donut. That's north of us, and it's like we're we're right in it. We're in the midst of it. Yeah, Yeah, the racism. Well, I know it's weird because like, I think like a good chunk of Western Canada has experienced a lot of uh, its American television via uh, Spokane, Coeur d'Alene. It's yeah. Like it's just that's what that was our ABC affiliate, our uh, CBS affiliate is all Spokane. Mm Hmm. So I feel There's like it's a really large um oh go ahead. Oh nothing. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. You continue, Sam. I was gonna say yes. there's a really large uh there's a really large um Militias. Uh, no, 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 no. There's a really large in Coeur d'Alene, there's a really large um indigenous uh reservation there. The Coeur d'Alene people. Okay. There's like a really big there's a there's a movie that's like kind of set on that reservation. I've been there, I think, once before because you know if you live in Utah, you just kind of go to Idaho here, here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful, but I don't think I could, you know, ever live there. There's a there's a guy I know really well, uh, a friend of mine. He's a part of like the the blood bands, like uh, 
council and uh mm-hmm. him and his family go to Coeur d'Alene like twice or three times a year just for fun because yeah. they got the where we live we would always get um tv from like washington and stuff like that yeah. it was always like the Coeur d'Alene casino mm-hmm. and it was in between and that's that little jingle's burnt in my brain forever do you, did you also do you also know the Coeur d'Alene casino jingle jared they... or either of you i i mostly I, remember I'm not familiar I remember uh, uh, t- it was good. ads for like Macy's and JC Penney and stuff like that being like, what oh, are nice. they? What are these department stores? Oh, you don't have those in Canada? Nope. No. Wow. We, you we, guys just have tar- uh, Tim Hortons. We, we had, Tim we, Hortons we had, in the Bay. And we had Zellers. Shopping. We had Zellers yeah. for a while, and then uh, Target bought them. And then uh, within a year, they, re- them. they regretted their purchase and they shut down yeah. everything. <laughs> like it was like in no time flat. It's like, oh, That's really it, funny. It, it was not what they thought it was going to be. Um, one last thing about can't like I guess mm-hmm. because you guys talking about um getting like news like cult like uh TV broadcast from the United States something I didn't really like learn until recently is uh I know this because like my friend in Montreal he kind of like works in films it's like the Quebecois film industry is like and just how it's like its own completely own like thing completely separate mm-hmm. from the rest of Canada you oh, know yeah because yeah. like. Because I, I all of you guys, like, you know, obviously there's, like, a decent-sized, like, um, decent-sized, like, Anglophone film industry there. But, but like, most people in Canada, they just watch, like, you guys just watch mostly, like, American shows and movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then there's this province where there's, you know, 7, 8 million people who don't speak English. So they have, like, their own, you know, film industry that's, like, completely separate and, like... You know, with their own like talk show circuit and like celebrities mm-hmm. and stuff. And so I guess like if you go if you go on Wikipedia and you look up like the highest grossing Canadian films, it's like all these Quebecois movies yep. that if you look up like no one outside of Quebec has seen. But like everyone in Quebec has seen them, but no one outside has seen. Like if you look up like and like if you look them, I I I like uh I like look some of these movies up on Letterbox just out of curiosity. Like a hundred people yep. have logged these mm-hmm. movies, yep. and yet they made like you know tens of millions of dollars. At the I bet Denis Villeneuve is a big fan. Well, Denis Villeneuve, he's like a his own kind of yeah, you know, he's his like own kind of Quebecois. And I guess I guess like Xavier Xavier Dolan too mm. is like there's like the two exceptions. But yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, well, I remember seeing a stat. You know, this is some time ago um, where I think 25 percent of like uh, people in Quebec have seen a or would have seen a film made in Quebec that year. And I think uh-huh. in the rest of Canada, it's closer to about, eh, like at most three percent of Canadians <laughs> yeah, who see yeah, a Canadian exactly. film that year. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that's pretty dramatic difference. Right, right, yeah, and, and these movies, it's kind of crazy because like some of the, if you like, uh, I was looking like some of these movies have like you know, like a million people have seen these, which is which is one seventh of the population of Quebec, which is kind of unthinkable anywhere right. else. You know, that one seventh of the population would have seen a movie. Right. Well, no. it's always the thing that I I'm always taken aback sometimes when you think about how like the, the the film industry like globally works, and you just like think about like what Hollywood is, and like just like it is that is their that is their industry completely, mm-hmm. and it's like how much it imports, and you're like, man, that's uh that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Just... Well, like India, we don't get any outside of like Indian theaters in the U.S. and Canada. Like they have the biggest film industry in the world. Yeah, or like say it's or at least you know depending on which metric, it's either the biggest or the second biggest after the U.S.'s. Um, 
And none of, no cultural penetration in the U.S. at all. We don't see any of their movies. Like, the average American cannot name a single Indian movie, yeah. you know? Was that was that one? Was it R R R R R? I saw that. I did see that movie. Yeah, that that's that getting, actually, that, yeah, that's that, that's pretty kind of a breakout hit. That that yeah. played in. I saw that in like a. I didn't. I saw it in like a regular like like multiplex, which was kind of was kind of surprising. But that's like the only example of that, that I, I can I can think of. You know, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. that's who that that's a Tollywood. That's not a Bollywood film. That's a Tollywood uh. film. That's totally, because it's Telugu language. Tulu, uh, yeah, yeah, I was just looking uh, that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. I know about that stuff. Yeah, RJ is an expert. Tell oh, us a little bit sure. about that, RJ. Well, have you ever been to Arby's? Um, yeah, not for several years, but yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Right? Okay. Is Arby's good in Canada? I, I, um, it's. I think it's I don't, the same I don't think as Arby's everywhere is bad. else. I'm pro Arby's, but I just wonder if it's like better than... You know. I mean, it's not gourmet food. Sure, sure. But sure. Uh, it's it's like Modest Mouse says, you know, junk food. It's tasty but worthless. Yeah, you, I, you, I imagine like you know. how in Japan people like KFC is like fine dining. Oh yeah, and and like Arby's is like that in Canada. <laughs> hey, no. Some people here KFC is fine da- dining as well. Sadly. Well, when I was a kid, like Olive Garden, like I remember my family getting dressed up to go to eat at Olive Garden. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Our, uh, I know. Our, our, our Olive Garden is Boston Pizza. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's our fancy one. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, him and his wife, get uh, their uh, thing is to get KFC on Valentine's Day. Oh. Because fancy restaurants are always really busy, mm. and you have to wait, and it's always that's a whole smart. thing. But KFC really is smart. not busy. Not on Valentine's Day. And you can eat by yeah. the bucket. Oh, you can get a bucket. You get the family bucket. Oh yeah, we used the... to do that. Hey, do in the states does KFC still sell buns? Because we used to have sweet buns up here, and they mm-hmm. were the best, but they took them away from us. Uh, I imagine I haven't been to KFC in a really long time because KFC is like gross now. It's not good anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. I I just go to Popeyes or uh. Ooh, yeah. Popeyes. The other one that I won't want to I won't say because it's problematic. But uh, yeah. You know, like, uh, especially during Popeyes this month. Popeyes is good though. No. Popeyes is good, and we Popeyes. we uh we had a Popeyes. We got Popeyes in Utah officially like two, three years ago, but there's one that was on like a military base that was here for longer. Was it you know? just for military people? Well, yeah, it was just on the base. I, I, I think I, I only know it was on a military base because I think like someone I knew's like dad or uncle or something mm-hmm. like knew about it or something. I don't know, but I yeah, Popeyes is good. Popeyes is good. Damn. Yeah. Anyways, um, so Sam had fun in Canada. Jared had fun in Vegas. Cultural exchange, yeah. Bon, uh, mm-hmm. uh, c'est, c'est fun, c'est chill. Ar- Ar- RJ, what, RJ, what have you learned? Yeah. Since what Sam, have I learned? Since Sam was last on the show. Mm-hmm. Since, uh, I think we should all get an apartment together when this is over. Us three. Yeah. Well, Montreal, very cheap city for a very cheap city to live. Yeah. Camel uh, or Sam will be a chemist. Jarrett can um, dabble in <laughs> online things and yeah, I'll work Jarrett at Popeyes. Will... Oh yeah, true. For the discount for the boys, you'll work at Lay Popeyes. Lay Popeyes. <laughs> yeah. For Lay discount, you know. Yeah. The cafe Starbucks thing, very funny. I saw a couple of those. Cafe Starbucks. Yeah, and in, in Quebec, um, Starbucks are called cafe Starbucks. Mm. Because, you know, they're all about... Because they want to, like, preserve the French language. So they kind of, like, overcorrect mm-hmm. with 
with that. Where in France, it's just called Starbucks. In another, another francophone country, it's called Starbucks. I think French Quebec, people. Starbucks. Yeah, I think French people dislike French Canadian people. I think that's a thing. French yeah, Canadians are, are not considered real French people. They're like looked down upon, which I don't think French Canadians care. They like. My, my friends yeah. were explaining different stereotypes about French people to me, and I thought it was very funny. Yeah. They love making fun of French people. Yeah, they're French. What are you gonna Especially do? Especially because right? they have a they have a bunch of them in Montreal. It's like uh mm. like a people in the like a people here complain about Californians moving mm-hmm. to their cities, driving up the rent. In Montreal, it's like yeah. that with French people, with like the metropolitan French, French people. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh. <laughs> you well, sound just like I know. We're we're an hour in, and uh, holy shit, we got okay. e- we got emails to uh, read. Yeah, <laughs> so let's do it. Do it. Yeah, we'll right. go fast. So we'll from fast. so from two weeks ago, Oliver <laughs> Granger, um, he wrote in with an email, "Dear Rob England, in, in about mm-hmm. one month's time of reading this email, so in two weeks, I will be in the gray, <laughs> sensual, less shit crap hole that is England. Dear Rob mm. England, what the fuck is there to do in your country, London specifically?" I googled things question. to do in London, and it was mostly look at old buildings or visit bizarre museums on things that seem extremely uninteresting. If that's what you do anywhere, right? You just look at buildings. <laughs> For example, visit. Museum of London Docklands. Uh, I will also be spending a lot of time in uh, uh, Leicester, uh, googling things to do in Leicester. It seems to be eat Indian food, being married to an Indian. I do that already. Um, that's it. Um, that's 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 the email. It's a good email. Classic um, Ollie. And... All right, let me just say, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about this. Is not directed at uh, Oliver because I don't know anything about New Zealand. It, but but really. it is. But it is. No, 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 sure. no. I'm saying I, 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 no, no, no. I, I, I mean that. I, I'm talking about Americans, like, um, because I don't know much about like the, the you know, the the dynamic in New Zealand. Americans, like, on the internet, because it, it's like very fun. It's like a fun meme. For Americans mm. on the internet to, uh, you know, like performatively, like be like, oh, British people are so ugly and they're so dumb. I hate British. Like to performatively, like really, like hate on British people. Mm-hmm. All I'm gonna say is, uh, I heard someone raise make a point about this. That's like, uh, that's like uh, the someone on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I saw a tweet that made a good point about this. That was like uh, that kind of attitude of Americans, like performatively, like really hating on England. That's like. Uh, you making fun of your cousin who like looks like you and acts a lot like you, but it's maybe like five percent uglier and more annoying than you. And then that, and that's, that's like you making fun of them like really hard, mm. being like, "Oh, I hate this person. I, this person sucks." You know, all I'm gonna say. But essentially the same person. Yeah, but you, but you, but you're the, you're about, you're basically the same person, but you're, you know, you're a little different. So you're, you know, you're getting really mad. I don't know about New Zealand because I'm sure New, you know, I think New Zealand is probably culturally a lot more different from you know there's probably a lot more difference there but you know that's just something i thought i'd say about you americans tell, you should tell us what else you think about oliver granger i don't know i As think a he's a great guy no i think he's a nice guy i'm not okay. trying to call him out he's i'm talking good. about americans he, he's not nice doing this it just good. it just he's not nice he's he's bad well in that case i don't like he, oliver granger <laughs> he's he's problematic in the way that jared is problematic do you know what i mean yeah so Two, I, I know two days ago, Oliver Granger wrote in to Rob oh. England again. Okay. Okay. The creeps butchered your joke like when you came on. 
I finally caught up with the Canterbury Tales episode. The sheep shagging joke was fantastic. In New Zealand, Ooh. we are known to fuck our sheep. Uh, bad <laughs> dude. He's, bad dude. Well, he, no, that's funny. Look what he's, look what he's doing down there. Yeah, that's that's fine. You know, it's their culture. <laughs> you sure. You you're going to you're gonna say he can't do that? <laughs> I never yeah. said he couldn't. Oh, I, I will. I say you shouldn't do that. Stop, well, you know, stop it, Ollie. Consent is important. That's yeah. I, you know, animal, I guess you're right. Animals can't consent. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's, that's not as funny now, is it, Sam? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. I was trying to defend Oliver. My bad. No. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. It's okay. No. All right. Wow. Yeah. That was that. So yeah, yeah. Last whatever last episode. Uh, when my computer had just stopped charging and it was down to like three percent, oh yeah, it, it really like really uh fucked up me reading uh, uh Rob's email. That was oh, yeah. that was good. So it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. Probably have interesting to say. Anyway, well, he, so. he emailed in saying what happened, and I was like, yeah, I was about to write because I had just finished editing, and I was like, oh uh-huh. fuck, there's nothing I can do. I was about, I was about to write him, but yeah, that's. <laughs> These things, you know, these internet things. It's a free podcast. What I would have done <laughs> is I would have posted another thing. It would have been like the rest of Rob's email, like another episode, like yeah. right after. Yeah, and just recorded it. Real mm-hmm. quick. No. That's what I would have done. But I'm, you know, I'm just a, an honorable, virtuous man. That's <laughs> very true. But I, you know, that's it just shows. Me. You're the you're a, from the land of love. The land. No, nice dude. Never, <laughs> never heard that one before. <laughs> oh. Um, would that you like to hear good. from Ruben Barbosa? No. Holy shit. Movie Report 3D, The Revenge. Oh. Howdy, Crypt Creepers. Are you ready Ooh. to hear about another A24 horror film that, are, that people are going to forget about in a few months? Always. So Alex Garland's Men is a movie. Oh, yeah. I, I've been seeing a lot of negative reviews on yeah, this on my letterbox. Mostly backlash. Yeah. It, it exists. Mm-hmm. I saw it, and if I had to describe it to someone who hasn't seen it, I would say it's like if you took Mother, Antichrist, mm-hmm. and a dash of Straw Dogs and mixed it all together. Is the movie as good three as any? Is the movie as good as any of those three films? No, not at all. Mm. Men is tedious and repetitive, and is probably one of the dullest surrealist films I've seen in a while. I can easily describe the plot of the first hour and twenty minutes, since it's just the same three scenes over and over again. Scene one, Jesse Buckley walks around for several minutes before having a weird encounter with a man. The man will make a sexist comment. Jesse will say, what? The man will repeat the comment, and then she'll storm off. Scene two, Jesse Buckley FaceTime chats with her friend. Oh, good Lord. Chats with her friend and talks about how weird things are. Spoiler, Bagul eventually possesses her phone and fucks with her iMessage. Bagul's in that? Oh, wow. Uh, final. Thank goodness. Why did you say you don't like it when movies have phones in them? Like, just any kind of phone? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of uh, face and Skype-based horror. Video chats, I think, oh, is really? uh, the bigger... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Do you not like... There. I've actually... I've never seen this movie, but I know there's been like a... A lot of people like reclaiming uh, the unfriended movies. Recently. Oh, a unfriended uh, dark web, I think, is actually pretty cool. It's, it's yeah, yeah, you, that you, one. You, you, you have to, you have to watch it like on a device, though. I think, and it adds uh-huh. to like the the silliness of it. No, I, I think that oh, movie is okay. like yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's that's a that's a guilty pleasure for me. But I think like when yeah, you... the, well, that's like I've... 
you know, I'll go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Um, sorry. I'll continue with this email. Scene three. Okay. Jesse like Buckley has a flashback to her ex-husband. These scenes are the most disappointing to watch since they're shot in a really interesting way, but the dialogue over-explains any decent visual storytelling that they offer. There's also a bunch of obvious religious metaphors all throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Remember the Garden of Eden? Remember the Forbidden Fruit? It's here, Mm -hmm. and Alex Garland will make sure you notice it. However, Garland does eventually break from this monotonous cycle in the last 15 minutes with the climax, and it is one hell of a climax. I mean, it's not good. It's entertaining to watch, (laughs) but it's not good. I can see that it worked for some letterbox users, but I personally found it to be silly and over the top. It features quite a lot, uh, quite a bit of body horror, and I don't want to spoil what happens, but I will say this: manginas, make of that what you will. I, I feel like mm-hmm. uh, it, that really says it all. Also, that should have been the review. The movie has two endings; neither is satisfying. Oh, oh. <laughs> What does he mean? Like, there's two endings in the movie, and there's like an alternate. There's an ending, and there's an alternate ending. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to uh, cough up some uh, admissions and find out for ourselves. I think it's top playing at the local. Yeah, I think it's top playing at the local theater. I was gonna go see it, but then I was like, no, I don't have to see every movie. You don't. it's very freeing to know that. So check it out, I guess, if it ends up on a streaming service you're subscribed to. Maybe you'll find the movie less tedious than I did. Question time. What is your favorite Mick Garris movie and or miniseries? I feel like this is for RJ. Why are, why are people asking about Mick Garris? Why is this a thing that's happening? Where did Mick Garris pop up on anybody's radar? Why is that? Why well, you, You've talked about him quite a bit. There's, I think there's one Mick Garris movie that's actually not bad. Which one is that? Uh, Mick Garris's The Stand is not bad. Uh, but here are Mick Garris movies that are bad. Sleepwalkers. Uh, the Shining. Riding the Bullet. Bag of, bags of Bones. Oh, did he do The Shining <laughs> no. like Stephen King? Stephen yeah. King's The Shining. That, back, back in 94. Mick Garris's Stephen yeah. King's The Shining is 97. so so bad let's say bag of bag of dicks bag of dicks yeah that one uh yeah riding riding the shit bullet uh desperation desperation i don't know there i got him got him <laughs> <Nailed, laughs> uh, wait, 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 uh, sleepwalkers more like wait, shit wait. walkers yeah well, garris what about shit that garris. episode of the magical world of disney he did uh fuzz bucket fuzz bucket yeah i i fuzz bucket maybe could do, be do, the sleeper do, pick. Do, do, do you know Fuzz Bucket, uh, Sam? <laughs> no, I, I I don't think I've seen any of this guy's work actually. Oh man, wow! I, Mr. Garrett. I, Let's see here. Like, so his his version of the stand is actually it's not bad, it's not good or anything like that. It's like a solid three star affair, but uh-huh. everything he does is oh, absolute shit. <laughs> no, this movie looks cool. Uh, how, how would you describe? Now, how would Fuzz you describe bucket? Fuzz Bucket? To the visually impaired. Fuzz bucket? Um, <laughs> Sam. Oh, no, no, RJ. Oh, okay, yeah, let, allow our guest the word. Yeah, what? Sam. Like this poster? Yeah. Well, describe what you're yeah. seeing here. Uh, oh, the creature. Okay. Um, or all all so of I'm it. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing a poster. It says Disney fuzz bucket in big <laughs> font. It looks like ice, the font. Mm-hmm. So we have, um, let's see. We have sort of a, looks like a kind of family photo maybe. Um or some sort of, maybe, you know, some sort of nice 
I picture a bunch of people smiling nice for the camera, you know, arms around each other's shoulders. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy in sunglasses, this guy who looks... Oh, who does he look like? Do you recognize uh, that? Uh, that's uh, that's uh, Frank Fontana from Murphy Brown, uh, oh, actor Joe Rigoboto. Okay, maybe that's a great name. And then we have we have a guy who kind of looks, you know, he has the young David Lynch hair. There's a lady there, and then the lady, you know, there's a kid, a nice smiling kid. And then to the left of the kid, there's this uh, this kind of strange creature sort of looks like something from uh something from frank oz's labyrinth mm-hmm. perhaps mm-hmm. a uh, goblin it's, yeah yeah it's sort of uh kind you of know fuzzy. it kind of looks like a maybe uh how to describe it? it it's kind of a uh sort of like a, a goblin it's got you know big hands it's small it's small it's very it's furry mm-hmm. it's covered in long brown fur it has a beer belly <laughs> Um, wait, you can see, you can see, like, breasts, like, man breasts, you know, <laughs> visible. What else can you see? Memories. Uh, you see a big belly, because it's, it's less, uh, you know, furry around there, you know, it's got kind of almost, I would say chimpanzee-like arms, but maybe they're not, they're not, like, long enough. And then it has kind of this, uh, kind of creepy, um, it's got, it's got, you know, the, the kind of doggy cat ears and then has mm-hmm. this very uh oh, how do you describe it 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 kind of this this pink animal human like face it like i said it looks like something from frank oz's uh labyrinth that's like the best way i can describe it um and it looks friendly it's smiling it's got a big smile it's not a menacing <laughs> mm-hmm. creature by any means based on this poster mm-hmm. um yeah and i see i'm scrolling through kind of some of the photos on imdb the photo gallery yep. um oh so it's you can see it okay here's one shot you can see it standing from the side oh it looks really it looks horrifying from the side <laughs> it has a really long snout and these kind of gaping maws <laughs> um mm-hmm. it's smaller than the kid i uh, i gotta ask you sam have you ever seen alf yeah it looks like yeah i have seen alf but, but it's like, like- but yeah, it's like a smooth elf. elf. Yeah, yeah, smooth elf is a good is smooth a good elf. Same body of elf, but mm. different face, and maybe it's a little yeah. chubbier. Yeah, and it's got that beer belly that you mentioned. Yeah, that's Fuzz Bucket. That's, yeah, that's on Disney Plus. If you uh, if you really? subscribe to that, oh yeah, oh, go watch it after this. Yeah. Oh yeah, Fuzz Bucket's on there, baby. I don't have to I've, Plus, I've but... heard Fuzz Bucket described as Fordian. Oh like, really? Yeah. With a horizon, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, like all, uh, it's, all, it's all over Twitter, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> like um, you know, it's like uh, Jean Marie Straub or something. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then we've got a, an email from a, a new person, very short what? one, from one uh, J- J- Jason uh, Mercier. We'll go with Mercier, um, Mercier or Mercier, one or the other. Hey, Jared and RJ, long-time listener, first-time emailer. I was watching Tokyo Story. I made a screen grab I hope you'd appreciate. Keep up the good work and keep grinding those criterions along. Cheers. So let's just pop that in there. Grinding. This, this, it definitely is in the, the, the wheelhouse. Of the... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, creeps Instagram. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I believe I have this screenshot already. Uh, oh, not that, really? but I don't have it side by side, yeah. so this is not, actually not, uh, not the compiled is, version. Yeah, this is uh, even better. But uh, yeah, I was uh, 
I, I have a, a bank of photos that I save for uh, various occasions. But yeah, this one's yeah. better because it's side by side. It's definitely an RJ. Is, 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 yeah, he, he put, you can tell he put some time into this one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's be- better side by side. I'll, I'll use RJ. that. I, yeah. I will not credit him. Good. As you should, you shouldn't. No. You I've mentioned people. many times if people send us stuff or if you're on this podcast, we now own that intellectual property. So you, Sam Love, Love Machine Loveland, as a character, we own that intellectual property. You cannot. I'm saying it now. This is legal binding, okay? Yeah. So if we make merch called the Love Machine merch, and <laughs> you know what kind of merch it's going to be, that's yeah. ours. Don't come okay. after us for money. We'll give you a little taste. I wouldn't. Send I would never product. dream. Right, as you do, because you guys are respectable guys. Very respectable. We are respectable. You're old school. You're old school guys. Yes. Do you think? We'll send uh, you some free product. Do you think Ozu wishes uh, he had come up with uh, diopter shots for his films? What do you, What do you think, Sam? Uh, maybe. maybe. Is it diopter? Is that Is that why you have like the two? Yeah, it's like it's like the Brian the De Palma splits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean. Does he even have that many no. shots like that in his movie? Aren't his, the whole point of his movies is there one person? <laughs> Correct. It'd be kind of weird if the background was fully in focus. <laughs> and he starts doing helicopter shots. That'd be kind of sick, actually. Yeah. shots? Wow, I mean. Yeah, he did a lot of crane shots. Yeah. You know, my uh, my dad was complaining to me about uh, drone shots in movies and oh, TV nice. shows. So, I mean, that's I think that's telling now that uh, it's, getting, it's getting to that point. To the old people. Yeah. Well, something mm. actually, I do feel like though, like this might sound weird to you guys, but I don't know. I feel like drone shots like are kind of an unex like. I've never. I feel like you know we can do more with drone shots than Is than we the only have. true art form. You, you watched well, Ambulance, right? Yeah, I, I, did. I heard that. I did. Mike, I heard. I've heard a few people kind of parroting that uh, Michael Bay did. So was seems to be like the the guy who's pushing it forward a little bit. But this is well, what, no, people so actually, people say things. Well, okay. Mm. Let, brief tangent about that movie. So I like that movie overall, but I and I will say that, but I will say the drone shots. Like, I don't know. I I feel like the drone because what would happen is like, you you'd get like a, a random drone shot. Like, okay, it'd be like in the middle, middle of like I like like setting up an action set piece or whatever, right? Or like, so you 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 kind of you get like a shot, like a drone shot, where it's just the drone kind of like moving around in the air, like it'll move down a building for like three seconds and then it'll just cut to something else like i feel like oh <laughs> yeah no no no. yeah the dr- like the, i feel like honestly there should have been more drone shots because like what would happen is yeah you just get like a drone shot for like a couple seconds and then they're just cut away like all and like it'd be like like why'd you have this in here in the first place like i feel like he should have gone longer mm. on drone shots because like you know w- w- with a drone shot there's like an inherent kind of like tension and like in the shot you know where it's like, hmm. oh, like, where's this shot gonna go? And it was just kind of boring that. Yeah, I, know, I feel like that, that is so I, different I'm, 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 than I'm, what I was imagining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not expecting. There's one drone shot where it's like, like, go. There's like a, there's a chase and it goes like under a car. Yeah, that's like kind of that's like that was kind of sick. But like the rest of the drone shots are just like, it'll just like start a sequence. It'll, it'll just be like a transition shot that goes for like two, three seconds and then doesn't go anywhere. Like honestly, I feel like there should have been more drone shots. Like and they should have been longer, in my opinion. I feel like he didn't T- use tweet, a drone. Tweet it. <laughs> uh, maybe I will. It, out of context, it's out of context. Yeah. There should have been should've more been... drone shots and longer. <laughs> Hopefully, no one misinterprets that. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, the drone, the drone camera work. I like that movie overall, 
but the drone camera work in that movie, I feel like you know, he should, I feel like I feel like he I feel like he could have gone more extravagant, honestly. Mm. I feel like he should have gone like more. He, you know, he should have done more. I feel like he held back a little bit, old, old, which is weird to say for a Michael Bay movie. But <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he held. I feel like old Mike. He held back. You know, restraint. Yeah, he showed a little restraint in a in a bad way. Oh man. Nope. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Well, we got uh, a couple more emails here. Okay. Justin Peterson. Mm. Nice. Hey, hey Jared and RJ. What's happening? This mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. I've taken time off work to join in on a whole other brand of torture known as being a Cub Scout camp counselor. It's really yeah. not that bad as ideal, constantly wrangling happy-go-lucky first and second graders. So have you guys mm. ever worked at a camp, or did you attend any growing up? I went to a bunch, including Boy Scout camp, band camp, and church camp. Uh, the only camp Ooh. I ever went to was via grade five. <laughs> well, no. Oh, when they take you as a class? Yeah, back when they still did that kind of thing. Yeah. You didn't go to taco time camp? It's no. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's okay. What about I, I, you, Sam? I've been flagged. You know. Um, yeah. I went to. I was a, a Boy Scout. Oh shit! How many yeah, uh, I, badges did you get? I was two away from getting my eagle. Yeah. So what I, are I you, a chipmunk? Yeah, I was, a, I was a no. I got to badger scout, bro. No, I, I, I was. I, uh, I got to life scout. I was okay. two badges away from eagle, but uh, I. I don't know. I guess I didn't care about it anymore. I think and, badger's uh, cooler could, than eagle. Could, to could, be honest, could you? Can you go the back? Badger is cooler. No. No. I can't go back. The win- the window's closed. You can't. Yeah, I mean, because I realize, you know, the whole um, patriotism thing wasn't really my mm. deal. Yeah. But then I feel like I feel like though I still should have stuck it out and gotten the Eagle Scout because you can put that on your resume. Really? What yeah. was uh? What was the best badge you got? Like the one that you feel like you use most today? Like it was forklift operator one of the badges? Or that was not one of the badges. Uh, I don't Shit. know. Maybe um, you know, citizenship in the world. Oh, what'd you do for that citizen. one? I don't know. You had to like read a newspaper and <laughs> write a report or something. I don't remember. Some current, some, some current some, events. Some do some dumb thing for baby that you could do in like an afternoon for babies. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So you're a Boy Scout, hey? Yeah, I was. I I went to Scout Camp every summer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like to Scout Camp a lot. It, scouting's really big in Utah specifically. Mm. Um. That's and that doesn't yeah. surprise me in the least. Yeah. Is it the yeah. arsenic in the air? Yeah, because of the arsenic. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, um, the arsenic's not in the air yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Um, yeah, you know, there's some fun scout. You know, a lot of fun. yeah, I have a lot of good memories of uh, scout camp. Um, yes. What about you, RJ? I attended summer camp every year, my my dudes, every nice. year. So uh, we had this place uh, up in our uh, one of our national parks in Waterton. Uh, called Camp Columbus, and it was ran, ran Ooh, by the Knights yikes. of Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> the Knights. Yeah, the the Knights of Columbus. Oh, so was it like Catholic camp? Mm, yes, it was. Okay. We uh, well, we did prayer before we ate, but it was like uh, that was it. Where you would do like the fun stuff. You'd be like, do you know Johnny Appleseed? That prayer. Yeah. Where you like no. smack your like clap your hands. You guys don't know that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Jarrett knows I, it. I, I yeah, I've encountered it. Yeah, you like smack your hands and you go, oh, and then it's a big song. I could do it, but maybe we should make that a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> no, no <laughs> just, do, just do it. I don't want to bless up for no one, you know. Doesn't it, yeah, you go, doesn't it end with a amen? Yeah, you, you, you start clapping and you go, 
Oh, the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, like the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to that's me. That's Johnny Appleseed. Amen. That's it. Yeah, that's us. Those are the Knights of Columbus, baby. So that's all. That's all you would do. You would you would do that before you ate, and that was it. You didn't like have like walks to be like, where is where are you in your past with God? It was nothing weird like that. It was just a you you sang a fun song before you ate dinner. Um, but I went there every year, and they do fun things like spaghetti night, whereas they give you anything but a fork. So it'd be like you'd go up, you get your plate of spaghetti, and then they give you like um like a potato smasher. They'd be like, here's your utensil for tonight. Eat your spaghetti, and you'd be like, okay. Easy. <laughs> Easy. And then they'd hose you off outside afterwards. Um, actually, That's you know who? <laughs> you know who uh, was a counselor at this camp is uh, Jarrett's coworker. Kurt. Oh. You know the one, Jarrett. Whose name and address? Uh, yeah, it it's... is. Uh, ee, uh, at. Uh, you can say it. Uh, <laughs> I talked to my coworker one time. I said his name. You did? Oh uh, well, this guy. Name starts with a D. Oh, man. Uh, David, Daniel, uh, um, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's not, it was none of those, but, uh, yeah, he was a counselor. I was going to be a counselor at that camp. I went my whole life, and then, uh, the year before, the last year I was a a camper, and then going to be a counselor, my brother was a counselor, and then he was in, like, a, a... horrifying accident that actually he almost died uh and it kind of ruined the camp for my family forever uh so we stopped going yeah yeah the uh, vibe was just yeah it was ruined forever it wasn't because he couldn't figure out how to eat the spaghetti was it no uh it was uh it was actually like like he genuinely almost died kind of a thing it was pretty bad um he uh they, they were on a hike. They, like, hiked, like, two hours up to this place called Wall Lake. And then there was, like, this little cliff that you could jump into the lake in. And mm-hmm. uh, some of the counselors left their, like, clothes up there or something. And uh, he wasn't jumping in, but he was like, oh, I'll go get your clothes. And he walked up to get it. Oh. And uh, it broke the cliff. Oh, and no. So he landed in the lake and all the rocks fell on him. Oh. And uh, another counselor, like, swam in and dug him out. And his arm was... Uh, broken like in half like it was just dangling from the oh plane. my gosh kind of like that. There? And, uh, i wasn't there actually i i arrived two days later because that was when oh, like it was gosh. we separated by weeks by age group so i was yeah. supposed to be there too or i still went but the, that was the last year um but the, the big thing about that story was uh he had to hike back down the mountain because they couldn't uh, oh. they couldn't get anyone up there. So yeah. with his arm angling, oh my gosh, oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, two, two hour hike back. Yeah, that's down. dangerous. Like a girl yep. in my, it was the summer after my sophomore year, and this girl, a girl in my class in, of high school, and a girl in my class like died because she she like drowned yep. because she like went cliff jumping in like the mountains like into a lake. Yeah, and it's actually, she, yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, it that's is terrible. Really terrible. To, yeah, that's that's good that he got out. Was it yeah. is his arm like okay? No, it, it's been fucked forever. Like he yeah. has a. This is before they had like good surgery stuff. Like his entire arm is a huge scar. He had a bar in there for like three years or something like that. And uh, uh, like he he can use his arm now, but it's like one of those things where it's like his arm just always hurts. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, and uh, one of the other counselors ran down the hill to uh, alert the guards, and uh, he got to the 
or, or to like the camp or like post thing and he he kicked the door off the hinges because that's how fast he was coming down it's pretty crazy but yeah lake jumping's really scary there's another there's a girl i know who jumped in and she landed wrong and uh she like landed on her tailbone and it crushed her spine and it paralyzed her like completely paralyzed her so like she's just paralyzed now yeah yeah oh, she's doing awesome. good she's actually like training to be like a an, like a paralympic athlete kind of thing oh, but cool. um yeah but yeah it's uh cliff jumping uh is not a thing people should my brother wasn't even doing it and he still got hit by it. he, he, so he was just in proximity of it he yeah, was just yeah. there and it just broke and that's all it was place, the wrong time don't, well don't, you know, don't do things Canada, don't do things don't, don't do, do things. don't have fun don't let your kids have fun no yeah um, well, I bet in Canada, you have to worry about, um, moose attacks. So actually, not attack. Well, actually, so, uh, in my old roommate from Newfoundland, moose actually came out and like would, they would trample people. So like one oh. time he had his dog outside and the moose was like trying to trample his dog, but like oh it God. just ran over his dog and he like got it and saved it. But, um, oh, that's good. I, had, I had a cousin who was driving on the highway and a moose came out, and because uh, moose are so tall, they hit the moose, and the moose came into the cab, and uh, she like broke her neck and stuff. She was she's okay now, but uh, she was in the hospital for like months because uh, the moose came in. Yeah, so you actually do gotta watch out for moose. I have a I had a moose encounter here. Like was it scary? Bit, like no, I mean it, we just like it wasn't an encounter. We just I was hiding with my dad and my uncle and some of my cousins. Yeah, and we saw like a moose like on the trail like far off like at the bottom. You know, like, because we were on the side of the mountain. We saw the moose, like, further on, like, down the mountain in the woods. It was, like, yeah. a huge. It was, like, above the trees. No. It, was, like, it was, like, a female moose. Or at least it didn't have antlers. Yeah, bull moose? It was scary. Yeah, moose are so scary. They're, they're so are, big. Yeah. They're, they're, they're Did you gigantic. know that it is illegal to look at a moose through the window of an airplane in Alaska? That is not true. Look it up. Why it's is 100%. that? 100%. Why, why is that? Why is that? You can't look at a moose. Through the window of an airplane in Alaska. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Why is that? But, why is that not true? I don't know. I'm not well, the Alaska's no, part of America. It's not. But part there's of a lot of. No, wait, wait, what wait, I'm wait, saying wait. is, what I'm saying is, if you go like, if you if you Google like weirdest state laws, yeah, it, it, uh, like there's a million websites that have a bunch of just like laws that like are not on the books anymore, but that like people pretend are laws. I don't know if I'm it's not, still I'm, a law, okay. but at one point it was a law. I think. What, what would be the rationale well, behind that? So from bo- bobvilla.com, which I believe is probably on like RJ, like every morning he like starts up the computer and it's like his homepage. So he gets these facts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alaska, so this is when you look this up, Alaska, don't push a moose from an airplane. In Alaska, Ooh. moose and airplanes don't mix. There's one law in the book saying moose may not be viewed from an airplane and another prohibiting you from pushing a live moose out of a moving airplane. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I can never go to Alaska then because yeah. that's, that's one of your that's favorite you things. That. I'm always pushing moose out of airplanes. Uh, I was yeah, going to you... say, you got to watch out for those bison too because I, I was oh, reading yeah. a woman was gored by a bison in Yellowstone National Park uh, just like a week ago. Not too long oh, ago, I'm sure. yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look out for the buffalo, man. For big They'll animals, get no. big animals, yeah. no good. Anyways, yeah. yeah. What were we talking? Oh yeah, so I did go to camp a lot, and then it, yeah. uh, my brother almost died, so I stopped going. <laughs> that makes sense. Because uh, it, it ruined the experience for us. But man, those spaghetti nights, those were pretty fun. Those were pretty fun. That sounds terrible. <laughs> like spaghetti I already night? I already get me- like messy enough eating spaghetti. 
You know, I, I'm such a messy eater yeah. in general. They would actually you know? they would put garbage bags on us too. <laughs> so they put a garbage bag on you. And what what would be your nightmare instrument? Because I remember like I, one year I got the potato smasher. One year a kid got a plastic straw, and they're like, here use this. One year a kid got a toothpick, and they're like, here's your toothpick. Eat your spaghetti. Probably plastic straw because it's not. It would just it can't hold the weight of the spaghetti. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to. You couldn't do anything with it. Yep. Plastic straw is pretty bad. What about you, your Jerry? What would be, be your your goose would be cooked. Would be your uh, your nightmare utensil for spaghetti. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Jarrett. I don't know. Wow. You don't. You don't know. He doesn't know. I don't. Like I don't table. know. I, I, I've been. I've been more just like hung up on the the fact that you talked about uh, garbage bags and food around this guy here we have got on the show. Oh. oh, all right, okay, 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 all right, all right. come on. So that, that actually is a good question. Have, have you done any, have you done any? No, I'm not answering that question. Okay. I don't need to answer, I don't need to humor or entertain that question. And I, mm-hmm. I don't sure, need to, I don't need fair. to do that. Yeah, it is fair. Yeah, I can appreciate Um, it. The answer is yes. No, I'm just kidding, it's, I haven't. Goat movie question of the week. Oh and yeah, the, emails. Yeah. With the release of Jurassic World Dominion just hours Let's away, what are your so, favorite Jeff Goldblum movies? I suppose the correct answer is The Fly, but with it being summer blockbuster season, I will go with Independence Day. Um, I mean, uh, The Fly probably. I, I'm gonna go with Death Wish, uh, as as he plays oh, oh. Freak Number One. Oh, okay. In his uh, debut. Right. Yeah. Um, and he has like a Jughead cap. Yeah, oh, he cool. does. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, um, the fly probably is out there. Uh, also, you know, my evil pick would be Annie Hall. Mm. His cameo in the Annie Hall. Evil. Um, my yeah. I mean, that's that's not you know Woody Allen has more evil movies than that, but that's yeah. you know. Oh yeah. Nice. Jared just posted a picture of Jeff Goldblum in this role. He's a rapist uh, in that movie. Oh, well. Just so you know. Sorry, I don't, he doesn't look cool. He looks bad. <laughs> looks <laughs> like a bad He's a bad dude. I know, Dark Horse pick might be like Adam Resurrected, the Paul Schrader movie <laughs> oh, where he plays nice. the Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably The Fly. I'm going to say The Fly too, but my Dark Horse pick prince of egypt Ooh, who is yeah. he in that the cartoon right yeah he is aaron everyone oh, remembers moses him as aaron. brother moses yeah. brother yeah okay I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna uh kind of ask a side question to this sidebar uh, to this jurassic world point uh sure. favorite dinosaur in a movie <laughs> i got an answer but I, i'll let you guys go first um i don't know very many din- i mean i when i was a kid i really liked the land before time yeah, which one? Who's your favorite? Your, your uh, Ducky? What's the? Is oh, that the main one? Cool. Sarah. Probably Sarah, because she's you know Littlefoot. She's relatable. <laughs> what? Littlefoot, I think is a. Oh, Littlefoot's yeah, one of one of the di- yeah. Yeah, there's Littlefoot, Sarah, uh, Petrie, Ducky, Spike, and then of course oh, there's is- Sharptooth. Ducky land before time. That was like the fifth option. Oh, Ducky's no, dude. Ducky's a girl. No way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Not a are girl. you are you part of the woman haters club uh, from <laughs> no. uh, uh, 
Little Rascals. Oh, yeah, uh, that they couldn't make that anymore. If they did a Little Rascals now, they couldn't have a He-Man oh, Woman Haters Club, could they? They couldn't do that. They would say, the feminists would say, you have to have the Man Haters Club. I mean... That's what they would have it. At That's the end movie. of the movie, they bring the girls in, and it's like a, a, a beautiful thing of union. But uh, the whole point is to have the He-Man Woman Haters Club beforehand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So wait, which dinosaur was your favorite, Sam? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Spike's good. Kind of the, the tragic character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the Stegosaurus. I mean, probably Littlefoot, you know. Or, or Petrie. Probably Petrie. Actually, Petrie. no, Petrie for sure. Yeah. I like it doesn't have to be a land-before-time dinosaur. It can be no, any it's, dinosaur. It, 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 Petrie it is, from but land it is. Land-before-time, <laughs> yeah. Jer- RJ, come on, don't. I, I, I just I was trying to open it up for you. I was gonna say Well, I appreciate happen. that, but just let me you know, let me do my thing, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah, quit stepping <laughs> on his so dick. Much... Yeah, yeah, quit stepping quit uh get off, get out of there. Um okay. yeah, my pick is Petrie from Lamb Before Time. Okay. Okay. Jarrett? Guanji. Okay. Want me to go. Guanji. Who is Quanji? Guanji. Guanji. From, uh, from the, the, the North the D P R K. Korean. Uh, the, uh, the, no, the one that the one he has his, his own valley. So, uh, have you been listening this last month, uh, Sam? Up to, to the podcast, I mean, which I I know that's. Oh, 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 oh! The Ray Harry House, yeah, Ray, yeah, yeah, Ray Harry House. So, yeah. there's a Harry House movie called Gu- uh, Valley of Guanji, and uh, Guanji yeah. is a uh, dinosaur, uh, and he's pretty he's pretty cool, but he yeah. gets a okay. really bad he gets rap. a bad deal. It's a bad deal. Um, oh, I like ankylosauruses. Those are, and that's what Spike is. It's a the guys who have like the head with the spikes all over the side, and, 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 and like, like a battle tail. Like, yeah, and they like slam that's that cool. into people, which I think <laughs> yeah. is cool because that's what I do with my body too. Is I slam my rock into people. Oh yeah, I bet you slam your rock. All yeah. right, <laughs> it's, a, it's a rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're you're lucky, Pierre. Yeah, wow. French for rock, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, Jared. Is your answer just that that, <laughs> that but it was it's about a specific dinosaur. Yeah, Ankylosaurus. Yeah. But what about but like, but dinosaur in a movie? Yeah, specific dinosaur. Oh in yeah, a movie. Spike from Mind Before Time then, because he's an oh, okay. <laughs> Slam nice. Two Lamb Before Time picks. Yeah, excellent. I like the uh, whatever the, 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 the spitter is in Jurassic Park 2, who takes out Nedry. Oh, in Jurassic Park 1, you mean? Jurassic, yeah, Jurassic Park. Oh, did you mean in Jurassic Park as well? Yes. You said Jurassic Park 2, and oh, I was like, and, oh, uh, that's yeah, not Jurassic no, Park no, 2. no, 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 that's, yeah, yeah, that's the first one. But oh, okay. As well. As well. I got you, I got you. Is Grammar it the new Jurassic Park movie like 140, 150 Get minutes? Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? Yeah, I think it's like 150 minutes, which is crazy. No more. I That's enough. Insane. Well, this, I think this is going to be the last one. I hope so. But you never know with these kinds it, of things. If it keeps making money. Yeah. Boffo. Well, has it? <laughs> did people see Did people see the last one? Yep. I mean, they get they get panned. <laughs> in reviews yeah. but they still make money i think so that's i mean all right that's fair yeah i think rj almost cried watching the trailer for the first jurassic world yeah or, oh, i was or, so or was emotional it? yeah the raptors you know oh wow entertainment weekly's uh review headline let's get jurassic world dominion to the nearest tar pit 
Oh. Oh, wait, 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 wait. From the Detroit News, a dino snore of an adventure. Wow. Nice. Did you hear Laura Dern was going off about Jurassic Park like a week or two ago? Oh, no. People were talking about the age gap or something. Yeah. What yeah, is and it was like, is this is this technically appropriate? But apparently, like, I mean, Laura Dern, and this isn't like not a like I don't mean it as like a thing. It's just like she, I think she looks older than she is. But apparently, in Jurassic Park, she was supposed to be like twenty, but uh, hmm. what's his face was supposed to be like forty, and it's like okay, oh, that's yeah, I guess. Doc, doc. Yeah, but well, I mean, there's like a thing like that in uh, Alan in, Grant, uh, Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark too, you know? Yeah. Where, oh, yeah, because like, uh, Harrison Ford is, like, 13, and that lady's, like, no, 50. No, <laughs> no, other way around. Uh, Marion, he says that they met, he met Marion, and Marion was one of his students. Oh, uh, yeah. started looking up, yeah. That's problematic. <clears throat> but, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. So, discourse like that, it's, like, I don't know. Like, I guess maybe in real life that would be bad, but, it, yeah, like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know it's Have like, you ever it's dated one of your like, professors? Um, yet. Uh, uh, yet. Anyway, it's a movie from like uh, from like thirty years ago. You know. I don't, yeah. I don't, really, I don't know. I know. You know. I, I hear you. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like there's maybe more. You know, there's maybe other things you could talk about. You know. Could be. Foodie question. One unfortunate mm. aspect of going to day camp are the inevitable sack lunches, which I am not mm. big on since I am much more of a hot sandwich kind of guy. So what do you uh, what do you uh, go to when banging up some grub for lunch? Sam, what's your go-to lunch grub? Um, well, a, either, a, either leftovers. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't have any leftovers, I'll usually do... Um, I'll make like a stew usually, or either that, or I'll just buy like a prepackaged soup from Trader Joe's or something. But usually I'll make a stew and I'll, I'll put it in a thermos. Mm. And I'll usually do like a you know a sandwich, like a pastrami sandwich or something. I like those. Ooh. And then uh, Sam. sometimes I'll you know I'll do like uh you know ca- some carrots, some a couple of granola bars, um dried mm-hmm. apricots, you know maybe an apple. Hmm. Can I, chips can like I, that. I just want to add that uh, I've uh, had the uh, opportunity to try out some Trader Joe's wares, uh, and I gotta say it's pretty good. Like the so, nuts, like random stuff that they just like acquire. I guess yeah. probably the uh, over time, but it's pretty good stuff. They got some good, uh, some good people working for them, finding um, I don't know, good, good boxable food, <laughs> good bagable yeah, they have food. Good, I like their nuts. Have, oh, yeah, I like I their you nuts. Do. I bet you like those. They're good packaged nuts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Got them. <laughs> Got you, RJ. Um, yeah, they have good uh, nuts. No no one clip that. No one, you know, clip me saying no. Um, I already got it as a ringtone. No. Shoot. No. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. No, but. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the kill table in the basement that you're hearing. Yeah, yes. Kill table. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, Trader Joe's is good, but they kind of stress me out sometimes because, you know, they don't have like brands there, <laughs> so I don't know what anything yeah. tastes like. It's go- President's <laughs> choice. Go with that packaging. I need yeah. my brands. You know, I need to know what I need to compare things. I need my brands. Well, okay, you know, I mean, that's what that's Your the fun bitch. though. Is like you get those things where it's like it's just a, a description of the flavor or whatever the ingredients mm-hmm. are, and you go go with it, and you go. 
It's a pretty good version of that. Seems, I don't know. Seems all right. They have some pretty cool cookies. I just get yeah. stressed out, you know, just by just mm-hmm. even though I know, like, you know, usually their stuff is good. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. I just the comf- there's something comforting about going to the regular grocery store. You walk down the yeah. aisles and there's oh, here's this brand, here's that brand. I know what these taste like, you know, rel- comparatively. Comfort and familiarity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Precisely. What you. about you, uh, Jarrett? <laughs> yeah, Jarrett. What do you eat for lunch? Yeah, Jarrett. What do you eat? Well, you don't need yeah, to Jarrett. beg anything. You just go to talk with them, and you're, you're, everything oh is everything is solved. Um, That's kind of crazy, you guys, because like talking with time, like it used to be big here. <laughs> yeah, they're they're different. They're they are a different. Uh, it used to be big here, and now there's like maybe one taco time yeah. in my entire city that I even know about. I don't even know if it's still there. It used to be everywhere. Sorry, continue. Oh, um, I guess like in a pinch, things just like a peanut butter honey sandwich are pretty good. Mm. It's not too bad, but yeah. um, I'm not a big honey guy, but yeah. you know, I respect the the you know, I I respect someone who respects the classics. You know, what do you got against honey? I just don't like honey that much. I don't know. Okay, I like it in like a you know in like a pan sauce or something. Those but those, not those bees work real hard to make you honey. Well. You yep. know, I'm glad that they're dying. Wow. I'm glad the bees Sam, are dying. Man. Yeah. Hate Just land kidding. now. Now he's hate Yeah. Land. I hate land. <laughs> I'm so hateful. RJ, what's your what's your sack pick? Oh, RJ's gone. Oh, shit. I can't see yeah, him. He's gone. We have to kill time he's, until he's, he gets back. That's fine. We'll ignore him. Yeah. Uh, wait, <clears throat> let me let me go. Um, hey, I'm the RJ, and uh, <laughs> I like to uh, um, eat garbage for lunch. <laughs> so, oh, it's RJ who's been eating garbage this whole RJ, time. RJ, what? The... No one's been eating garbage this whole time. Right. Just RJ, though. You start, yeah, RJ has, but not if you were implying something else. Not at all. Not at all. All right, that's a relief. Good. Well, yeah. Um, there he oh, is! Oh. Wow, there yes, he totally. Were you uh, making your uh, sack lunch for tomorrow? Yeah, I had to run to make my sack lunch. Because this is the reminder. Like, oh shit! Like, we're going to be recording till probably like five in the morning. I better make sure my lunch is ready. Yeah. Yeah, I had to go pack my sack lunch. Um, What's in that? Are we still lunch? talking about lunches? What's in that lunch, oh, yeah. RJ? That you were just what packing you pack for a sack. Yeah. So I used to do leftovers a lot, but here's the thing: the left, like when whatever we make for dinner. I actually just want to eat for dinner again the next day. So I usually try to save leftovers to have for dinner again. I because see. It's like, because it's like, oh, I'll just eat it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Andrea always takes leftovers for uh, lunch. But uh, I um, I prefer a cold lunch sometimes at work because I run hot. So I'm just a big sandwich boy. Love sandwiches. Uh, so a lot of sandwiches. Um I love deli meat. I think I've mentioned a lot of times. I just usually get a big bag of deli meat for the fridge, and I'm just like frogging that shit all day long, <laughs> or like a cock of pepperoni, and I'm just gnawing on it. So a what? Sandwich... Cock of pepperoni. A cock oh. of pepperoni. Oh, <laughs> come on, boys, come on. You know what, what I mean? That, that that is the clinical term for that. Is a cock of pepperoni? Is that what they're called? Uh, that's what uh, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys calls yeah. it. You're getting, you're getting you're, you're just taking a big handful of pepperoni, huh? Just well, no, it's just like yeah, I'll just take a whole brick of pepperoni. I'll just like it's not, I'll that's kind of I like that. You don't slice yeah. it or anything. Just oh no, no, because well, it's my. Are you talking about pepperoni sticks? 
sticks or okay. big Polish sausages or something, and I'll just gnaw on that thing just free. No. Just yeah. So uh, sandwiches or pepperonis. Today I took a um, pasta salad for lunch because that's actually what we made for dinner, and then I took it for lunch because it was a cold thing. Um, and I do like, I don't mind hot stuff for lunch too. It's just, I run hot and then I get so fucking sweaty at work <laughs> because I'm like up and moving and stuff at, at my job. And it's just like, I, I know that if I took like, say I took like stew and I ate that, which you mentioned, Sam, if I had yeah. a big hot stew, it would just reek out of me and like sweat out of me for hours. Right. After. So that's why I try to save the big heavy stuff for dinner. And then mm-hmm. I try to keep it light. I don't know. We got a good cafeteria where I work, so uh, sometimes I'll get their stuff, like, you know, maybe a little poutine here and there, because that's uh, not too heavy. It's not too hot. Nice little treat. Nice little treat. Um, I don't know if uh, either of you ever play with, like, this. I think of this maybe as, like, a big brain play, where you actually make dinner, but it's not about the dinner itself. It's actually for the lunch, where you're, like, actually more excited for eating this thing for lunch rather than in the moment of the dinner. I do that with like a, I'll make like a chili or a big stew oh. for like all, every meal the next couple of, like the next couple of days, you know? Yeah. Like I made a big uh, beef uh, bouillon, however you pronounce <laughs> that, like beef burgundy or whatever, mm-hmm. um, like a little while ago. And now it's just, I just, like, we my family just ate that over the, I just ate that over the course of like a week for like every meal, you know? Oh. Yeah. And I, that, which, which I was, that's like partially why I made it. So I could just like not have to worry about my meals the next few days, you know? Yeah. Oh, big leftover guy. I love, as Sam knows, my chili. I make a huge pot of chili. Yeah. And I eat it for like four or five days. And that that's like, oh, yeah. it's my best feeling is like Sunday spending all day making chili and just knowing that I have a meal of, of this good chili for days and days to come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Mm-hmm. The you, best. You ready for some tech talk? Oh, shit. Is this a new segment? (laughs) I recently discovered the Gaming Historian YouTube channel. The guy on there Mm. declared the Virtual Boy is one of Nintendo's biggest missteps, and apparently I'm one of the few that actually got one of those short-lived red and black consoles. That's that's wild. I remember the boxing and pinball games being fun, but it is easy to see why it failed. So have you guys ever owned any video game consoles or other tech that quickly bit the dust? Oh, big time. But Sam, what about you? You know, I'm a younger man than Justin Peterson, so yeah. I didn't own a Virtual Boy. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really. I had like a GameCube and a Wii, because my, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, I was uh, very poor when I grew up, so we didn't nice. really have money to buy consoles. So I just kind of nice. had those two that I got for Christmas, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those are all the consoles I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, you know, one controller for what, each of them. What about any t- other tech? Um. Did you ever? I mean, ever I, did you ever have a uh, a Kobe MP3 player? Or a no, Zune? I mean, no, I did. I mean, I have like some like pedals, like guitar pedals that they don't make anymore. <laughs> okay. But that's kind of yeah. it. You know. Mm. I uh, I mean, guitars are cool. I never had a Virtual Boy. Didn't but, those like uh, hurt your eyes really bad when you played? Yeah, because it was like it was just goggles that you put like right on your face, and they had like a little stand. Virtual Boy mm-hmm. was, uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. Like um, nineteen, it's, it's like nineteen nineties virtual reality. So it's like it's like yeah. killing your brain. It's like putting kind radiation of. in your brain. Yeah, kind it's like of. killing you. Yeah. Uh, I have one thing that I still have actually, which I think are I think are cool. Do you guys? I you might be too young, Sam, but Jared, do you remember the old watch games? Yep. That like it was a thing. I have Game uh, and Watch. 
Uh, I, I don't remember. Not that one. I don't remember what the real name is, but I had Power Ranger watches where mm. you would like move the character and it was a fighting game on your on a watch, which was super cool. Those are those got outdated really fast. I still have them though, which I think is neat. Does um, Tamagotchi count? Because I had a Tamagotchi, Tamagotchi does count. Yeah, I had yeah, those I, are huge. I had a couple of those. The uh-huh. one thing though that aged out immediately, I uh, I think I've mentioned years ago. I I'm one of the one of the only only people in the world, like one of a hundred people in the world, who bought a Wii U. Uh, so I got that, <laughs> uh, and uh, that was uh, that. that had a lifespan of about three years, and then it was dead. So mm-hmm. I, I have a Wii U, which is probably the worst uh, lived console. But oh well, right, Jer? That's right. I the thing that comes to my mind is a Sony mini disc player. I had a okay. mini disc. Yeah. So Mini what was what was cool. like? This isn't exactly the one I had, but what was yeah. interesting about the one I bought was the thing that was great about it is you could actually record with it. But they actually mm-hmm. disabled that feature when this was like kind of in the heyday of things like Napster and LimeWire and Kazaa, yeah. where people were stealing music online, and then they'd be like, before um, you know, it was an alternative to your. Um, this is before iPhones, but I guess like mm-hmm. iPods were kicking around, but this was... Oh, I have uh, an iPod. Yeah. I, I have uh, one that has a dead battery at this point. Mm. Oh. But, That's uh, what I used to do because I, uh, I gave music from... Some, you know, anyways, continue. Sorry. And, oh, sorry. I was going to say, another discontinued. No, no more. iPods? Yeah. What are you going to be do all your stuff on? Jared doesn't have a cell phone, Sam, so he literally yeah. only has an iPod. What are you going to do now? Get a Zoom? You have to get a cell phone, maybe. They might they might have got you, Jared. Well, I, 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 I did find in my, uh, my travels to America, I was relying on the others <laughs> who had phones. Uh, like a, for, like, for like I, I had, so what I would have to do is if anything involved uh, having an internet connection, like with, you know, creating a, with like a QR code, I'd have to make sure I took a screenshot of it. So I'd have it in my photo saved and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, like a kid who has to use your mom's phone yeah. for stuff. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, but yeah, so this thing was like uh, real cutting edge for its time. And, it lasted. Mm-hmm. It was cutting edge for you know, probably less than two years. Yeah. So what? It was like a CD player plus like an iPod, like an. And, but player. it was also a sound recorder. Like you could actually yeah, like yeah. get really good, like really good audio off of it. So uh-huh. you could like, hook it up with some mics and stuff like that, and it, yeah, you could yeah. Uh, record sound. That was part of the goals to get good sound uh, at the time. Oh, that's cool. So I mean, that's before like there was zooms, like an, uh, mm-hmm. an H4n or whatever, but uh, task cams or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And mini discs, they were like little uh, floppy discs. Yeah. Kind of. They they weren't actually discs like the ones I had were like square, like solid squares. They're like little floppy disc things that you threw into the mini disc player. It's kind of cool. It's huge. Yeah. Huge. I have a, wow, an iPod that, that people consider that outdated that I use for music. I just get music from uh, certain places that I won't mm. disclose for <laughs> legal reasons. Chick-fil-A? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't come on, RJ. They're gonna. Yeah. Can't help using Chick Fil A's uh, Wi Fi. Yeah, using <laughs> Chick Fil A Wi Fi to download. There's, there's no rules there. Yeah, there's no. It's lawless land there. No. Except okay, the we... only law is uh, close on Sunday. Yeah. And also, um, that the LGBTQ community is not welcome there. At uh, Chick Fil A. 
It's a shame. Yeah. It's okay. We'll we'll go after Chick Fil A. We've we've tackled uh, bigger beasts. You remember John Criterion? Yeah. No one's seen him in a while. Yeah, no one heard from that guy. You guys really, you really stuck it to him. Right here. We did it. Right here. Mm-hmm. You see this? Yeah. Uh, RJ's pointing to his muscles. Also, I should say before when I when Jarrett said uh, good audio quality, uh, he did air quotes. <laughs> yeah. He was good. joking. He was joking. Yeah. He was being sarcastic. We don't have descriptions of our visual comedy, but now you're here. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff, yeah, just for the, you know, that's why you got to pay the money and get on the podcast so you can see the visual gags. Like, <laughs> that's right. It's worth every penny. Yeah, uh, Jared penny. and RJ are doing a whole, like, vaudeville, like, physical mm-hmm. comedy yep. thing yep. that you, you guys just can't see. I think it was uh, Lewisian after a jury. Ooh. Yeah, a little, yeah, very Lewisian, you know, Chaplin esque. Ketonian. Ketonian. Yeah. Well, you know, as Jean Luc Godard said, um, Jerry Lewis, he's better than those two. So. Oh, shit. He did say that. He did say Jerry Lewis is better than he, he, Chaplin and Keaton, which well, is kind he, of a. Uh, he got a lot of things wrong. Well, maybe he was right. He said a lot that. of stuff. <laughs> he, said, he, did, <laughs> he said a lot of stuff. Well, you know, maybe he's a smart guy. So maybe some of the stuff he says is right. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm saying. Could be. That's all I'm saying. Any more emails, Garrett? I'm trying to finish this one. I have one paragraph. One one piece of tech no one remembers was a thing called Divix on DVD players sold in the early days from Circuit City. It was this rental feature that had you buy discs from Circuit City for a couple bucks, but once you played them in the internet-connected Divix... uh, DVD player, they could only continue playing for a couple days before becoming deactivated. Uh, mm. Love it. But of course, you could pay nice. more money if you decided that you wanted to own the movie for real and get unlimited mm. plays out of it. What a wow. what a host job. Um, oh, wow. Well, that's all for now. Have a great show. Cheers from Big J Money Peterson. Whew. Well, Whew. we got... Thank you, Justin. We, we got <laughs> one more email. What? Yes. All right. Let's Rob Eagle. I told you, we're an hour, yes. folks. We're an hour two. We're going. No, 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 no. Don't tell them the timestamp. Just okay. don't think about that. <laughs> we're doing it. Hi, Chris. We're going fast. We're going really this, fast. This is very fast. Well, and welcome yeah. back. Where you been, buds? Missed you guys mm. last week, but it turns out I couldn't have emailed anyway. Last Wednesday, I'm standing in my kitchen, deciding whether to have jelly deals or blood sausage on my crumpet. And there's a no. Oh, I'm back. English people suck. I'm back. Yeah. I'm English people suck. I retract what I said. That's disgusting. They, they get what they I'm deserve. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, Oliver's 100% right. I wasn't even talking about Oliver, but Amer- even, people make fun even, of- even with the sheep fucking. People, Americans who make fun of British people, we're right. They're right to do so. I'm back in. And there's a knock on my door. Standing on my doorstep, suitcase and guitar in hand, and looking rather worse for wear, is this... There's some knocking. There it is. Is this wacky-looking dude with blue-shaded sunglasses. Is this the Regency England super expensive holiday inn, he asks? No, said I. This is Roger English's comfy bed and breakfast. At this point, I should mention I supplement my income running a modest but exclusive guest house. No pests, or sorry, no pets, no Irish, no Canadians. And sometimes the Google algorithm puts my establishment near the top of the page. Why didn't you look closely at the screen, I ask. Blue glasses, dude, he says. Why didn't you press the proper button? 
Half a finger, baby. Well, it all turned out okay in the end, except for that final morning. Wanting to class up the place, I'd ask myself what might be even more upmarket than chocolates on the pillow when the guests arrive. I decided chocolate mousse on the duvet would be even classier. Turns out this wasn't one of my better ideas. A triggering incident, said one of the investigating officers. Mm. Regards, Rob Eagle. What happened to R.O. Beagle? I don't know. He died. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, you know, he, he jokes about no Irish allowed, but they actually do that in England. So, you know. Oh, like, oh they don't let Irish people in? They don't, they don't let Irish people. So as someone with an Irish last name, you know, mm. I don't like that. I don't think that's funny. Yeah, I'm but I'm, I'm, I mean, oh, nice, <laughs> nice, Jared. Oh, Johnny Depp in Newcastle. This, this was a, a second email from Rob Beagle. Just this link. Just really, he just sent the link. Just the link. No, no uh, editorializing well, at all. Just that's good. Painting yes. the tune red. Johnny Depp finds 15 million reasons to celebrate as he parties in Newcastle with Jeff Beck and Sam Fender after winning his mega money libel trial against ex-wife Amber Heard. Thank you, Daily Mail. Yeah, thanks, Daily Mail. Hey, you Jeff know Beck what? In concert once. More like a Daily Fail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all I'll say. Got him. Got him. Yeah. Swish. That's, that's the yeah. That's Swish. the bucket. Yeah. And then this is the bicep thing. More phys- more uh, more uh, physical c- comedy from RJ that you guys just are missing, missing out on. They they got they got to sign up if they want to see gotta it. Sign up. Oh. You got to be. Yeah. Well, that's our that's the emails. Nice. Um, Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, yes. It's been a great show. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah. yeah. See you later. Psych. We have more <laughs> to do to discuss. Um, we Multiple do. Hours. We do. Yeah. No, no, we'll be fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i i remember hearing that an hour ago uh-huh. uh, i was you know now i always met you know there was fun and, you know in screen in screenwriting terms i was fun and games but now it's serious business now we're getting serious okay yeah, oh, serious shit. Business. all right shit. um well what have you two been creeping on in the last two weeks uh sam would you like to talk about the films that you've been creeping on or things um yeah i can go first so i watched yeah, a lot not? of stuff the last two weeks but i won't talk about it at all because you know that would be we'd be here all day you know i don't want to do that. sure um so let me just pull up letterbox because uh you know i don't know you, you know you're a real movie head when you can't you don't remember <laughs> what you watched the last couple of days um that is very true okay um yeah i watched a good amount of stuff um Let's see. I'll I'll just stick to within the last week, you know, keep things fair. So, mm-hmm. um, I the first thing I watched this last week was uh, I watched a little movie. I mentioned uh, this guy earlier. Uh, I watched a little movie directed by Paul Schrader. Ooh. Um, I watched 2002's Autofocus. <laughs> Yay! Directed by Paul Schrader. Mm. Jared, you made a little a little a little <laughs> face. Um, you you guys, either of you fellas, seen this movie? Before? I have. No. Oh, about it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a movie. It's uh. It's, it's about spoilers. It's how the podcast is going to end. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, yeah. It's about you know I kind of see a lot of Jarrett in this um, <laughs> in this in this character. Mm. No. So this is an autobiography. <laughs> Which of, one? Uh, no, oh, yeah. You have to. Well, you have to figure that out. That's for everyone. Yes. To, uh, 
Well, anyways, okay, so the movie. Um, the movie is a biography of uh, of uh, Bob Crane, mm. who was a uh, he was an act. He was a well known actor and uh, radio personality. He uh, starred in the TV show uh, Hogan's Heroes, which is like a bit. That was like a. Uh, it was like a big like hit TV show that ran to the '60s about like a uh, some Americans, or at least some some. It was about a, a German prisoner of war camp during World War II. Um, just kind of like a, a light kind of family friendly comedy. Um, but you know this this guy, Mr. Actor Mr. Crane, portrayed by Greg Kinnear in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know he had despite you know while he was you know he he played this very uh, kind of silly you know every man you know family friendly character. In, in a show, in reality, his personal life was uh, was a lot uh, darker because Mr. Crane was a uh, sex addict. Um, so he, I guess he, the so the way the movie portrays it, um, so Bob Crane, portrayed by Greg Kinnear, you know, he's a nice Catholic boy. Um, he gets this job, um, this acting job, and then he meets. Uh, Character played by Willem Dafoe named John Carpenter, no relation to the director, mm-hmm. uh, a different guy named John Carpenter, who basically is like a he he does like audio visual, I think for Sony or something. Um, but he meets he so he meets this guy on the set, um, and he kind of introduces uh, this like uh, this like home video recording uh, technology to him. Um, they go out one they go out one night uh, to some like strip club, I guess you know, which Bob Crane usually that's not his thing, but. Woman the foe brings him out there and uh, they meet some ladies. They bring him back because he's uh, this guy's a friend of one of his co-stars, the John Carpenter mm-hmm. character. And uh, they, he brings him back to his uh, to his pad. And, uh, you know, they he, they get with the ladies. And then uh, the next day, um, you know, ba- ba- basically John Carpenter kind of introduces this uh, Willem Dafoe character kind of introduces Bob Crane to this world of uh, sex. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Jared so, world. Yeah, so Bob Crane, he like starts playing. Uh, so what happens is like he starts playing drums. Um, cause he's like a drummer. He starts playing drums at strip clubs. And so what happens is, uh, because John Carpenter introduces him to like uh, this like video recording software. Because I, I guess he records like one of the sexual encounters they have, um, and like shows mm-hmm. it to Bob Crane, and he's like, oh, this is like sick. So they kind of start this uh, pattern of going out to strip to like clubs, uh, picking up women and then uh, having sex with the woman and recording it and then like keeping the videos. And this kind of uh, this kind of leads to um, a kind of moral and mental and career decline for mm-hmm. Mr. Crane as he kind of uh, he kind of um, plunges deeper into his sex addiction. You know, he he divorces his wife. Um is kind of estranged from his kids. He remarries, has a kid with another woman, but his career kind of go da- goes down the drain. You kind of see some very funny sequences where, like, he can't get any work, so he has to do, do like, dinner theater stuff, which I guess was, like, there are these acting companies that would tour around the country, like, at these restaurants and, like, do these, you know, people would, would pay to see, you know, dinner in a show. That's kind of where that comes from, I guess. Um, but, yeah, and, like, the kind of, the visual style of it is, like, really... Um, it kind of starts out. I mean, it's kind of standard, but I thought it would, for like Paul, because most of Paul Schrader's films, right, they're kind of shot in this kind of a ste- you know, very austere, kind of particular mm. way. Um, he usually doesn't get super subjective with, um, like the the way he shoots stuff. But in this movie, kind of, you know, as uh, as the movie progresses, as Bob, as Bob's life gets kind of further and further out of control, it kind of, you know, 
you kind of get you see wacky wackier angles kind of you know more frantic camera work you know the color palette kind of changes etc um anyways yeah i like this movie a lot mm. um i thought i think it's one of uh you know it's one of it was, it's one of mr paul's mr schrader's best i think a lot of people kind of have problems with um i think this movie kind of the reason this movie has kind of more of a mixed reception is i guess a lot of people have trouble with the bob crane character like i guess people don't see what they're supposed to find interesting about him but i think you know as far as this like very interesting i think he's a very interesting like compelling character the way like greg kinnear and schrader kind of portray him as this very like i don't know he 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 he's kind of just this like you know he's kind of detached but i think that, 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 that that's like a very accurate kind of portrayal of like how you know when you become addicted to something right you become like that like that like consumes you you know you become like a kind of detached um you know this object of your of your of your addiction kind of becomes like detached from you you know you you, you kind of become like uh you know you, you kind of become more of a, a a shell of a person i guess if that makes sense jared what do you think about this movie well so i bought this on dvd when it came out brand new because i was uh super excited mm. about watching this when it came mm. out in 2002 it did not yeah. play it did not play in uh theater at, at all which is no mm-hmm. surprise but i was uh you know i was really hard for schrader and uh, i was like oh, oh man i can't wait to watch this and the the trailer of this is like whoa that uh, Willem Dafoe's delivery of like we got a good thing going, Big Daddy. Why well, ruin oh, yeah. it? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that was like oh, that was my thing. I don't really, I don't think it left much of an impression on me. Like I, it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, right. And even when I was kind of doing like a Paul Schrader um, kind of watch of like all the stuff I had never seen, like American Gigolo, because um, like I'd watch stuff that he had written like the stuff he wrote was for CZV and then like even like affliction um and that yeah. kind of stuff that like, he's he's always been like kind of fascinating i guess yeah and then like even his misses are fascinating too yeah like, mm-hmm. uh, like cat people like cat people yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's been a while like your description of it does make it sound like something i should rewatch cuz like it's been ten, oh God, it's been 20 years since i've watched yeah, it yeah yeah um which is kind of crazy to think about now mhm <laughs> wow anyway um yeah but yeah they have some because part of it was the weirdness of the the, sh- the concept of hogan's heroes as well which i think is even now even more bizarre like oh I, yeah like, i don't know because like i remember because mm-hmm. i my my knowledge of hogan's heroes actually came from you know the simpsons when like they'd be talking about colonel clink and stuff like that and you're always like what was this show and you're like oh <laughs> like it's about a you know german pow camp and, it's like, <laughs> yeah, and then and it's like, it's like, like oh comedy. all the hijinks it's like ah great it's like great escape kind of fun where it's like ah they're always trying to like get away and like trying to pull one under uh or one out under um you know the <laughs> the germans but <laughs> Right. And, people, and of course, it's like you have these like I don't know these dads, I guess who I I remember my time at the POW camp, <laughs> and you're just well, like, yeah, the, it's it's quite a bizarre idea. Yeah, and, and the, the and, concept of like a broad comedy about a yeah like Nazi camp is like kind of yeah absurd. And, it's like, and the idea of escape, mm-hmm. it's like well, you just get gunned down and shot and you're dead. That's, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what they would do because um, it's one less mouth to feed. But uh, yeah, because even in the, sh- in the movie, they acknowledge it's like, well, this is kind of a bad taste. Which yeah, there's a really funny yeah. scene where uh, he gets interviewed by um, 
like a reporter like Bob Crane does. He's like uh he's asking him very like kind of appointed questions. He's like, Hey, hey now, like come on, like aren't you a journalist supposed to be objective? And the guy's like, I'm a journalist, but I'm also a Jew. Yes. You know, so this guy was like offended. I think that was a common Classic. reaction to class. Anyway, uh, I think it was like a uh, just. A, I think that was like a common kind of sentiment around the movie. Although, like, or around the the is a common sentiment around the show. Although the show was a huge hit, you know. Yeah. Especially in its earlier seasons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it kind of is that kind of the uh, rise and fall trajectory. It's kind of a uh, reminiscent kind of to me, of, uh, kind of a Boogie Nights a little bit. Even oh, though yeah. the like, I mean, that's like, I mean, that's a lot of movies. Like <laughs> a lot of biopics yeah, like the, have the, that. The, the Goodfellas, uh, yeah. Boogie yeah. Nights. You, you um, start getting the gray side, the side temples, and you're getting more and more um, uh, ostentatious um, sunglasses and bigger yeah. hair and side bur- and sideburns. Like, oh man, he's really yeah. hit. He's really hit the skids. <laughs> look at right. Look, look at the state of him. His shirt's unbuttoned. But right. Uh, <laughs> but I, I know. Well, it is kind of like that is a very common like trajectory you see in movies. I don't know. I I just think that like Bob Crane is just like a this kind of you know, character. I just feel like it's so, he's just such an interest. I don't know. To me, I think he's just such an interesting, just like this man, totally like, you know, he's an addict, but he's just, he's just totally like, um, succumbing to this lifestyle. That's like, and I don't know. I, I just think like, and like as a character, he's just like, I think his trajectory of like, um, he's kind of weird. Like, I guess search for meaning as well as like the just of it, you know, how he like justifies, this lifestyle to himself too. Like there's no moment of, cause in a movie like Goodfellas or something, you know, you get kind of a moment of like reckoning where it's like, okay, this is bad, but that never happens, you know, because he's just a total from the beginning of the movie to the end. He's just totally, it's just, he's just getting worse and worse, you know? Well, I can, Hey RJ, do you want to read a, a line from the movie? I believe this is delivered in monologue uh, or as a voiceover narration. Here we go. Yeah. I'll send it to you in the chat. Uh, Sam can read it too. Oh, oh you'd yeah, like me to read yeah. this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want, before I read this, I, I just want people to understand that this is a quote from a movie and not the personal opinions of the podcast hosts or characters portrayed on the podcast. <clears throat> I'm a normal, red-blooded American man. I like to look at naked women. I love breasts. The bigger, the better. Nipples like udders. Nipples like saucers. Big, pale, rosy brown nipples. Little bitty baby nipples real or fake what's the difference i like tits who's kidding who tits are great well it's an end quote so uh which character is that in in this film that's the main character that's, that's bob, bob crane, crane. there's oh, also okay. the fun the classic uh go balls deep pop <laughs> line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that during the the nightmare sequence during the nightmare sequence he has like a dream sequence where he's like you know his whole family's watching him have sex with a woman Oh great. Mm-hmm. Uh RJ, do you know the fate of Bob Crane? Uh no, I'm unaware. I, okay. I have not seen this well, film. Well, well, you'll, well, you'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's in the letterbox description. Don't read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it's, it's a true story. I so mean everybody you know yeah. about Bob Crane. Mm. You you've you know. I think it was more well known in two thousand two. I think nowadays it's kinda like uh it's a weird Yeah, I ain't never heard this person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Uh, but so I mean, like everyone knows, like Willem Dafoe, he's America's sweetheart. But uh, what, what do you, how do you feel about Greg Kinnear, Sam? I think he's great. I think he's yeah. he he just goes, uh, you know, he kind of goes bozo a little bit. He's just playing this like kind of empty, you know, 
kind of like this bozo character where there's like nothing you know he's he has like this very kind of surface he's like i would describe his charisma in this movie as something like similar to like tom cruise where he's like very charismatic but there's like nothing behind right you know those eyes <laughs> he's an empty soul you know like how, how a like a doll's eyes like dolls like a doll's eyes yeah what's that rj how do you feel about stuck on you the great canary uh, i actually haven't seen that movie that's that's a fairly <sighs> brothers movie Right. Mm-hmm. RJ yeah, yeah. lent that one to me because I, uh, I, 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 I I missed it. I missed that. I probably one. that one's good. People like that one. They, they do, sure liked it. Some, some, some um, do. Yeah. Okay. Here, let me let me move on. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll focus. Good movie. I watched a little movie called uh, Three Bad Men oh. uh, from 1926. This is a movie directed by John Ford. It's uh, one of his remaining few remaining silence. He directed like forty or fifty silent movies, and like almost all of them are gone, like are lost. Hmm. Same as as are most silents in general. Isn't it like something like something like eighty ninety percent of silent movies are gone? Just like of all silent movies are just like gone, like lost. Um. Anyways, yeah. So this is a movie. Uh, I think it was the last western he made before Stagecoach. Um, and it's one of the few. I think it's like one of the few westerns he made during the silent period that didn't star Harry Carey. Who was kind of like this star he worked with a lot during like the 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 nineteen tens and twenties. I think the nineteen tens mostly. He was like he was like his John Wayne of the tens, nineteen tens. Um, but so this movie, it's about uh, it's set in uh, I think Oklahoma in like CU territory. Um, there's like there's like a gold rush in this area. Um, you know, there's some three outlaws who I they're 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 like wanted by the law, but they haven't really, they actually haven't really done anything bad. I think is like the movie kind of implies like they're, they're nice guys, but they're outlaws, you know? And they basically, um, you know, they, they, there's like a girl, uh, who's, uh, her father gets killed by some, um, cause there's, there's like this town, I guess, um, that's run by this really corrupt sheriff. Um, and like his kind of pack of, um, you know, thugs, I guess, who are like the police or whatever. And they, they go and they like, they like attack, uh, this stagecoach that she's on with her father and her dad is killed. And these three outlaws kind of come to her aid and, they, and then, uh, they come to her aid, uh, and they, they go to the town and it's, it's honestly, it's kind of just like a lot of like, it's, it's kind of like a hangout movie, I guess. There's a lot of just like kind of the like classic, like Ford bozo humor. Cause I feel like a lot of his silent movies are like, they're very much like, they're a, little bit, a bit more austere, you know, in, like, their tone and, like, composition. But this one is a lot just, like, you know, people just getting into wacky fights and just kind of silly kind of, you know, kind of silly comedies. Like, like comedy, like, like uh, set pieces and, like, scenes. A lot of just, like, you know, kind of wacky visual gags. They try to set her up with this, like, uh, singing cowboy character who's, I guess, like, an Irish immigrant. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of them hanging out in this town, kind of. There's some interesting, you know... I guess commentary on like, um, you know, on like uh, kind of the relationship of like these settlers to like the land, uh, the fact that they're on like native land, and also just like, you know, just kind of basic, um, you know, just kind of basic, uh, just kind of I don't know. Anyway, a lot, a lot, just kind of uh, it, it kind of reminds me a lot of like his later movies too. Like I said, it, it just in the in the way it just kind of focuses on, on just like these kind of grace notes of just like, you know, kind of broad comedy. And also just, you know, there's like some sad and like delicate moments too. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of like 
close-ups actually in this movie too and like and like kind of close-up shots which you don't see in a lot in uh i feel like you don't really see a lot in like his silence at this time too i feel like you know he's 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 kind of all about the medium shot just in all his movies in general he, he loves the medium and the long shot um but yeah just kind of this really beautiful movie uh the you know there's kind of a a, a a kind of climactic end with like the outlaws and uh, the the uh, the sheriff and his people, like as they, you know, rushed for the gold. Um, yeah, pretty good movie. I like I liked it. Either of you uh, seen this one? Well, I know uh, RJ. I think has, knows it really well, but I've seen this mm, and I watched course. it like six years ago. But I, I I don't remember anything about it. But apparently, I really liked it when I watched it because I dropped four stars on oh, it. Oh yeah, four stars. Yeah. yeah. So I did like it at the time. Um, when I was looking at the poster, I was thinking about um, I guess like other like westerns from that period of time. There's the one that I like amazed exists. It's a uh, the Big Trail. It's a Raoul Walsh movie. I don't know okay. if you've heard of that. Oh, okay. It's yeah. It, you you should uh, if you track it, track a copy of it down because just like purely from like a visual standpoint, like the on a technical level, it's it's amazing. It is uh, they they were like bringing out you know you know giant cameras to the desert to shoot this thing, uh-huh. and it looks amazing. Like for 1930, um, it's just that poster reminded me of that movie, and I always go people. Right. Check out the big trail, but yeah, I, honestly, sadly, I don't remember much of the three bad men. But I would agree in thinking it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, it's kind of like honestly, it's a little like there's a lot of like really powerful kind of like imagery and like moments in the movie as a whole. It's like not his most memorable, I would say, or like the most memorable movie like this. But you know, it's a good way to good way to spend uh, two hours, one hour and a half. You know. I think Just I think like I think it's podcast. an hour and a half. I think, I think it's a hundred minutes. Well, this is a good way to spend. This podcast is a good way to spend five hours. Seven to eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually. Um. Yeah. But I watched that movie. Uh, just because, like, I don't know. For like silent movies in general, and like Ford silent movies are like I haven't seen a whole lot of them. Um. So it was kind of cool to see, you know, one of his earlier movies. I've only seen a total of eleven John Ford movies. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. In my mind, it's kind of like John Wayne, though. I think where it's like I've only actually seen like twelve John Wayne movies. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, and like you know, he was just in so much stuff. One, well, but kind of just one of those on the list is actually like directed by John Ford, the documentary. Oh, oh, yeah. so the eleven then the, the Bogdanovich thing, yeah. Well, John Ford, he's kind of you know he has so many movies that it's kind of he he's kind of you know he can kind of be like a kind of permanent blind spot yeah. that you always just kind of you know return to the well to, and usually you know it's good. Usually you won't be disappointed. Um, Usually, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have. I mean, he has some stinkers here and there, but you know, he made like two hundred movies. You know, give him a break. It's like this podcast. Um, There's some stinkers. Well, he made over three hundred. So, um, all right. So I'll just kind of like burn through this. I watched a movie called The Victim, uh, the Sammo mm-hmm. Hung movie from 1980. It's a kung fu movie. Uh, kung fu movie is not a genre I'm super familiar with, and Sammo Hung in particular. Mm-hmm. is not a uh, director I'm super familiar with. He was, uh, for those who don't know, he was a Hong Kong director. I think he got to start with the Shaw Brothers. Yeah. Which was like, right. yeah, they were like, that's how a lot of guys got their start. The Shaw Brothers were like, uh, they were just like the studio that kind of dominated the Hong Kong uh, film industry from in like the 60s and 70s, basically. And the, the way they worked is like, they kind of had this like, they almost ran like, it's like the cinematic equivalent of like uh, sweatshops. 
where they would they would kind of sign they would sign these like actors and directors onto these like draconian like several year contracts. Everyone would just like and like everyone would just like live in this one building called Shawville and just like work on these movies in these very dangerous conditions for very low pay, like all day, like all day every day. They just like pump out these like really incredible, um, like really incredible movies. And what's kind of what's kind of interesting about Shaw, well, what's about Shaw Brothers is like uh, you know. There's kind of like a very, it's just like a basic, um, you know, level of like technical proficiency that you don't get in a lot of other, um, you know, industries. But anyways, yeah, Sam Ohong, he got to start uh, doing that. Um, he made a lot of like, you know, kung fu movies, and a lot of kung fu comedies as well um, that he often starred in and directed. You know, he was, uh, he has, cause he has pretty good, um, you know comedic chops and what's kind of the kind of i think part of the appeal maybe for sammo hung at least for meals at least for me is like it's gonna sound bad but like you know he's kind of a bigger guy he's a he's stocky he's a stocky guy yeah so there's just something kind of inherently comedic or not comedic necessarily but like interesting about seeing this you know bigger guy do all these like because he's an incredible athlete (laughs) yeah he's so athletic and he's doing all these incredible like kung fu these incredibly choreographed like kung fu set pieces right And like executing them perfectly, so it's like it's something just inherently like interesting watching that, like a bigger guy pull off all these kung fu movies, like these like really good kung fu moves. But yeah, I watched the victim because it just seemed like a good place to start with him. Um, this is a Sam Sanchez four and a half star movie, so you know Sam Sanchez, if you're listening, you know you have good taste. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I mean, I thought you and Sam Sanchez were rivals. Know. Oh no. No. Okay. Oh, we're for Sam said, okay, you know, Sam said, I'm just asking. Well, whatever. Well, I'm just telling you. Okay. Sam Sanchez, you know, I have no ill will. Good. Good. After he followed me, after he followed me back on Letterboxd, you know, no beef anymore. Yeah. Okay. Good to hear. It's all good. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, this one is just like, I don't know. There's like a, Sam Hung plays like a guy. He's like trying to fight. He wants to fight like the best. The movie kind of starts with him just fighting different like kung fu Pete, like kung fu masters because he wants to keep fighting until he get, he loses to someone and then that person will make his master so he kind of attacks he, he sees this random guy like like uh he's walking through the town and he sees this one guy like save this like woman i think or this old man this old man um from like a from danger in like a, a very athletic way so he like he challenges him to a kung fu fight he loses and he like he like follows this guy around wants him to be his master and uh this guy, you find out, he's, like, wanted by his brother. Um, he, and there's just, I don't know, I, I, there's just a lot of kind of, I don't know, there's a lot of really, this one is, like, really, really good um, kung fu choreography. You know, I'm not super familiar with this genre, but I really I was really impressed by what I saw. A lot of, like, like I said, just these really, like, incredible displays of, like, athleticism and just, like, this very intricate, like, ballet, like, you know, like kung fu moves and uh, there's there's, uh, there's a nice little twist you know like this one's at you know at, at the end of the movie which is you know that's nice to see um yeah the victim good movie um let's see i watched so um as a person who visited you know as an honorary canadian based on my yeah. visiting mm-hmm. um visiting canada and being on this podcast i uh i did my uh, national duty and I, I, uh, my duty as a, as a, as an honorary Canadian. And uh, a couple days ago, I uh, went over to the theater, oh. and I caught uh, a little movie called Crimes of the Future. 
Oh. Directed by uh, David, one David Cronenberg. You guys, you guys heard of this guy? David. You guys heard of this David Cronenberg guy? Sounds Canadian. Yeah, David Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. You guys ever heard of this guy? Yeah. He uh, makes, uh, you know, he makes movies that are they're, they're a little weird. You know, they're a little strange. A um, little bit. Cronenberg-esque. Yeah. Whoa, Cronenberg. Yeah, that's a that's a thing people say. I don't really know what they mean when they say that, but something people say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I went and saw Crimes of the Future in the theater, which was nice to see that I got to see it in the theater. Yeah. Um. I won't talk too much about it because I don't think. Have you have you seen this one? Not yet. No. No. Okay. Yeah. So it's a new release. You guys haven't seen it, so I won't talk much about it. But uh, yeah, this is definitely a um. This one's kind of a lot more, I think, in the in the mode of something like uh, Dead Ringers. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more like meditative and kind of more. Um, it's it's very didactic actually, which is I was not expecting. It's like very didactic, probably his most didactic movie. A lot mm-hmm. of people just like talk. A lot of these people just like talking, explaining things, etc. Um, you know, I had a uh, I liked it overall. You know, I, I it was nice to getting like I said, it was cool to see it on the big screen. You know, I had I nice time at the movies when I went and saw. I saw it with my friend, who had only seen, um, he'd only seen um, Eastern Promises. So hmm. he, this is kind of you know, hmm. this second Cronenberg movie, which was kind of interesting. This this, this is an interesting first Cronenberg, but yeah, I would say go see it if you can. Um, yeah, I liked it. it. It's very very late style, is what I'll say too. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll it, definitely that, that see it eventually. It's not it's not a, yeah. uh, a return to form. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a return it's kind of a return it's a kind of it's kind of about it's kind of about that that concept kind of I think a little bit. It kind of has it, it kind of comments on I think like his career and just like you know the the relationship of, of an author to their work of a creator to their to their work in general in a very kind of very you know late late style kind of way oh one thing i'll say actually about the victim the sam hong movie is there's a bathhouse fight in that movie that's uh you know much but you know it puts the one in eastern promises to shame although there's no p there's no you know <laughs> there's no uh there's no dong hanging unfortunately but you know oh like there is an eastern promises but uh, yeah crimes of the future definitely go see that one i don't know do you guys do you guys heard much about this movie I would. I surprisingly I want, little. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember that because obviously the the title is a play on one of his short films, and uh, mm-hmm. I knew it was coming, and then it's like suddenly out in theater, and it's actually even mm-hmm. playing in like uh, Creepsville's like first run theater, which is again, start, yeah. it's startling to, to see mm-hmm. like the world that we live in, and also kind of weird that I'm like, ah, movies, and they just kind of like they come out all the time, and I, yeah, I, I never I never saw that Northman, uh, I haven't seen that Men, all these movies that I would normally have just gone to see, but mm-hmm. man, uh, uh, life is conspiring against me from uh, doing yeah. such things, but I'm glad to see though, Sam, that you were able to see Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, you know, that's a great movie. That that and that final fight is. Oh my gosh, it's so, so good. So so violent, <laughs> so good. Yeah, it is. It is really violent, <laughs> but it's good. That that that's a great fight scene. Yeah. You know, Tarantino ripped that movie off. I think he like ripped Shaw Brothers movies off in general for like Kill Bill. That movie way better than anything. <laughs> I, I think he might have. <laughs> yeah, way better than anything in Kill Bill. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I... Crimes of the played played in the multiplex here is like playing in multiplexes here too, which is very interesting. You know, it's kind of the 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 range of yeah. movies playing there, but yeah, it's kind of nice too that you know it premiered at Con, 
and then came out a month later. Yeah. I like that. More movies should do that. They should. They More movies should do that. Instead of just play a con and you wait for eight months. And then <laughs> yeah. everyone who lives in New York and L.A. sees it. That's right. And then you see it like five months later you know you get the cycle already of like by the time you get to see it you already had the twitter backlash uh yeah this course is already yeah yeah. several layers of discourse rounds of discourse about it happened yeah and then you watch and go it was fine (laughs) i don't know what people were so mad about (laughs) yeah that's how i uh you know a lot of a lot of movies coming out that are just fine that people really like this year. That's all I'll say. Okay, so uh, so I know RJ still hasn't seen this, but uh, any, anything you want to mention about Everything Everywhere All at Once? <laughs> oh, have you seen it? I have. Oh, you have seen it, yeah. Um, I yeah, I think um, I don't get the, the all the love. I don't get all the like people saying it's the best movie of all hmm. time. Yeah. I don't. It was number one on Letterboxd, the top two hundred fifty, which and now it's number ten. Oh, it's, 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 it's starting to drift down a little bit because I remember yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. Po- it was poking it its was head at one. number one, and then it's like it was number one for a yeah, long time. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that movie is like, you know, like I said, it. You know, or I didn't say this. Well, like I said about Crimes of the Future, it's like nice to see it on the big screen. You know, like a vision on the big screen like that. But you know, it wasn't. It wasn't my favorite. That's you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, when RJ, I mean, if RJ, if you had seen it, I'd say more about it. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I have don't. not. RJ, you're really, I, you're I, really holding up this train. You no, know, I think that maybe you guys are <laughs> moving too fast. I'll say, Crime of the Future has a lot. I think Crime of the Future has more to say than Everything Everywhere All at Once. Damn. I'll say that. Yep. Damn. That's right. I'm. Pew, pew. <sighs> mm. I'm okay, shooting. so but a movie but I think both of you have seen that I watched after is uh, a movie called um, Zombie Flesh Eaters, <laughs> aka Zombie Two, aka Zombie. Fulci. From, from, yeah, mm-hmm. from 1979, directed by Lucio Fulci. Uh, you guys have both seen this movie, right? I yep. think. Um, I mean, you know, I don't need to say the premise. It's about you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zom- zombies in an island in shit i don't know <laughs> yeah so for people who don't know it's about some a journalist so some lady her father went to some uh caribbean island and disappeared so her and this reporter go to this island because like a boat i guess like her boat shows up in uh new york city and mm-hmm. uh and they go to this island to investigate what's going on and meanwhile there's a doctor on the island who's like trying to investigate uh voodoo mm-hmm and mm-hmm. uh, zombies. There's zombies on the island, and the doctor's investigating zombies. And they, uh, they, they, they encounter some zombies. Um, they so, run away. They run away from zombies. They run away from zombies. Oh. They, you know, some successfully, and and and, and unsuccessfully. There's some. There's a scene where a shark fights a zombie. <laughs> yep. Underwater. Um, okay, so I, I, uh, so. I'll just say I think you two are both familiar, more familiar with this genre than I am, so maybe I'm just easily impressed or whatever. But I'm like, as far as like Italian kind of exploitation and Italian like zombie pick movies, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are both more familiar with that than I am. It's kind of my first rodeo. But I, I uh, really like this movie. Yeah, I, I like this movie. I, I, nice. saw, I saw you. You dropped the I think five stars on this. Yeah, five stars. So let, let me tell you why. <laughs> I think this movie as like a um, John Latonin 
who's a guy on Letterboxd. He wrote a pretty good review. He wrote like a pretty a pretty good write up that I think kind of discusses what I what I th- like about this movie. I think it's just like a really as like a piece of um very evocative uh like as a very evocative like mood piece and just piece of like I don't know like vibe cinema. Yeah. If that makes sense. If mm-hmm. I think it's really good. I think like you know you have all these really beautiful shots of you know. So I, I, I okay. How do how do I say this? I like I like the way it's shot a lot. You know, I I think um the like, kind of formal precision uh, Lucio Fulci has in this movie is like really good. Like the way he kind of like he has a very particular particular way of like shooting the zombies, for example. Like he tends to shoot the zombies like they'll be being kind of one corner of the frame or one part of the frame, and there's a lot of like empty space, uh, a lot of negative space in this movie in general. It you know it has this very kind of empty um, feeling. The, and you also have this like very kind of evocative like editing style where like there'll be you know there'll be a sequence where like someone's getting mauled by a zombie and then just cuts to like the ocean you know which maybe you guys think is i think maybe comes across as amateurish but i think it's just really i think it's like i find it very like i don't know very like startling you know in like a very powerful way and i think like just this kind of hazy dream like atmosphere it has in general like you know the way the camera he'll move the camera around right the way he'll like cut kind of um you know between scenes and i just think it's like very beautiful and like the way um just kind of how like you know because the the attention is not really on like the, the plot of the movie right it's it's about like you know the atmosphere of the movie um which maybe that's maybe that's, that sounds dumb and maybe i'm just i'm giving this movie too much of a break but i don't know i just think like this movie has a very strong uh sense of atmosphere i think fulci has a really strong sense of composition and like just you know, like how, how, like where where the camera is placed, like how people are moving in the camera, um, you know. There, I guess there's you know this movie has some themes <laughs> too, <laughs> for all the theme heads out there. Mm. Um, I wasn't I wasn't as you know pay, I wasn't as uh, I wasn't paying as close attention to that. I was more you know clued in on uh, clued in on like the visual formalism. But um, I don't know. I just think like you know it's like a really powerful piece of like you know just very powerful piece of like just very evocative like cinema you know like he's just saying like oh like i, I like you know you have you do kind of have like the bare bones of a plot but the, you know he's just so free to kind of explore this like space um the, the, this kind of ethereal kind of space he he creates with uh the, you know the camera and uh you know, i don't know it's just i think it's really great um i thought it was very kind of startling mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. It, it, it reminded me of like something. Like, <laughs> this is gonna sound really dumb, but it kind of reminded me of like I don't know, like Eisenstein kind of like the kind of the editing, like how you have these very kind of I don't know, like like he'll cut, like I said, he'll, he'll he'll like like some of these really sharp like cuts that just they just kind of totally completely kind of change. Like he, you'll be in one place and and then you'll just be somewhere completely different and like a totally different like atmosphere and like or like a totally different like 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 uh. Oh, I don't know. I I just think like the juxt the raw just like juxtapositions you get in this movie of like when he just when the cutting happens like and like how like what yeah like when he cuts and like you know from image A to image B it's just so like it's so startling and it's just so I don't know I think it's like very I think it's great I don't know I, I, I don't know I really liked it what 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 do you guys think about well, this movie? well what, what it sounds like is like you're all geared up and ready to go for uh, for joining us for Lucio Fulchme next year. 
Not confirmed. Not confirmed. Well, <laughs> not confirmed. I've well, seen uh the Beyond as well and uh the Beyond, I don't know. It kind of it kind of this is a lot of similar stuff, but I don't think I was as clued into that one. I'll have to rewatch that one. Anyways, continue. Mm. Sorry. The Beyond is a grower. Yeah, um, that's so definitely my so my problem always with zombie is that or uh, zombie 2 uh is that I, I i'm not a fan of jungle zombies there's something, okay there's something about like there's a lot of italian zombies in the jungle movies uh, somehow uh, right. somehow there's like zombie holocaust uh mm-hmm. even i think like night of the zombies in there and like cannibal apocalypse it's always like goddamn jungle zombies uh, and there's something about it just like always just makes me go, oh man, I, I want to like this movie so much more. I love a uh, stout zombie that we get off the bat. That shot of it coming into the harbor in New York is like so yeah. so awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like every time I watch it, like I think I've warmed up to it a little bit. But there, there's something about those uh, something about the, the story itself that uh, I, I find really unsatisfying but uh sure. your, your description of it though is, is like I'm, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it so much because that's, mm-hmm. that's that's good that's uh i, I like that I, I think you should yeah. continue on with uh diving into some fulci because again well, I... it's like one of those things where you you watch them and then like sometimes you're just like i don't understand why anybody gives a shit about this and then like you let it sit <laughs> then, then then you give it like give it like five years ten years and you go back and then you watch it again and you go I don't feel. I feel like I didn't even watch this the first time, and then you go. Right. It was like better, but I still don't get it. And then you watch it again, well, and I gotta say, it's like there's a lot of movies. Like I'll, I'd be watching Zombie a lot more often than I would watch any Eisenstein movie. Mm. Oh, I see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I hope I don't sound like a sued like talking about this stuff. I don't know. I feel like I was just really, yeah, I was just like I really like just being in this space, you know, being in this atmosphere, yeah. you know, for ninety minutes, you know, like this. uh you know, I mean, yeah, the plot's kind of, it doesn't, it is kind of meandering, but I don't know, I just feel like the, just, the formal construction of it is just so, like, just so gripping for me, and, like, just the tech, you know, all, I, I like kind of the, the textures in this movie, too, like, you said you don't like the jungle zombies, like, like I said, I'm not, like, familiar enough with the genre to, like, know, like, that stuff very well, but I, I don't know, I always, like, I just really like the texture of, of, I mean, the zombies, but just, like, the texture, everything in general, you know, like, this kind of, like, sweaty kind of hazy right texture you get in this movie you know um and just kind of how the movie i don't know yeah just like how the movie um i for some reason i was able to just like just like clock i was able to just be uh clicked in to this like movies at vibe you know and maybe mm-hmm. maybe i was kind of being i think i i maybe it might have been like you know i was giving this movie the benefit of the doubt then maybe i i would have otherwise but i don't know i i was no. just i liked having this movie just like wash over me you know mm-hmm. and like yeah. what you said too about like the rewatch the rewatching like how uh you know on a re, you know you rewatch a movie and it kind of you're able to it, it, it just you know it, to use a to use a uh some uh colloquial colloquialism it hits different you know mm-hmm. that's definitely something I'm, I'm i'm excited to see how this movie grows on me in you know, a couple of years. Let it, per- let it percolate. Yeah, let it percolate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was just, there's just so many sequences. Like, I could talk, I could just talk about forever that I was just so enamored with, you know. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, looking at, so I'm looking at a list of zombie movies that I've watched from the same era. And of course, it always comes back to one of the, the great classics is, is Italian zombie films, uh, Burial Ground from 1981. Mm. Oh, I, I've seen that one. Yeah. I've seen Burial Ground, actually. <laughs> Good. That movie was a little boring. <laughs> it, 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 oh, but it's but it's got a vibe. It, 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 <laughs> oh, hey, hey, don't be nice. Be nice. Oh. Be nice. <laughs> I think I said, like, uh, it, to me, it's... Um, I feel like zombie is like really subjective, and I think it's it sounded like oh, sure. you you, uh, you 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 felt like you were like smoking indoors while watching it. Ooh, All right, I, I do like sure. smoking indoors. Come on, <laughs> is this a smoking indoors movie? Did I tag it with that? I don't know if you did. Very, it's actually very important to find out. It is funny that funny. like so this has like been an ongoing thing now for some time, but uh, it's like, so, it seems like it seems like movies like all all movies have smoking indoors essentially. So many do, so yeah. many do. Mm-hmm. I'll just have the tag title said out loud. <laughs> and the title of the movie said out loud, or if it's a silent movie, if it's on the screen. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, RJ, what do you think about zombie zombie flesh eaters zombie two? I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. I remember I I, I like Fulci. Like I was on board yeah. with it when I watched it, but yeah, yeah, I don't I don't remember it very much to speak to it. I remember the the worms scene is kind of gross, but oh yeah, that's just because I think worms are like, gross. Where it's like, like on like, the guy's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, on the zombie. Yeah, it's on the zombie's face. I thought you were talking about the scene because there's a scene where they go into like a I think a, a room and there's like maggots on everything, right? yeah that yeah worms and maggots are gross but you yeah know, it's a zombie thing so yeah no yeah Fulci I'm, I'm interested in checking out more of his movies as well because like I've heard that like for, like his some of his giallo movies are like very because this one's like kind of plotless but I've heard his giallo movies they're, they're very much more like kind of clot like very like a, kind of clockwork oh um, yeah like lizard and a woman's box. skin and uh um, yeah, the, like the psychic which is like the psychic yeah, is yeah. is very like De Palma y. Oh, okay. I might like it then. Yeah. Um, I like the Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe we should. Also, say is next week, folks. RJ and I will conclude the Harryhausen films because we would we, we would not mm-hmm. dare subject poor Sam to us talking about oh, stop motion. Mm-hmm. Oh, Here, I'll, ta- I'll talk about. Can I talk about like one more movie? Which one? <laughs> Which one? Are you gonna bring? Want, it, are, be... are you gonna bring us to three hours before we even talk? No, about... no, no. I'll okay. go fast. I'll go fast. Um, well, okay. I heard that two hours ago. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I watched a movie called Meetings of Man and John Ackerman. Good movie, but I watched another movie today. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that log. This I watched a movie called uh, Female Vampire. Oh, I did not. Jesus. I did. I did, did not. Mm-hmm. Jesus Franco. I got night. Yeah. So this one. Um, from what I gather, uh, Jess Franco, he's like a director where you kind of have to watch a lot of his movies to mm-hmm. kind of get on his vibe, you know, because none of his movies really like stands stand alone as like a masterpiece. It's kind of more about the cumulative effect of like watching a lot of his movies. So this is the first one I watched. Um, I liked it. There's a lot about it I really liked. I kind of like the, you know, his like kind of the way he kind of like... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just like the the way it's you know shot and like I like the really kind of like I said like the very like er like I said about zombie like the very kind of atmospheric, you know, uh, style. You know, like it's, it, there were scenes that were kind of dragged, you know, <laughs> a little bit. Like, uh, would, 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 like you, would you would you refer to it as wearsome tat? 
Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that. I did see your review of that, though. But, like, I don't know. Like, Lena Romay, like, writhing along on the bed for 10 minutes. That's, like, okay. You know, that's... That's... I don't need to see all this. Um, oh, yes, Although, I will say... That, well, but I will say there is something to those scenes, though. The way that, like, he shoots, like, people's bodies, you know, in like, this very particular, very particular way where, like, he's, like, zooming around, like, moving the camera. Where, like, the human body kind of becomes, like, a... It almost becomes, like, a kind of abstract kind of form you know like it's it kind of they kind of become like formless a little bit i kind of appreciated that and i, I know i like there's like a scene I, there's a, uh, a shot i really liked as well where it's like lena romay and like the one guy and they're like kissing or whatever they're like making out in the in the forest and the camera zooms in on some flowers that just become blurry and i thought that was i was like oh that's like an interesting shot you know no. a lot of stuff like that you know a lot of wacky camera moves and angles uh yeah yeah, I when, like that. When you start re- getting into Franco, you start realizing it's like, oh, he he does this pretty consistently, and right. it's like, and this is exactly what he wants to be doing. <laughs> like, it, well, it, but, and, it, yeah. So I'm excited to watch more of his movies. You know, he seems like he kind of has his very particular, uh, like his very own, like particular, like cinematic language. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 You have to, it's like you have to. You have to unlearn everything you knew. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Watch uh watch Lorna of the Exorcist. That's the okay. that, that's a gooder. That's, that's a, a gooder. That's, well, that's, that's, that's got crabs. Oh oh like crab like, like crabs. Like, 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 no, like, no, oh, okay. like the, the like crabs. Okay. Mm. Well, I I watched Female Vampire because it, it's at the top of your Jess Franco list, I think. And I, yeah, and I'd say that of like all the ones I watched, that was one where I was like, oh my god, this thing hits. Because like I, I started watching like his '80s stuff without really mm-hmm. any context of like what I was right. dealing with, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And uh, <laughs> and then I kind of like was like, I don't know what what was there that I think I, I viewed it as a challenge, and then I've now since been won over. But I, it takes a while. I'm uh, yeah. I'm 43 deep out of 193 loggable yeah, films. There. So I mean I've slowed down a lot because I think I've hit like the stuff I was interested in, which is a lot of the the genre things. And there's a lot. I think there's like a few things that are trickling out now that are some of the more interesting films, I guess. But I mean it's uh it's not for everybody. This is Franco yeah, guy, but that's that's for sure. Yeah, but he's uh. Yeah, it's curious, and I love that he just shows up in his own movies because oh yeah, like like a good director does. He's like the he's like the um the guy does the autopsy in this one, I think. Yeah, and does a little bit of investigating. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Beautiful. Sorry mm-hmm. to make you guys sit through that. <laughs> no, it's all I good. Probably expect, I'm sorry to make you guys uh, listen to me babble about. That's zombie. That's why you're here. That's what we want. We want more more zombie, less Eisenstein. Well, I have more to talk about, but we know, we know it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love it. Yeah. We love it. Uh, all I want to drop for my, uh, my news bit is, uh, mm-hmm. and I sent this to RJ about, uh, this was from discussing film, how Nev Campbell will reportedly not return for scream six. And somebody on Twitter wrote, Nev Campbell is the next best thing after Wes Craven. What they should have done was ask her personally where she wants the story to go, and I'm sure it would have been a great collaboration. Why does Tom Cruise get to produce Top Gun Maverick, but Nev doesn't get to run Scream? And I'm like, wow, you couldn't possibly think of any reasons. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she's not interested. Maybe she didn't want to return. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
There's a lot of things there. A lot of things at play. It's true. I mean, I don't know. It's like I don't know how often actors get asked about uh, I don't know big budget horror movies about 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 mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Anyways, aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. well, before RJ falls asleep, um, yes, we, we've got movies to talk about, my friends. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, RJ, you didn't want to? You saw some of those ain't those Greek god movies? I'm not going to be talking about those. Oh, okay. That, oh, those no, are that, no, those are very house and tangential films. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Next week. Next week. Um, after the break, um, Pascal, Pascal, Pascal. I love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her head. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're continuing on with the Six Moral Tales by Eric Romare. Um, with uh, two of his next films in the set, My Night at Mods from 1969 and The Collection News from 1967. And folks, mm. special surprise, of course, mm. we are joined by, uh, I guess, fairly longtime Creeps villain, Sam mm-hmm. Loveland, mm-hmm. Uh, who is just finishing off some chips. Uh, he's muted right oh, wow. now. No, he's having no, a big... No, no, there, he, there, he, there he is. He's got a mouthful. Some chips. Yeah. Very good. Well, I think I think it needs to be. We need to talk about the commitment we have to this podcast. Uh, Sam Loveland, our special guest, has skipped dinner because this podcast, uh, YouTube listeners don't realize, but we've been going on for about six hours currently. Yeah. So this podcast is hour six of the podcast. So uh, Sam had skipped his dinner, and he needs to kind of catch that up. But uh, welcome, Sam, oh, thank the you. love machine. Love thank land. you. Thank you. Um, and uh, here, let me let me play. Let, let me just. He's got something. Oh, I, I know what that is. Hit it again. That's uh, I asked my Quebec. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> my Quebecois friend um, how to correctly pronounce uh, Eli Cromay, Romel, whatever. Ah. So, uh, so two weeks so ago. On on uh, when I posted the previous episode on YouTube. Uh, someone mentioned, "Hey, uh, this is how uh, you properly pronounce." Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Nice. And then with Are a you link. Serious? Yes, I am serious. They're being polite, though. They're being yeah, they they're being helpful. Yeah, oh, they're being helpful. Mm. And I think uh, the col- the collection the collector. I think it's uh, la collectioners. 
about three hours everything everything so i the mean the whole spectrum of human ex- experience yep everything and um yeah i mean if you really want to like have things figured out for you you should tune in to, to all of that because it's it's gold it's gold rj gold i would um so sam what brings you here to uh six moral tales uh mm-hmm. you, you you asked me about this uh several weeks ago kind of out of the blue uh from my perspective because i'm kind of like why, why would anyone want to come on for Eric Romer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you pronounced it really well. You sound like a mm-hmm. Frenchman, a, a robot Frenchman. A, a real, a real. That wasn't a robot. That was my friend. Oh, but it sounded friend, tinny. It actually sounds well, very similar to the uh, to on the YouTube pronounce thing. It's on. Oh, there. really? Yeah, that's good. Well, now, you know, now, you sound like. You've earned your middle name, Francois. You know. Wow. Ah, Final, yeah. you fin- finally, I got my uh, my French. Uh, no, wings. but what brings me on? I mean, yeah, it's a little, probably a little weird, jumping on in the middle of a, like a three part, um, series of the because you're doing a box set, but uh, you know, er- Eric, this, er- this director, <laughs> he's uh, I don't know, I I've seen um. A decent amount of his movies. I've seen maybe five or six of his movies at this point, and uh, I I like him. I really like his his stuff. So, uh, you know, I thought, um, you know, th- he's a director who I you know would be I wanted to talk about, and uh, who I thought I don't know, you guys could uh, use my my genius insights into uh, his uh, his film. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I don't know Eric, uh, Eric Romare. He's I don't know. I just he's a uh, director I really like. I like his style. You know, spoiler alert. You know, I like it. I like you Eric like Romare, it, but uh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't talked about these movies in particular yet, but um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I just wanted to come on and chat about these two movies that I'm really interested in. But this director, I, I really like. Well, I, 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 I think that uh, it'll be a, a great boon for our listeners that you're here to talk up these movies. Yes, but... I agree. <laughs> it seems like um, the whole genre of like. You guys seem to be rather ambivalent towards the whole genre of uh, ugly French people talking. It seems mm-hmm. to be a genre you guys are not, it, it, you know, you, it's kind of hit or miss with you guys. We're Italians, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Ugly Europeans talking oh, in general. You, you, know, know? you know about ennui? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know about ennui. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, I got that live on turn. Yeah. So in, in the, the box set, My Night at Mott's from 1969 apparently comes first. So we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, so the, the, <laughs> the story on that. It, so it, the reason is, uh, so my night at mods, he originally wanted to shoot first, but uh, he wanted to A, shoot it at Christmas. So he wanted to shoot it at Christmas time, like because that's when the movie set in the winter. But uh, Jean-Louis Trintignant, the, uh, the star, he was unavailable at the time. Like he was going to originally shoot it. So he had to wait a whole year. To, to shoot it because he wanted, like I said, he wanted to shoot it out winter, like around Christmas time. So he shot uh, La Collectionneurs like in the meantime. So that was shot first, but it, it comes second in the series because mm. it's a mis- he didn't want to shoot it, you know, 
So, so that's why the Monday Night Mods was released later, but comes uh, earlier in the series. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, the, to kick off My Night at Mods, um, which is, uh, again, like I haven't seen any of these movies uh, before this week, um, a synopsis. The rigid principles of a devout Catholic man are challenged during a one-night uh, one stay with Maud, mm. a divorced woman with an outsized personality. A what? An outsized personality. What does that mean? Um, I don't know. She, she she's got uh, she's she's a talkative broad. She's got know? she's oh. got opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's a real opinionated type of dame. You know. Yeah, I got you. She, I got you. She doesn't think. She doesn't pipe down. Yeah. Interesting. So my night at mods. Uh, I'm really glad. Uh, this movie kicks off with a a Catholic guy. Being weird at church for a long period of time. Oh, yeah. My favorite mm-hmm. kind of movie. Catholic movies? Uh, well, about Catholic in, people being weird. Yeah, it's like, mm. oh, good. It's like another, or any any sort of uh, religious man movies are uh, just, just one, of my, one of my favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Likewise, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. so great. And then, and then we get uh, some driving footage. Mm-hmm. Of him leaving, and it's just like, oh, also my favorite. But it's like, oh, I guess, yep, yep. There's like no narration um, mm-hmm. at this point, uh, and uh, then we get some some calculus homework. It's, it's, it appears. Well, where else are you gonna get it? Reminded me of you know school. I doing mm-hmm. take calculus class. <laughs> I had to take up a calc three, you know. So yeah. I have a lot of experience with calculus homework, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, ne- my next, so I went, oh, cool. Calculus homework. And then, oh, cool. Nothing happening. Are these your notes from the, yeah, yes. <laughs> from the movie? Yes, oh, they nice, are. Nice. I, I, I was maybe a little, uh, resentful, uh, after, sure, sure. after, after, uh, having a week off and enjoying mm-hmm. life and being like, I could be doing other things, but, uh, and like, I think from the previous two installments and you've seen, have you seen those, Sam? Um, uh, I've seen Suzanne's career. I've not seen the Bakery Girl oh, of Monso. All twenty minutes oh. of it. <laughs> all twenty minutes of it. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Uh, so we get a, an extended scene of two guys uh, having a having a chat and a lot of talk about one Pascal and Pascal's gambit. I guess is kind of. Mm-hmm. Disgust, and it's like, well, I'm sure. And I was like, well, Pascal's gambit for those. <laughs> who don't Pascal's know, wager. Pascal's wager. Wager, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the. It's 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 like a pretty famous one. You you probably hedging you your it's hedge it's hedging your bet that mm-hmm. God exists. Yeah, because if he doesn't mm-hmm. exist, it's like the whole idea is basically like you should even if, in case even if um. Basically, you know, if if uh, if because your options are basically okay. So say if there's odds, I'm I'm explaining this really bad. Basically, you have to. It's it's better to live your life at pretending as if God exists, even if you're not sure He exists, because mm-hmm. if you do, then you you won't be punished for and not believing in God. You'll go to heaven in case there is heaven. You know. Yeah. And if it's there's idea, not, basically. but you lived as if there was, there's nothing to lose. There's yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think you guys are both skirting over the big thing about that conversation is the uh, dropping of a uh, Criterion alumni Gorky. There's a <laughs> oh, Gorky Maxim mentioned Gorky. there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Maxim, you guys, 
Maxim, Maxim Gorky. Yeah. Like Maxim like Bernier. Yeah, that that was what stood out to me. But yeah, Pascal's okay. wager. Very different so. political views. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, there's a lot of name dropping, which that's kind of like, you know, <sighs> yeah. that's kind of the first little... Um, because you mentioned like the scene where uh, so the main character is Jean Louis Tonsignan, who's like uh, this this movie set in the in the city of Clermont-Ferrand. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, which is like a city in the French Alps. Um, he plays he's like a engineer who's been living there the last couple months. Uh, I think he's like teaches math or something, um, and uh, he's a Catholic boy. He's a nice Catholic boy, mm-hmm. but even though he's a nice Catholic boy, he's kind of uh, you know. He's kind of a little bit of a, of maybe a little bit of a sicko, a little bit of a weird guy. That, like that, you see that, that him. Doesn't sound like a contradiction to me. You said, "Whoa, whoa, ayo." Um, well, but I mean, like you know, he has like these beliefs that he kind of, uh, you know, claims to be hold on to. But then you kind of, you know, like the opening sequence is kind of him, you know, kind of staring at this girl in mass. It's a little weird, you know. He's kind of using this, you know, sacred time to to kind of creep on this woman and then like you know he's having this conversation with this guy and he's just kind of vidal Uh, yeah this guy vidal like a marxist a marxist yeah a marxist yeah who's like i know another like kind of intellectual guy who we knew from back in the day and he's just kind of like you know there's kind of name dropping they're not really they're kind of just saying they're suits you know they're just kind of suits a little bit they're saying all this kind of pseudo intellectual you know stuff with no real actual like content behind it you know there's not mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're saying a lot without saying anything you know i i agree no i've heard people like that yeah like uh maybe people on this podcast maybe people this, not you know. sure which ones but well it's not me <laughs> that, that's that's <laughs> definitely for sure so it might be anyways but uh mm. yeah yeah so uh yeah they they go to mass together um it's christmas a, eve christmas eve yeah, uh, christmas pick. yeah uh so then they so, but they eventually uh they go to mods mm-hmm. um who's uh, a, a recent divorcee and they talk about their stuff their, their stuff Pascal uh, might get brought up here or there. A lot of Pascal. Oh boy, it's yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 something. It's something else. Something. Yeah, but there's kind of like this like underpinning like oh, there's like some angling for some 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 action. Um, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, but uh, uh, Vidal, who's the one who I guess kind of uh, brought them along to here, uh, he 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 taps out first. He sees mm-hmm. the he sees the direction things are going. And so, yeah, yeah. So uh, Maude and Jean Louis, they they start talking. They start really yeah, and there's a lot of, to know each other. And there's a lot of just like this is kind of a common thing you see in the in in Le Romain's filmography. Uh, mm. His oeuvre, his oeuvre, um, mm. is like kind of people playing these kind of like neurotic like mind games, you know? Because uh, I guess um. Vidal, he like brings uh, Jean Louis along because he's like, oh, that way we won't like sleep together. <laughs> but then like, but then like he leaves and like because he's because he's upset like he thinks that they're gonna sleep together like he, mm-hmm. he like Jean Louis and Maude. So then he but he gets mad about that for some reason even though like he doesn't want to sleep with her, you know himself. So he he's like weirdly jealous, which is like why he I guess like why he leaves. You know, it's just like a lot of like 
yeah, just like weird, like people's weird, like you know, insecurities kind of manifesting in that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Which plays into the into the you know kind of mod and John Louis conversation, as you were saying, Jared. Yeah, and so I mean, over the course of this like evening, it seems like she's kind of like open <laughs> to 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 having a. Uh, uh, a liaison uh, to to like hooking up, uh, and this guy is like, I'm a, I'm a good Catholic boy. I don't do that kind of thing. I'm I'm gonna be laying here in my clothes. You do whatever you mm-hmm. do under those blankets. You go be naked. I'm gonna be here. Even though he admits to to like having had affairs before, right. you know. Yeah, it was before he found the Lord, but not like, right. Right. No, not... no, that's actually. No, he was always Catholic, but it was. Uh, he said that was my past life. He said, yeah, I now he's like more religious. Yeah. yeah. No, but he'll still creep on a lady in, in mass. He's got no yeah. problem those, with that. Those blonde ladies. Mm-hmm. Because there, there might be a little bit more, not not so, um, have such an outgoing personality. Oh, yeah, Allegedly. he loves blondes. That's mentioned several times no. in this movie. This guy loves blondes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, and then so yeah, he before so he winds up seeing the the girl again from the church mm-hmm. that he was Francois. Uh, yeah, the name. yes. Um, and I guess he kind of uh, introduces himself to her, and yeah, I don't know. They uh, let's see here. Actually, Sam, take it away. Well, she Sam's okay, got okay. It. Sam's well, got she, Sam's like, got uh, this. Because mm-hmm. um, Jean Louis, he spends the night at Maud's, um, and it, it should be mentioned that Maud, uh, she's di- she's divorced because uh, her husband had an affair with a really with a Catholic woman, actually, like a religious Catholic woman, Catholic woman. But um, they spend the night, and then uh, she in the morning, you know, uh, she's kind of she's kind of a little upset that he like rebuked her like that, I guess. Um, but she um, she's like, hey, like she invites him over to have like lunch with some of her friends with including Vidal uh which he agrees to even though they, they kind of depart kind of and it's kind of weird you know um on the so he goes home and then on the way to his lunch or like outside of mods like as he's leaving he sees the girl from church Francoise and he, he like introduces himself he's a little like forward but uh you know because she she rides like a bike and she always parks her bike at the same spot and so he sees her there and he's like oh like hey what's up and uh he's like uh you know He's like, oh, we should like go out sometime. I think something like that. And then, uh, he then they goes to he goes to lunch with um, it's Maude, Vidal, Jean Louis, and then like a, a lady friend, a fourth friend, um, and like Maude and Jean Louis are kind of like, you know, th- th- after their lunch they go because it's snowing. They, they like go ha- walking, like hiking in the in the mountains a little bit, and uh, he like comes on to her, like he tries to kiss her, and she's like, no. Mm. But so yeah, more kind of just like weird mind games. Um, but then he leaves and on the way back, he like, he like goes by the place where Francoise always parks her bike. It's a motorcycle, I think. Right. Or something like that. And, uh, he, um, he's like, oh, uh, cause it's like, it starts snowing that night. And he's like, oh, oh, like, uh, um, oh, it's like, he like runs into her there and then he basically drives her home. Um, because it's snowing. He's like, oh, you shouldn't bike home. And, uh, and then he part, he like his car gets stuck in her driveway right and then mm-hmm. uh so he so she's like oh come come spend the night at my place and because they made they kind of made plans to hang out like after mass the next day 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he spends the night there. He finds out that she's a um, she's like a, a biology student, like post. I think she's she's like a post grad doc or something mm-hmm. at like the local university, and she knows Vidal actually. Um, she mentions that she knows him, even though he teaches philosophy. And uh, let's see. So then they go. Uh, he spends the night there. They um, I believe they go to mass the next the next day, right? Yeah, you guys see this uh, movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they go. Um, and like, it's kind of a um, him, him spending the night at her house. There's, it's kind of a uh, not an inverse, but like, you know, it's kind of a um, a kind of a repetition of like what happens at at mods, right? Except that you know, it's a lot more kind of restrained. Um, and two, like, but it's kind of reversed because uh. He kind of comes on to her because, like, he mentions, um, like, him kind of surviving the the encounter at mods without, like, sitting with her. He is, like, he kind of, he kind of, that kind of gives him strength. He's like, yeah, I'm, like, pumped, you know. I've been, like, morally strengthened or whatever. (laughs) It's kind of this weird idea of, like, you know, he he survived this ordeal. Now he's stronger. So he kind of comes on to her. He, like, tries to kiss her. But this time, you know, she rebukes him, you know. So it's kind of an inverse mm. of uh, the situation at Mods. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. And then, um, should I keep summarizing, or do you want to... You, you you go no, right ahead. Yeah, hit it. Yeah, you're, yeah. Doing, you're doing good. Okay, yeah. So then, um, and so she mentions, actually, that like after church, they're, like, hanging out, and she says that, um, she's like, oh, like, I don't know, you know, there's something you should know about me. Like, I had an affair with a married man um, previously, and he's like, oh, I got... he's like, baby, I don't care about that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> in so many words, but he's like, yeah, I don't care. Like whatever. Yeah. Um, they have kind of these more, you know, sued conversations and then it cuts to five years in the future. Um, Jean-Louis and Francoise are married. They have a kid. And so they're going to the, down to the beach and he runs into Maude there. Um, yeah. who he hasn't, he hasn't seen because it's mentioned too that Maude is like going out of town. She's like moving away, <laughs> um, like permanently. And, uh, uh, Vidal mentions that because he runs into Vidal and he's like, Oh, you should like try to like contact her. And Jean Louis like, Yeah, I will, or whatever. Um, so five years pass, he sees Maude at the beach. Um, and she mentions that like she's now married again, but it's like not going very well. And then, uh, she recognizes, uh, Francoise actually. Mm. But, and it's kind of like, Oh, like he, he kind of stops and he's like, thinking like, Oh, like that's, that's interesting. Um, and I guess it's it's never I, I mean we're gonna spoil the movie. It's like it's it's implied but never outright stated that uh Maud's husband had an affair with Francoise, that Francoise was the woman that Maud's husband cheated on her with. Um and cause Francoise is like, Oh, like how do you know her? Like I know her, how do you know her? And he says like, Oh, um, I like uh I came home from uh from hers like the the morning I like I like I ran into you or whatever. Um, and he, he, he considers like saying like, oh, we didn't, we didn't sleep together, but he, then he doesn't because he's like, oh, it's in the past. And then they go swimming and the movie ends. <laughs> and then, and, and then I turn to RJ and go, RJ, what is, what is the moral of this film? What's the moral? What's the moral tale? The moral of this tale? I got to ask you, Sam, when you hear a uh, collection titled six moral tales, would you think that those movies are about morality or would you think that they're not about morality um i mean i think they're 
I mean, they're kind of about morality. They're they're kind of at least they're like exploring kind of people in these kind of morally maybe complicated situations, you know. Which I think the is. Basic... I was just going to say that, like I, th- and I was kind of saying this last time was that we're trying to get to the idea that uh, morality is far more complicated in practice. And so sometimes it doesn't actually really seem like that at all. It's just decisions that people make. Right. Could and be. like on a lot of these movies too, I feel like it's about like how um, people kind of get into these moral crises, like by their own, like people undermine themselves. They kind of put themselves in, these, in their own situations. Right. Because like, especially with the next movie we're going to be talking about, like so much of this stuff is like in these characters heads and then, the, and then like kind of freaking out and like trying to play like mind games and like, you know, kind of putting themselves themselves in these like situations because they're like very in, you know because they're so insecure and like they're just mm-hmm. you know projecting or whatever. Like in this situation, you know, Jean Louis has kind of this whole like kind of weird like complicated like kind of mythos around himself and like his relationship with like Christianity and like morality in general, right? That like he kind of he like he like has to and like him trying to like justify his uh his like previous action because there's like a bit of like talking where he's like uh. He's almost trying to like trying to like justify, I think, like his like previous um, affairs or whatever, and like he's trying to like pathologize like himself and like Mod, you know, where he's he's kind of totally just just totally just like trapped. Like he's not like a, he's not he can't just handle the situation like a normal way, right? He has to like kind of psych himself up and like kind of pathologize everything, you know, um, which like mm-hmm. you see other characters maybe do, and like but like Mod too, she's like probably the most clear-headed, like, morally, at least, like, character in the entire movie, right? Like, she's like, yeah, like, I, I, I like, know, like, what I am. I, like, know what's going on, you know? Like, there, like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, uh, there's a scene where, um, Vidal teaches her for being, like, uh, having, like, pet, for being, like, petty bourgeois. And she's like, yeah, I am, you know? That's, she doesn't what, what, to, like, a, what a sick it. burn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she doesn't try to, like, she doesn't try to, like, pathologize it or anything. She's just like, yeah, that's, like, what I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think I think kind of what these movies are about is kind of how, you know, people kind of, you know, h- how morality kind of inter- interacts with people's, you know, like, pr- like, like fears and and desires and like, you know, how how people and like, yeah, people's like, like uh, the way they view themselves and other people, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I, I think that's, that's kind of a big part of how these movies work and like. I don't know if you guys knew this too, but like a lot of these movies kind of have, I think all these movies have the same like basic structure where it's like a man is tempted by another woman, you know? Yeah. And then does and then try and then doesn't succumb and ends up not succumbing and like learn something or does he learn something, you know? Yeah. That's, that's... Which, which, that's part of it too, too. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, can these people, do these people actually ever learn anything from their situations? You know, like, mm-hmm. are they self-aware enough to, it seems like Jean-Louis does, but I mean, kind of a weird way, because he's like, I don't want to worry about the past or whatever, you know. I oh, that makes sense. So that was kind of a yeah, rant. for sure. Well, no, I was no. going to say that, um, yeah, because I, I think that uh, uh, Romer is uh, the uh, he, and then Omer. Omer. So he, I don't think he has a very high opinion of people but i think he has a particularly a poor opinion of men 
Um, or at least oh, the, the, sure. like, like that's yeah. like, I mean, he definitely, I mean, which is kind of like one of the weird things where it's like, but I don't think he's like, he's, I don't think he's putting women on pedestals by any means, but I think he's like, like kind of like dudes, dudes have to you gotta be better. <laughs> well, that's something he said too, actually. Yeah. Cause in yeah, interview. it's pretty consistent, right? That like, probably he knows a lot of like people in his own life, like the circles he would have ran in, particularly like you know if he's hanging out with like the French New Wave boys. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like old, old Godard, he's probably like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, those guys very un- very uncomplicated relationships with women, with women. All those guys. Yeah. A little very normal. Ski, yeah. a little weird, angry, skeevy, and it's just like ah, oh, but they're mm-hmm. geniuses. I don't know. Uh, so I think that def- definitely. Um. Puts put, puts a his movies are positioned in a way I guess like consistently like you were saying like they kind of have this framework that he goes back to I'm assuming two more times uh, where it is kind of like locked into these like men particularly Claire's knee which when I was reading the synopsis for that movie I went of course it is of course that's yeah. what this movie is I'm like oh good it's another guy shirtless and like just hanging out wanting to be like hey someone trying to figure out how to touch that knee <laughs> you go oh, <laughs> all right that's that's it that's what he's going with huh and, but look at those well, col- look at those colors like oh yeah, well, yeah. this one's black and white but yeah this know, yeah this one big. yeah oh i yeah that's like probably the one of the the highlights um with uh the Glückchenu is the uh the color um but yeah so my night oh, mods um i don't know i this movie didn't do much for me at all. I felt it like just like from like a purely like just a, I couldn't enjoy this movie. It was so slow, and I'm like I want to get to I, I don't know. There's something about the way he made this movie. I just couldn't connect to it, and there's nothing there to make me want to like uh, spend time with these characters. Like there's something wrong. There's something just absent for the way I watch movies I guess that I just wasn't mm. able to appreciate much of what was and like I actually I really and was, as I was saying in our last episode I actually liked that short film uh, and I think he like nailed kind of everything he needed to the first time because it feels like uh, with these at least with these black and white movies it's like it's kind of like diminishing returns and the movies get longer somehow mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's like but, two hours yeah and yeah. it's like well what what's he have to, what's he saying like is there is there anything in those two hours that could that are necessary um for what's there and he's just like to me i i'd say no absolutely not um and i feel like i mean i'm not against uh a, a well a well executed drama that is just like about relationships or uh, and people navigating uh, these spaces. But like, to me, I'm like, there's not a lot. Of, it's, this isn't a super dramatic film. I don't think there's like any. There's not really any high stakes in this exactly. Mm. Um, it's just, mm. but so I don't know. I just it, it did this. T- it's 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 a good title too, but it's like also it's hilariously misleading. Because um, mm-hmm. you think about a movie like uh, My Dinner of Andre. <laughs> <laughs> which is a it's just, it's which just is a dinner, yeah. yeah. And, but it's a dinner of Andre. This is my night at Mods. I'm like, yeah, for about like I don't know, like 30, thirty minutes, four, yeah, thirty five, thirty minutes, forty five, forty five minutes or something like that. And that's and then oh no, we, we're beyond that now. And you don't even see Mod again. And you go, I see. <laughs> I don't know. It's a peculiar movie for me. But um, I'll I'll throw it over to you two, and I'm sure uh, RJ will have Sam talk about what he likes about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead. I usually go last. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, all right. I mean, I I would say this movie it's it's not my favorite Romare movie. Um, by any means, I still like it. I think um. I think what you said about the male protagonist is I think like I mentioned he, he said that there's like an interview that he had where he was like yeah like none of my basically like you're not supposed to find his male protagonist like like you know you're, you're not supposed to think that they're like good guys or find them like particularly sympathetic um but yeah I don't know so on like a formal level I just think the whole like the basic kind of contrast of like these um these kind of people talking having these like meandering conversations and then i said against the backdrop it, this is especially true in like the second movie we'll, we'll be talking about against these like you know for example the scenes up in the mountains right or like in the city where they're like these uh these guys having these kind of like you know meandering kind of pointless conversations and then juxtaposed with, with like these giant like open like beautifully shot like open spaces you know or like um i can tell this movie is inside but like you know, in these like kind of big empty rooms, you know, it kind of like, I don't know. I think I'm, that, that, that's just like a really powerful, like basic formal device that kind of makes like what they're talking about seem like trivial, if that makes sense. And like a way that kind of, under, I, I, I don't know. I just like how he kind of undermines the the stuff, you know, what like his, his protagonists that way. Um, as, far the, as far as the duration, this movie does drag a little bit. Um, I think the duration though, like I think it, it can be a powerful tool as far as like, really putting you in the headspace of these characters, right? Like, of this character, Jean-Louis, who has this very kind of weird, um, <laughs> and, like, relationship to the world around him, you know? Um, and, if, and, I mean, if you didn't, like, connect to the, the stuff that's being said, like, that's, you know, that's, like, fine. That's, like, fine. There's, like, nothing, you know, you yeah. either connected or you didn't connect. Um, I do think that, like, some of the, the I don't know, <sighs> there's kind of a... I think there's something that kind of appreciate with the dialogue, it, the kind of, I don't know, like, like you can tell Eric, like the, the filmmaker as he's like writing this dialogue and like filming it, that he's like, okay, like these guys are so like, like, what are these guys saying? You know, where <laughs> like the dialogue is very kind of witty and like in some ways kind of in like, I don't know, it's almost, it's like naturalistic, but kind of heightened at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know really how to describe this. It's not like heightened. I don't know. People probably don't. People, a lot of people, a lot of people probably don't talk that way, like this way. Right. But, but it's also like there's kind of a nationalism to it. It's not like a Tarantino movie where it's like, <laughs> oh, they're just saying like Tarantino dialogue, you know. Um, it, but I don't know. There, I, I do think kind of, I don't know. I, I just kind of think it's interesting seeing these guys like, kind of expound these like very like weird like worldview and like how the movie kind of comments on that for like two you know over the runtime you know yeah. i just find that inherently just interesting um and i don't know i just think like just the way like uh i don't know the way he shoots the interiors of, of ma's apartment you know and just like how he moves his camera around this this movie's a lot like freer as far as like camera movements it's a lot less static than like his other movies um and which i kind of appreciate you know he's just able to kind of let the camera um I don't know, just just kind of capture, um, like I said, just kind of the contrast of like these kind of uh, these interior, these like kind of uh, you know very dynamic kind of looking interiors with like the the dialogue and like the way you know these performances. I don't know, I I just find it really interesting to watch. Just like something very like 
I don't know, just something very like cinematic about that. I guess if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, 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 I did find the runtime a little rating <laughs> at some at some points. I was like, come on. I, I, but, I, feel, uh, yeah. I feel like we're at odds with Jean de Baroncelli of Le Monde, who wrote that it is a work that demands from the viewer a minimum of attention and complicity. We find ourselves on the well, fringes of worries and obsessions of the time. Its commitment goes true. beyond the everyday. Yet this is, in our view, worth the price. We are grateful to Eric for his haughty, if a little outdated, austerity. The interpretation is brilliant. Nice. Yeah, couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I just you know, I just like uh, I don't know. Like this, I don't think this movie. I don't know the, the relationship that this movie has with like what it's saying. I guess I find interesting, like how it is kind of like I don't know. It it it, it uh, it's you know, it it has a very kind of complicated. I don't know. Like you can tell. Um, that Mr. Romare and like you know his crew like the way I don't know how to describe like how do I describe this like, like the way that he like comments on and like kind of I don't know like undermines like its protagonists and like their kind of views I just like that you know I find that interesting to just inherently you know um yeah RJ, what about you, RJ? RJ, would you agree? Like RJ, would you agree with Jean Rochereau of Lecroix, who called it a masterpiece, whose superb insolence toward everyone excited him and filled him? Sounds filled, uh, filled him, huh? Filled insolent, him. the excitement of insolence to everyone sounds like uh, the rhetoric of a certain group of people, <laughs> a certain kind a cer- of individual, a certain kind of individual. That has a uh, in celibate a, a, a label. I would okay, say. what's label. that? Uh, yeah, potentially incels. Uh, <laughs> so here's my thing on that. Okay, so like, <laughs> I, I've mentioned before, there were these dudes I went to like junior high with, and they would always just be like, "We're smarter than everybody," even though like, like they weren't like. There are a lot of people who are smarter than them that got better grades, but they're like, wow, we have a different kind of intelligence. And you'd be like, all right, well, that's a cop out. Uh, But they'd be like, and that's also why, like, people don't like us uh, because we're this smart. I mean, they're so smart. And then uh, and then they'd be like, and then we're going to do this instead. And I feel like it's I I talked about this when we talked about um, naked, too, where it's these dudes that are they kind of go on these pedestals of things. And they're like, this is why people don't like me kind of thing and it's like it's like i don't know if that's why i think the reason people don't like you is because you're pro, you're projecting that where you're just like i am this and this is like something other people can't get along with and it's like maybe that's maybe that's the problem is that you feel like you have to present that you know where it's like this thing it's like yeah my characters aren't likable and they're not supposed to be and it's like it's like I, I I know why you would make that thing, but it's like, uh, what are you telling me about you, Eric Romer? You know what I mean. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I feel like the reason I always say these guys are incels is because it's not it's not a violence thing that results from it, but it's just these dudes that are they like make these excuses for things. And it's like, are you talking you know, about the director or the characters? I don't 
think you can separate the like those guys, you know, like because I know like actors, and like the thing is, a director will be like, well, this is what I intended. A writer will be like, this is what I intended. And an actor will be like, well, this is how I interpreted the character. But um, as a whole, you got to take it as a whole. Like I think it. I don't think need you should break things down in movies it's like this is what the actor intended this is what the screenwriter intended this is what the uh director intended i think that's i don't think that's what you should do with movies i think that's too much and i know we've talked about this before but that's just like my opinion man you know what i mean i think so i i take it as a whole i'm taking it as one thing i i just mean like these dudes in general (laughs) these people like how the character is portrayed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, get, I don't know. I don't know you're, you're, you're sounding like Pat Healy talking about uh, looking at buildings and their totalitarianism. Well, I I find I find it strange when people ask. It's like, are you talking about the character or the director or like the actor? And it's like, but isn't it? Can't don't you have to take this as one thing because it's like. Because it's like, what is the movie saying about these characters, you know? Like, I think in the case of this movie, it's like, you the movie's like, okay, you have these guys who kind of have these, like, these moral codes. Yeah. That they try, and then they're like, oh, but then they try to, like, they try to interrogate them, but they interrogate them in a way that, that's, like, phony. You know, they're phonies. But, so, I, the way you said that, this movie interprets it like that. But what Jerry was saying too is like, was well, that what the actor intended, or the character, or the director? But no, I don't I, think I don't think you can look into like the intention of the different people that are part of the creative journey because like I don't think you can separate those things as a well, movie. I think, I think what, you have to take it as it is. I think what Jared asked though was, are you saying that characters are incels or that Eric Romare <laughs> is an incel? I think they're both incels. I think okay. Eric Romare is an incel, and I think the characters he portrays are incels as well. Well, why do you think that about him? Out of your, you know, based on this. Okay, so here, here's my thing, and I okay. think I, so Jared mentioned that he thinks that the Bakery Girl movie has a similar story, and I agree with that. I think that one is similar to this too. I think. All of these movies are Eric Romare trying to convince himself that he made the right, a right decision about some sort of relationship that he had. Because all these movies are about, or like Bakery Girl and My Night at Mods, are this thing where he's like, I like this girl, I'm going to make it happen. And then he meets someone that he potentially likes more, but he's like, eh, that uh, first girl that I, I said I liked actually has become available I'm going to go for it because that's the that's the decision I made before. And then he goes. And then in these movies, it's kind of like character always ends. It's like, I made the right decision. And it's like, well, based on the movie you said, it's like maybe you or based on the way the story plays out. It's like maybe you did make the right decision. But then also it's like, why are you making so many movies about this like scenario where he he's like, I like her. This other girl comes along. I like her a lot, too. Or this other person comes along. I like them a lot. But I'm going to go with this one because it was, like, the decision I made to begin with. And the the thing I kind of try to – the thought I had was kind of like – it's like you order something at a restaurant. And you're between two items. And you're like, ah, I kind of want both of these things. I'm going to pick this one. And you get it. And then you're actually disappointed by the food. But you try to convince yourself. It's like, no, this was the right decision. This was the right decision. Because the other one probably wouldn't have worked out. Uh, And I feel like that's what all of this guy's movies are. 
is is my kind of opinion now. Even with Le Collections, uh, I feel like that is also the same. It's the same story again, where it's just like, I made a decision, I'm sticking with it, and I'm going to convince myself that it was the right thing, even though I think in his mind, he's telling himself, he's like, I, I have deep regret about this, but I'm going to tell myself it's the right, it was the right decision. That's what I think all of these movies are about. And that's my, uh, that's my like little play in my cards even before we get to the next one. But that's what I think this guy's talking about. Maybe I'm crazy and out to lunch, but I feel like it's, it comes up too frequently for that not to be like at least something that this guy is trying to say. Romer. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, you guys maybe don't agree with me at all, but that's what I'm pulling from well, this thing. I'm not, I don't know his personal life, so I don't know if he, that's something I, I don't know if that your yeah. guess about that is correct, but I mean, I don't, well, A, I don't think he's, though, I, I don't think in the movies he's saying that these guys necessarily made the right decision. I think it's supposed to be, I think, I think it's, he's saying like, oh, like you can't, it's like not something you can really be sure about, you know, that's like the whole point, I think. Yeah, and like no, I I know what you mean too. Like it's like yeah, is decision A the same as decision B? Because that's what he's talking about with Pascal's wager. It's like which decision is the right one to make? I just think that this thing comes up so frequently. I think, and it, it's well, maybe not even a relationship thing. I think he's trying to convince himself that a decision that he made was the right one, but he regrets it. I mean, I don't know. Even that's if that's true, like, is that bad, you know? No, I mean, that's life, man. You you got to make decisions. Sometimes things aren't going to work the way you want them to, and you're probably going to regret it your whole life. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I think that's what this guy's movies are about, you know? Well, I don't Everyone know. Everyone has think, decisions they regret, I think. I think it's just, um, I don't know. I think he's just interested in exploring these kind of, these kind of complicated situations with these, like, kind of, weirdly like weird like pathological characters you know i don't know if there has to be like a necessary like a you don't think there's got to be a moral to this story well i mean i think i mean i don't think there does have to be a moral to the story no I think, I think, I think why kind of what... does he call it moral tales though well That's it's what ironic I'm, i still don't yeah. understand <laughs> well it's like it's supposed to be like an ironic thing it's like no. Like, okay, you guys watched the movie Tova Bien, the Jean-Luc Godard movie. Yeah. Why is it called Everything is Fine when everything isn't fine? <laughs> it's ironic. Like, it's a... Mm, <laughs> you know? RJ, RJ, it's a French thing. When you, when you put it that way. It. Well, those French, Anglos, they're, you they're goofy, goofy bastards, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, one way or the other, good or bad or anything like that. I mean... I'm not a big Rome head, so uh, I'm I'm not a. Uh, these movies aren't the top of the peak for me. I'll say that up front. It's just like <laughs> this is what I'm taking from these. I don't know, man. And is it the is that a right interpretation? I don't fucking know. Well, okay. I mean, I will. Uh, my this is me maybe uh, mind reading. I I feel like your maybe your interpretation is because I don't know if you find these movies particularly entertaining. And so you're trying to, like, find just justification for why they exist. I mean, that's part of it, too. And, like, I know movies don't need to be entertaining to exist either. Like, sometimes movies are just... Like, Chantel Ackerman has a one-hour thing of an elevator door opening. But it's, like... Great movie. I, I'd rather watch Hotel that Monterey. than the Romer movie. Sure. 
Well, sometimes, yeah, some, yeah, sometimes that's uh, personal uh, preference. Exactly, and sometimes ex- well, execution. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, some subjectivity is kind of the thing, right? But yeah. uh, that's everything. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it's also like what you, um, what cultural capital you bring to uh, the to these things sometimes can like sway things. And at the times, it's just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> You're just like, I don't want, I, I don't want any of this. I don't want this. I don't want this. Right. this I don't want what this guy sell him. Right, yeah, right. Too. Which is fine. There's yep. people who find these movies really boring, which yeah. is yep. fine. I um, did. I yeah. Okay, I was just gonna say. Uh, the, so the other the the other film. <laughs> yeah. Le, yes. Le, Le I'm just gonna be talking. Like I'm, from 1967. Yeah. Uh, synopsis: A bombastic, womanizing art dealer and his painter friend go to a 17th century villa on the Riviera for a relaxing summer getaway. But mm-hmm. their uh, their idol is disturbed by the presence of the Bohemian Haiti, accused of being a collector of men. Uh, do you think this movie would jive with current uh, um, sexual I, I feel conversations? Like, I, I feel like these things, this this shit, this still, this shit's gonna happen forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing uh that jumps out in any way. I guess it's um okay. We'll we'll talk about this movie a little bit. I mean it's sure. this movie this movie's pretty straightforward. It, it's yeah, super straightforward. Yeah, there there is like not really much in the way of plot other than it's like this circ this 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 man circling around for opportunity yeah. and you are locked into his uh his voiceover narration, which yeah. which like um I'm already blinking. I'm blinking on the title. Uh, Suzanne's career. You have a yeah. a narrator who you. It's one of those. It's an interesting thing because I think we often kind of assume that our narrators in movies, uh, after years of watching, you know, the the Hollywood types, is like, well, they're, what they're telling us is the truth, and that's why when people watch a movie like Usual Suspects in 1995, they're like, whoa, he was lying. He was lying. Yeah. I can't believe it, but you're like, well, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of like mm-hmm. there's a trust thing that's broken. So this though, this is like you know, um, an an adult film, we'll say, in the sense that sure. like, oh, it's it's like this is like uh, from like a this is a filmmaker is approaching things from the kind of this literary standpoint where it's like, here's a guy mm-hmm. we're going to get his interpretation of what is going on. It's about his worldview where he's always kind of ripe or is always like, and this is what people do all the time. They, we don't even know we do it, but we often probably unless depending on your personality type, um, you, you might like to be very self-defeating and like always find the worst thing that like sets yourself up for failure or you're like maybe a more uh, bombastic womanizing art dealer type. Um, yeah, like who, me. Guys like me. The guys, guys like Sam here, yeah. sleazy Sam to his sleazy to Sam. his friends and enemies yeah. um, where they're like, well, they're always like going to try to justify their actions one way or another. And this is a story right. about a kind, kind of a loser. Um, yeah. Because like, so because this guy, I, th- I think this story is different than the other ones um, because this is so different, yeah, yeah, because this is about a guy who's like who, who's has a breakup uh, and he he he's like fuck 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 her I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna fly I'm gonna go to France we're gonna hang out it's gonna be so cool guys I'm gonna be shirtless yeah. my friend's gonna be shirtless hang we're out gonna hang out south of France yeah. yeah. And like you know, <laughs> do nothing. We're just not going to do anything. But then mm-hmm. um, an opportunity presents itself um, because the uh, she's tied with a third party that we don't really see that often, and she's kind mm-hmm. of like been like kind of 
foisted onto them, and she's just kind of hanging out. And you kind of go, well, how's what's yes. the what's the direction this is going to go in? <laughs> like inevitably, mm-hmm. it's this scenario uh, <laughs> where it's like they're going back. Like, well, we'll just like coexist at the same time. And you're like, no, 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 no. That's not that's not how <laughs> movies work, and that's not how life works either. Um, so like this guy's like kind of nose around. But he's like, oh, we're gonna pretend that she's not there. But now she, but she's going out there. There's different guys are picking her up, and she's coming home <laughs> with different guys. Oh yeah, she's got that real reputation, you know, that kind of woman. But then it's like, eventually it starts coming around because inevitably it's gonna be. Well, why isn't she interested in me? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, maybe she just doesn't realize it yet. She's interested in me. So this guy <laughs> is like a a, a scutch um, who is like. Him and his buddy, they're like kind of like the one guy's like, I don't, I don't even go after girls anymore because when I go after girls, I go after them too hard, you know. Uh, and it's like I got I got to got to pull back from it. But this reminds up being a sort of play in itself because when the other guy pushes, when one pushes too hard, she winds up being pushed toward the other guy, and now he's yeah. all sad about it. Right. Um, what I mentioned uh, earlier about like movies, people find these like kind of neurotic mind games this is very much oh yeah like that like this movie is kind of about these guys who have these like because this main character so i should say first of all like this is like you said this is like i've seen a decent amount of eric romare's films this is his most subjective mm-hmm. i think the filmmaking like the form definitely um reflects it a lot more just the way like the you know the way he like edits around uh stuff like how how, how the movie's shot and framed etc it's definitely very much from this guy's perspective. And this guy is like, he is like insane. <laughs> like this guy does not have like a normal, like relationship to other people, especially women, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. cause the whole movie is like him and, you know, him and I guess his friend playing these like mind games with this girl and with each other. And like the whole thing is like, Oh, he, he kind of like, as he's narrating, he's like, Oh, like uh, I, you know, he's like, it's kind of the thing that people do. Like, it's kind of this delusion people have where, like, people, you know, they play these mind games with themselves because they assume other people are also playing these mind games. Right. And he's just, like, pathologizing everything that everyone else is doing. So he's like, oh, like, what do I do? Like, what move am I going to make? You know? And it's it totally just, like, this hell of his own creation. Like, I, I uh, in my letterbox review, I compare this movie to uh, the movie Angst. Yeah. The German horror movie, which is, like, a serial killer movie that's about, like, it's, like, all mm-hmm. from this guy's perspective. This, like, psycho. Mm-hmm. This, like, this, like psychotic serial killer you know and this movie's kind of similar because it's this guy like pathologizing everything he's doing because like he he doesn't yeah like a like, who just fundamentally cannot like he just can't he like can't coexist with like other people especially with women you know and like he just has this like yeah he just he just is kind of spiraling you know right more and more and uh he yeah just trying to like yeah, like I said, he's he's in, he's, in, he's in like this hell of his own creation. It was like his mind's own creation because he's, he's just doing like all these things, you know. Yeah, that was probably, sorry, that was probably a bad way of explaining it, but yeah. So this movie no, is like makes sense. Yeah, and there's something kind of I guess you know very. Um, this one's a lot. This one, at least for me, I kind of this one kind of got my blood pumping a little bit because it's so fast paced. Pumping you know, where? <laughs> well, <laughs> a couple different places. I tell you what. Do you, do, you, um, <laughs> do you recall what the intro to this film is? The first uh, scene? Oh, what is the first scene? It's uh, Beautiful title cards. 
yeah, title cards, and then Hades walking on the beach, and then long lingering shots, yeah. of body the, shots. The prologues. Oh. Yeah, because there's the three prologues. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, prologues and then body shots and stuff. Then, then, yeah, yeah the, the, long, the most prolonged uh, one is with uh, Adrian, the protagonist. Yeah, the, protagonist. Yeah, the uh, main character. Yeah. Hero protagonist. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. Um, and you get the extended thing where it's like he's making a deal. You know, he's he's going to set up his own um, his own market, uh, basically to sell art. You know, one of the one of the great occupations of the world is being an art dealer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, I think they're at the Rudolph is I guess the guy who owns the house, and uh, yeah. and that's kind of how um, Haiti kind of enters the picture. She's just this like, you know, this teenager girl. <laughs> Who, who's just She's like, like in her early twenties? Yeah, and uh, I mean, France. You never know. You never yeah. know. And like, uh, you know, she kind of has um, the title. The title of the of the movie comes from because uh, she has various, you know, men who she brings home and goes out with. Um, it's not like a crazy. I mean, for someone her age, you know, that's like a. It's not. You know, she's just a young girl. She goes out. You know, she has fun. Yep. Um. But the other two men, they can't really, like Jared, you said, they kind of can't, you know, because they're so misogynistic and they're like projecting all this onto her. They, they have to like pathologize that. And they're like, oh, she's like a collector, collector right. of men. She's a, coll- a collectioners, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, which like she kind of, you know, she's like the she's like the most sensible character in the entire movie, you know, by far, mm-hmm. you know. Um, then there, there's some, uh, some Chinese vase action. Oh yeah. How, 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 did, how did we feel about that? We're well, like, it reminded we're... me a little bit of a movie called, uh, the Patsy directed by Jerry Lewis. Oh, um, and there's a scene in that movie in which, uh, Jerry Lewis, um, you know, there's some vase, expensive vase. <laughs> stuff going on in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hi. <laughs> Hijinks. Yeah, some vase hijinks. As well as in the ladies, man, there's uh you know, there's a scene where Jerry just there's no punchline, he just it's just like a two minute scene of him just breaking expensive yeah. <laughs> uh, glass. I mean, no, but anyways, yeah, that was, you know, there's kind of a I, I think it's it's the only I think it's like the most like violent thing I've ever seen in an Eric Romare movie where um <laughs> She breaks this guy's uh, vase and he slaps her. And it's like it's like really like startling. It's like really like kind of disturbing too, because you it's like, you don't see it coming. Like you see like her being degraded and like insulted by these men, but then you kind of see like the outcome of that of you know a man hitting her, and it's like very it's like very like like it's like, it, like really like grabs your attention. It's like very like uncomfortable, you know. Yeah. In this context, you know. And, and then there's Sam, who's a collector, the American mm. with that peculiar accent of his. Yeah, and I'm like, is this is this dubbed? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's... yeah. It's like uh, it's like in uh, Hong Kong movies when there's like Americans, and the way they <laughs> yeah. talk, they're dubbed, and the way they talk is kind of weird, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Yeah, it's just, just like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like um, the, exactly the, like that. The kill table. <laughs> um 
Yeah, so oh, sorry. <laughs> so, <okay>. My bad. <laughs> my table, the, really loud the, table. Yeah, people are gonna be okay. scared. Like, is it thundering outside as they listen to this on their uh, <laughs> their iPod? Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, there's just like it's just kind of this back and forth of like, oh, maybe like they're they're together, but then they're not. And um, there's a scene where uh, some dudes driving by recognize Haiti, and. Um, she she's gonna take off, mm-hmm. um, and then he's kind of left to his own devices. Oh, oh, poor Adrian! And he's like, I, "This is cool. This is what I came here for all along." Because <laughs> his other buddy's <laughs> taken off. Um, he's all left alone, and then it's just like some good old sad bastardism, uh, where it's like you know he's just like <laughs> until he's bored enough that he's like, "I'm gonna go back to London," <laughs> and, and then, then he, he goes. goes, and that's yeah. Then he goes. And then we, get, then we get some uh, very nice-looking end credit title cards. Yeah. Oh, something we should say, speaking of nice-looking, this movie is uh, mm. gorgeous. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. It's got some shots. And that's, yeah, and that's kind of um, this kind of, you know, these really beautiful shots of, like, the sea and just this, you know, the south of France, just this immaculate countryside. You know, it kind of plays interestingly with, like, all the dialogue because it's, like, you know, you get these wide open spaces and and then it kind of makes these weird like squabbles these characters have like seem kind of, you know, insignificant or like small. It kind of, like I said, it, it seems like kind of a, a subtle way of sort of like, I don't know, undermining, I guess, these characters, you know, and or it at least like provides for kind of an interesting visual kind of uh, thing going on, you know, mm-hmm. of of like this, this, you know, gorgeous countryside and these people you know and these like really beautiful interior interiors too and like this big house you know that they're in it's like a it's like a jess franco film when it uh, is like a jess franco when, movie, when, yeah. when you start doing that deep dive sam you'll see it's like yeah. he, it's all about like and this is the thing that's pretty cons- consistent with like yeah a lot of european movies it seems that like break through into like i don't know your criterions or like your american uh north, north american cinephiles like viewpoint is like resorts and like villas like countryside stuff happens a yeah. lot in european films right. like, i mean which is probably just like a lifestyle thing and it happens in a lot of movies and some movies never go up there but um i i, I guess it's i at times thought about too. like right yeah it's like easy location it's outdoor you it, looked, it looks nice and yeah. i think i think a lot of people do like you know they summer that way and so probably the a particular class of person might have memories about these things and they write about it because they write what they know um and so it's like one of those things that they might be like it's like and it's easy to do because it's available and there's lots of really nice places to go and with jess Franco, i'm pretty sure it's an excuse to get free trips and like be like i'm going on vacation and i'm going to shoot a movie (laughs) and like Mm. do you know two birds one stone because that was a, a very different movie in some ways from this, though, that I was thinking about that this reminded me of was Fat Girl. For, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that movie. Yeah. yeah. RJ's, yeah, R, RJ's seen it, too. I've uh, also so, seen so, that movie. So I'm curious. Uh, I don't know if uh, Sam has seen this, but how, how does this compare to Call Me By Your Name, which is a movie I've never seen, but I feel I've never like seen that movie. RJ has. And how, how does this oh, yeah. compare? Hello, I've seen that guy. movie and I I have a lot of problems with that movie. I always have. Yeah, the the gay stuff, right? Aren't they? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Not not that. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I don't either. I I actually uh, from the beginning I echoed what a lot of the LGBTQ community was echoing about um 
the uh, representation of certain individuals and the kind of inappropriate grooming of younger people Whoa. and things like that, uh, which Whoa. I always thought was problematic. Uh, and there were other things too. This one, uh, it's not like call me by your name in that sense. This one is a, a different kind of bad, I think, because um, call me by your name. They're, they give the illusion that it's just like, it's you and me. We're in love. Duh, this one's kind of just like, you and me, we're here. Let's hook up. But I want that vase. I want to sell that vase. Go do some stuff. This that might be more body. realistic. Yeah, no. it probably <laughs> yeah. is too. Because yeah, like no, a, um, I think a lot of people in those situations, like it yeah. that that's just kind of romanticized. But a lot of people who get in situations like that, they're probably psychos. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, it, it didn't remind me of Call Me By Your Name at all, but that's because that movie is really annoying because that movie, they're also in... They're in a fancy chateau where they go swimming and stuff like that, but a lot of the dialogue in that is like, it's really hard being this rich and fabulous. And you go, okay. And you go, ha same. And then this one's just kind of like, I'm bored and I want to be bored. And you're kind of like, okay. That's not the worst, I guess, but all right. Um, would we agree with the genre designation that Wikipedia gives us? And I see it echoed on uh, Letterboxd that this is a comedy drama. Yeah, I think so. This movie's funny. This movie had me Joker laughing like a lot. <laughs> wait, wait, at which parts? Just like all, just like I don't know them, like uh, just the insane stuff he says, you know, like mm. these, like and you know them, like just how you know how they treat each other, how they treat you know the girl. Which Joker laugh were you Joker laughing at? Were you Heath Ledger Joker? Were you Jared Leto? Jared, uh, Jared Leto. Joker? Leto. It, it was. Okay. Let me tell you. Let me, let me say it this way: the same Joker laugh that I had uh, when I watched Happiness, the Todd Salons movie. <laughs> Similar. So Jared, Jared Leto. Laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Actually. Maybe kind of Jared Leto. Yeah. Maybe a little Jared Leto. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought this movie was really funny. Like mm-hmm. more so than, you know, My Night at Mods. <laughs> Which is a mm-hmm. bit more like, you know, that one's a bit more heady. Whereas this one, I feel like, is more playful, or at least is like more. Maybe this one is more like, it kind of takes maybe these like ideas like less seriously. I guess mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of more about like just lampooning these like these uh, types of characters in a way that maybe my at mods is more nuanced. I guess right. if that makes kinda sense. Like, kind of like national lampooning. Yeah, a little bit of Chevy Chase, you know. Okay, okay. Type, uh, know. <laughs> you know. And, and uh, this one comes in at a cool 83 minutes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it oh, does. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, that one, my end of mods, you know, two hours. Could have been. Come on, yeah. Could have been, could have been 100, probably. Yeah. Uh, 100 hours? <laughs> yeah, could have been 100 hours. Could have been 100 minutes, sorry. Give, give me 100. Yeah. Um, <laughs> give me 100 hours. <laughs> uh, Sam, you a fan of uh, Nestor Almandros? Oh yeah, yeah. He shot my edit mods as well. Yeah, um, and yeah, he I think did a every good job. Oh, yeah, all this. I think almost like all the. All, I think the last three, of, at least. I haven't seen. I'm not sure about the next two, but yeah, he's all over these, and yeah. Bar- and Barbet Schroeder. Oh yeah, I forgot Babesh Babe whatever Schroeder. Schroeder. Schroeder is in this. Is involved. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently this one, um, he wrote with his actors. I think like the actors wrote the the. Hmm the um the movie together whereas i think my mods was like 
I mean, a lot of the movies was improvisation, but I think he like wrote that. The actors had let that was more of like an Eric Romare, like like the writing on that. Whereas this one, I think he wrote like with the actors, like mm. in a much more collaborative way. I guess his style is kind of similar to like Mike Lee, where it's a lot of a lot of it's based on like actor improvisation, you know. Um, and then he just kind of shoots in a kind of a very you know, sort of simple way, a lot of shot reverse shot, you know. And he just kind of lets the actors go, you know? Who doesn't? Uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> oh. And you know what? He's correct. Actors ruin movies. Not joking. Acting, Acting's overrated. Hell yeah. Yep. You tell, you tell that to Nev Campbell. <laughs> hey, how do you guys feel about uh, those guys throwing rocks at chickens for no reason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a little... I didn't like that, but... I don't think they actually hit any of the chickens, so it's okay. That's, it was that a threat of violence. That we the saw, threat, yeah. The threat was always there. There the was a threat. Yeah. There's also, Sad. while we're talking about tags, this is a Smoking Indoors movie and a title set out loud movie. That's, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. I mm-hmm. think both of those happen at the same time. There's a the collection type of thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyways, RJ, what do you think about this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, RJ. On. Uh, yeah, tell us. I feel like this movie is kind of a weird bag where it's like at the time, I think like, I think like you're almost supposed to like try to side with the dudes at the time that this movie came out, but then watching I it don't, today, that's uh, wild. Like watching it today, I don't think you're supposed to side with you these side guys with at the all. lady. That's what, and that. So I'm not saying I did. I'm saying I think at the time this movie came no. out, you're supposed to I don't think that's true. No, I think I these guys are shown as scumbags. They hit the woman. Yeah. These guys are scumbags. Yeah. There's know, no way. They're constantly like berating her, and it's like these are. Yeah. This is just your like your no. main character. I, I think yeah, because it's undermining. They're supposed to be bad. It's yeah. bad. I, I do think though, like so, like you know how they like belittle her, like her polyamorous lifestyle. When this movie came out, that was something that wasn't like uh, accepted. I think now there's a lot more positive light on those kinds of things, where it's like, yeah, people do whatever the fuck they feel like. So I think nowadays, watching this movie, she is the lead character or the lead actress is definitely the champion of it. But I do think, like, I honestly, when I was watching this, I was like, I feel like when dudes watched this back then, they were, like, rooting for the dudes, especially other incels. Well, bad, like, like bad, yeah, but incel dudes, bad dudes. I well, mean, I know, but yeah, it's like maybe when you make some a movie guys... about going to gravitate towards it. Okay, but doesn't mean, I think the movie is pretty clearly not on the side of the dudes. I agree. I think when it's you... pretty clear, it's pretty clear you're supposed to find them, like, weird and pathetic and annoying when you watch joker did you seek out violence is what i want to know yeah that's that's different. That's, that's, be, that's beside the point that's beside the point you yeah. know joker's sick joker's cool yeah i'm not i'm not <laughs> saying i agreed with it with the the men in this movie i'm just no, saying i don't think you're like, saying that yeah. i know what you're saying yeah. you're saying at the time i think you, this, this movie is supposed to you're trying to make a point about how this movie plays different now versus back then, but I don't yeah. think it does. I think yeah. back then people, I think the filmmakers intended for these guys very clearly to be bad, it, and I think most people probably mm-hmm. 
understood that. Maybe there's some guys, you know, who watched it and were like, these guys are cool. But <laughs> uh, that doesn't... There's probably people a couple. With, people do that with everything. Like, you could say that yeah, about yeah. any movie with a bad <laughs> protagonist, you know. That's true. That's true. That's true. I think what I'm really trying to say is the Eric Romer films are really challenging for me for a number of reasons because you see yourself leads (laughs) yeah the the lead lady lady, oh carefree and doing what she feels is right but again so this movie again whatever you want i feel like he's trying to convince himself of the decision because the way the movie ends he's like yeah i made this decision i stuck with it i left her on the side of the road and it was the right call and it's like so again, I feel like Romer's trying to convince himself. No, the, he the character sometimes. thinks that's the right call. The but is he not the character? Right he made the fucking no, movie. No, is, is he not no, the character? No, no, I don't. He's like this guy. He's making this movie because he's just like, oh, look at these crazy characters, and like, let me depict this kind of like subjective world of this bad guy, you know, cinematically. Like, it's not. This is the whole cinema. Do you think Martin Scorsese, when he made Goodfellas, was like, "I am, I'm Henry Hill"? Mm -hmm. I think killing people is cool. Okay, let me let me put it to you like this. (laughs) Let me put it to you like this. There's no way that they aren't their characters because when Chris Claremont was writing X Men, he was definitely every one of the X Men. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe he He like had all those mutant abilities. Okay, maybe he like sees. Maybe he's like, "Oh, this guy like." thinks things that i've thought before but he's not saying it's good you know he's he he sees these negative traits and maybe maybe some of he sees aspects of the characters in himself but he's not saying that's good you know yeah i feel like the 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 guy you're imagining the director to be is like he would have made a completely different movie because these aren't like these don't feel like wish fulfillment movies right like no absolutely not like this guy yeah yeah, it's like that's yeah. Like there's there's that, and I mean they they don't come off looking great. And there's like if, if he wanted to achieve that, I think there's like he would have done that. I guess like he yeah. would have made he would be making a different movie. Well, like how cool these guys are, and I don't think there's anything that like shows off how cool these guys are other than it's like. Hey, look, they're having a good time basking in the sun, which is like, yeah, they probably are. They probably are like, mm-hmm. you know, basking in the sun. That's what uh, these they're up to. But like as far in terms of achieving their goals or their actions, it's like they don't come off too great. And I think uh, uh, Roma is uh, is aware of this. <laughs> I, I'm pretty yeah, and sure. <laughs> and they're basking in the sun because, A, they're like rich people who just have the money yeah. to just hey, idle around. And B... Because of their weird, like, self-imposed, like, moral morality, where he's like, "I'm not gonna do anything this entire summer. I'm just gonna sit around and go swimming in the morning. And I'm not gonna talk to any women. You know, I'm just gonna you do know, nothing." I'm because pretty he's sure, just weird, like, you know, oh, moral. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure Stalin had days where he just laid by the beach and he was just like, "I'm no, not gonna actually, do anything no. this this weekend." Well, I actually, I hate to burst your, bu- your bubble, but Stalin actually was known to work. Um, he, he always, he like never stopped. Yeah. He like never stopped working. No, he, he like he, was always at his desk. He, he like never took, he, he never took off. Out of all the suit. dictators, I picked the one who worked all the, all the time. Yeah. Well, the hardest, the, the hardest maybe worker. Gaddafi had a beach day once in a while. Oh, he, he definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Gaddafi, he, 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 he lived it up. Yeah. 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 All I know is that. <laughs> Do you guys think Lars Van Trier is what his movies are? 
Uh, yeah, that's him. I think. I think. I think, I think he actually talks. He talks about it too, though. So he he says that's like his deal. Yeah. Okay, but okay, but RJ. What about Brian Singer? Is he an X Men? No, no. no. <laughs> well, he's something, all right. Yeah, he's um, something, all right. Yeah. RJ, let me say something. A director, so a director can, uh huh, like write a character that's based on themselves, right? But they can yeah. think that that's bad, and it's like a self critique thing. Sure. Okay, so so okay, let's that. say let's say for example, maybe the characters in this movie, maybe this guy, uh, what's his name, Adlian, Adlian, it's my Quebecois, Adlian, it's my Quebecois accent. Um, maybe he's like, yeah, like I've I kind of see aspects of this character in myself. Like I, this is kind of based on me or people I know, and that's mm-hmm. bad. You know, he's kind of right, but he's he's not saying that's good because just because something's based on you doesn't mean you're saying it's good. In fact, oftentimes. <laughs> If you put something like of yourself in a movie, it's because you're kind of investigating it in your own. You're kind of interrogating that aspect of yourself, or like those sure. these things you feel or, or think. You know, mm-hmm. does that does that make sense? Yeah, I I I, I don't I, think I don't you mean to be it, like. I'm not I think to, like, you articulated that very well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying I'm, to. Like, I'm, yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not being condescending either. I think you articulated okay. that very well. I understand okay. what you mean. My thing that i can't get over is incels well you know. <laughs> RG, hey. you need to read some you need to read some bars some what some bart. some bart in your life from bart simpson yeah RJ, let me just say you're talking about incels you know all i'll say is it takes one to know one Whoa. well I, is that that self-introspection that you're talking i am i am married by the way well that doesn't mean anything yeah i thought yeah that's or, true that's true remember? Yeah. I'm Catholic. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so there you you go. know what that's all about. Would, would, would we like to read very quickly through who hates uh, these films? Oh, sure. yeah. We can do that. Um, we got Night at Mods, first of all. We got Robin with one star review here. I fell asleep as two men discussed banging women over drinks, and I woke up as two men were discussing banging women over drinks, but now in a different room. The philosophy that this film tries to discuss is not only boring in concept, but written poorly as well, with this man being the most insufferable, hypocritical, nice guy to ever exist. Another film mm. for all the old their men fa- in the room. Their, their four favorites their four favorites are um mm. are uh when Harry Miss Sally, Evil Dead, West Side Story, the original one, and Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Which Pride they and Prejudice? Singing- the the, uh, the the 2005 Joe Wright one. They gave okay. uh singing singing in the rain five stars. I agree. That last picture good. show one. Last picture show one star. I that's madness. So. That's, that's that's not true. Mm-mm. Not true. Yeah, not true. All right. Uh, Ayla one star. I'm already so bored and only ten minutes have passed. I don't think I'm gonna make it. Update, this film is canceling out the Lexapro I took this morning. I'm convinced people on here are pretending to like it. Maybe I'll try to watch it again one day. That's pretty good, actually. That's kind of funny. <laughs> they like about a, Ayla. They five-starred so uh, Clueless. That's a good so movie. They, so they liked, Ayla liked a review by someone named Miles Emanuel, who gave it one star as well. But they opened the letterbox and they gave Mind Night Mods one star, but Naked five stars. That seems. Mm. That seems. I don't know. That seems, you know. A little tough. So I haven't seen this weird. film 
few boys, but uh, this person uh, half starred licorice pizza. Oh no! Yeah, half a star. That's so. that's a solid three and a half bet bagger. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And well, we finally agree about something. Finally. <laughs> and RJ hasn't watched that movie yet either. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. not on stream we yet. We can't talk about it. Well, you know. It's- as soon as it gets on stream, then I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you guys what uh, PTA intended for his okay. vision of Insta. One more review, one more review from my net at mods that I think is funny. Um, yeah. Could have been more Lynchian or I think I think or V Nuvian. <laughs> they, mis- they, they misspelled V Nerve. They wrote Vil Nuvian. <laughs> Did you see what this person's favorite films are? Uh, Star Wars. Yeah. The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man. <laughs> the 2008 John Favreau Iron Man. So, uh, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi, bangers. Five stars. Top Gun, four stars. Top Gun Maverick, three and a half stars. Sonic oh. the Hedgehog, two, three and a half stars. Here's a good this... review for Jarrett, though. Half a star to marriage story, and they put boring story. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the joker laugh that's funny yeah no I, I, i'm not gonna do my joker laugh oh, on, uh, it'll it'll blow my uh, headphones off yeah it won't people it's too twisted you won't be able to <laughs> all right should we yeah, okay well, okay that from some uh cgc graded um we'll get to the half a star review from stoof film mm. this movie gave me ptsd I hate men. I understand that the script was co-written by the actress, but I still cannot believe I sat through this. There can't be nuance in the extremely reductive and misogynistic portrayal of women as hypersexual, docile, corrupted, and needing to be looked after like children. There is no volition in this unrealistic and horrifying portrayal of a woman essentially trafficked by like five men. Um, this person, this is one of four reviews they posted this mm-hmm. year. One of them is a half star view of licorice pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they had a, they had a, they they didn't like the uh the Japanese oh, scene yeah. in that movie. They had a problem with that, which a lot of people did, you know. Yeah. Which is, you know, we don't need to talk about that right now. But uh, <laughs> someone said, uh, uh, sorry, you can keep reading some more. Okay. Uh, Christopher Hernandez, half a star. Mm. An unemployed asshole who thinks he is God's gift to women tries everything he can think of to score with a young woman who is sharing a summer home for a vacation, including unwanted sexual advances, sending her to spend a weekend with a much older man, and leaving her as she talks to some friends on a remote country road. Really not the way I should be spending time on International Women's Day. True. Um, I think this guy is like 60 years old. I'm looking at his letterbox right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. He looks like uh, my, he, my, his account reminds me of my dad, my friend's dad who made an account on Letterboxd. Oh boy. Yeah, it's kind of that vibe. They have a link to a site called Certain Stars. Uh, Certain Stars has been called Rock and Roll, mel- Melodic, Power Pop, Slack, Indie Rock. So I guess it's his band. Oh, well, let's give it a listen. Maybe it's good. <laughs> uh, upcoming shows, it just says none currently scheduled. Oh. oh. Maybe the dream That's went and died somewhere. 
that's a shame. Something to look forward to. <laughs> it's a real shame. Um, yeah. Mhm. Well. Did it? We nailed it. Jarrett, we didn't actually hear if you like this movie or not. Do you like like collectioners? Um. Quick. I don't know. Good question. I don't know. Okay. It, I, I, I thought the movie looks great. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot more honed in than the My Night at Mods, which I did not like, I, I think, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm not relishing watching two more of these back-to-back. And, th- and this is like one of those things where I reflect on the, the poor decision-making going into uh, – doing this doing this show is watching these movies in order i don't think mm-hmm. it's a great idea to watch like all six of these movies so close together when your interest level is like not there because yeah. you're just like you're not giving these movies a fair sure sure at all like mm-hmm. if you're not interested it's like well this is like probably one of the worst ways to experience these movies mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's yeah. on us <laughs> well you know, yeah. that's why it's nice for us guests, because we can just pop that's in right. when we're interested in, you know, when we're interested, you know? Exactly. Um, anyways. Anyways. After the So what break... do you guys think the director's oh. intention was? Yeah, Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the break, we will finally discover the true intentions of the dead author. your true intentions to end the podcast <laughs> once and for all oh, this is the last episode of the criterion creeps so yeah, sam right. it was nice to have you yeah well, thanks this for... is it it's a real <laughs> cliffhanger we yeah. will never know what we think about claire's knee and love in the no one will know now yeah. well you know that movie was remade by chris rock <laughs> what i just said their movie i think i love my wife that's a remake of Love in the Afternoon. Well, hot shit. I guess. Uh, wow. That's another movie we probably won't watch, but oh, we you'll know about it. Oh man. You can say hey, you can tell people hey, did you know that that movie was a remake? Was a remake of a European art film. Mm-hmm. 70s. People will say no. I won't tell people that. Oh. Uh, you can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us to end it all, wrap it up. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ's Barnloaf. And Sam is Sam. Yeah, I'm... Un- uh, un- I'm unfindable. On, on, yeah. If you... Um, all the real heads, you know, they know they know who I am on Letterboxd. If they're in the know, they know. If you know, you know. You know, don't don't contact... Don't try to contact anyone and, ask, and tell them... Ask them uh, who I am. 
Yeah. Because they'll say no. Leave, leave them be. No, but yeah, make sure you email uh, the creeps at the email address with your longest and most annoying questions. <laughs> <laughs> and tell them to, uh, you know, end it all. Tell, you know, email them and tell them to, tell them to, uh, you know. No, I won't say that that's mean. But, well, uh, email us their intentions for what yeah. their story means. Well, we are at the uh, four and a half hour mark. That might be some kind of accomplishment. Um, and yeah, you can write us emails and tell us how, how marvelous Sam is. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but, or you can uh, hop on Patreon, give us money, or go on YouTube and, I don't know, like things. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, um, things, and Tumblr, Tumblr, Tumblr. <laughs> Next week we rack, wrap up uh, Erica Ramner's uh, mm -hmm. box set with Claire's knee, and I think so. And finally, I got I got it nailed. Nineteen seventy and Love in the Afternoon from nineteen seventy two. Hot shit. I can't. Who's coming on wait. for that episode? Um, no one yet. <laughs> Slots, me i'll be back slots slots are open yeah, this um, is gonna be longer we can hear someone uh, going no no rj no. Uh -huh. no, 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 no 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 um yeah make sure you comment on their youtube videos like you pronounced this wrong or you didn't understand sure. this sure if you agree with me uh, and you watch this on youtube uh you know comment it so yeah. Sam, let sam know sam's the best with like a little sunglassy emoticon yeah, and yeah, if yeah. you if you also don't understand titles and intentions, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an idiot like RJ, <laughs> wow. on movies, comment, <laughs> comment well, you know, second it, time in, Sam's just letting it all loose, huh? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 Sam it's Sanchez the, it's never those fun, It's those that. final minutes. You know, it's, it doesn't wow. matter. Those are off. He, there might not even be a show to come back to. Those are off. Yeah, I'm naked right now. No, this I'm, is the end of the episode. Or oh. end of the podcast forever. That's I mean. true. Right. Well, is uh, if you like this podcast, I go, you know, kick rocks. Sam can look forward to his theme song when he listens to the episode. I mean, oh, yeah, it's coming. I had a theme well, song. You have a theme yes. song. You, you you didn't even know it. Oh, well. Anyways, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yes, lovely, right. As always. As always. Mm -hmm. And if you like this podcast, uh, die. Wow. Die. <laughs> Just kidding. What Good is your night. intention with that statement? Don't don't die. Don't listen to Sam. Don't die. Wow. Keep living. <laughs>